Hi, I'm Tom Savini, and you're listening to The Slumber Party Massacre. Hello, world, hear the song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. Cordially invited to attend episode 16 of the Slumber Party Massacre podcast. I am obviously Lacey Liu, as always, and I have my lovely co-host with me today, and we have a special guest star who I will get to in a minute. First, I just want to shout out some love to our Slumber Party sister, who is not with us today, uh, Heather Powell. She is traveling abroad uh, Hopefully you're having safe travels, Heather, and we look forward to having you back on the next episode. She just posted on Facebook, she's drinking right now. (laughs) That's what. Yes. (laughs) It's eight in the morning. It's eight in the morning here, but she's in the UK. So, you know, not that, not that drinking in the morning is a problem. Right. Right. The Slumber Party Massacre podcast. No, as you noticed from the last episode. Yeah, and she looks like she's having a great time. Her photos look amazing. Yep. I know. I think we're all super jelly. <laughs> um, as you already heard some of these voices speak clearly, uh, my real sister and slumber party sister on here, Nikki K. Williams. What's up, Nikki? Hello, hello. Yeah, doing well. We have some new additions to the family here. My partner... Anthony, he is into this, uh, his new hobby is aquascaping. So we have some aquarium set up in the house and we just purchased some mystery snails. And those are really cool. We have four of them, three are orange and one is blue. So when they reproduce, you never know what color they're going to be. And we did get we got lucky. There were two babies that came along with the four that we purchased. So I'm excited to see what color they will be. So, so do they just like reproduce like crazy? Like, are you going to have like a thousand like multicolored <laughs> snails in a week? You're going to be like, uh, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Yeah, really. <laughs> I, I see a horror movie coming along. Right. Yeah. I told her, I told her like, cause I don't know if you guys have seen Deep Water yet, but like uh, with Ben Affleck, but he's like obsessed with snails in that movie. So I was like, so like Ben Affleck in Deep Water. And she was like, did he have snails in that? And I said, yes. And she goes, well then yes. <laughs> no, Anthony's hoping that they're, that they reproduce like crazy. Um, I don't know how that will work out. Um, he is making other aquariums, so we will have room for more. Um, we're looking to to buy some shrimp next, so we'll see what happens. Cool. 
Right on. And then you've obviously heard Rebecca Reinhardt, which I think you like, did you make your goal? Or are you close to your goal on Tin Roof, Rebecca? Uh, I mean, our we don't really have a goal per se. Our goal is uh, we're going to get this fucker made. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we're we're doing pretty well. We're at 13 grand on uh, Indiegogo and just still going. And how long uh, do you have to go on that? Uh, well, we're in demand on that, so I'm probably just leaving it open and, you know, just keep it going for post-production, too. But we are filming uh, Everybody Comes Into Town June 18th, so it is getting down to the wire. Well, and for the listeners that don't know that might want to donate, can you just tell, like, a little bit about what the movie's about? Right. So Tin Roof is a camp slasher with a modern twist. Um, it is about four adults who uh, grew up going to a summer camp. They were counselors. And now um, an unfortunate event happens and the camp is going to be closed. And they want to try to keep the camp open. So they decide to go to the camp, go viral, and start kind of like a GoFundMe or something like that to raise the money to keep the camp open. And maybe they shouldn't. I'll keep it at that. (laughs) Right on. And then we have our sick sister from last time finally back with us. (laughs) What's up, Carla? Yes. Hello. I have recovered and I am back. And Lacey put it that it seems like we haven't talked in years because, you know, we record monthly and I missed a month. So it's literally been, you know, two months. But yeah, I'm back. I just couldn't talk or breathe or anything that last time um i'd gotten a covid booster so it literally felt like i had covid again that was kind of an issue and i was already like sick feeling that week so it was just it was a mess so but yeah i'm back bright and early no coffee but i'm i'm alive well you came in like clutch for me on that last episode so like um Everybody already knows, like, even though she wasn't on the show, like, we were, like, at a standstill for our debate. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I was like, all right, Carly, which one of these movies would you have picked to win? And so, um, and through the chat, she picked uh, Afflicted. So you were not dead to me. You are Yay. very much alive. Um, Yay, that like, would have been awkward if I got on here and it was like, oh. Like, no, you, you. Would, I would have you're, been like, you you're, sick, show. you're yeah. sick, you're fired, you're, her vote doesn't count anyways. <laughs> right. She's not fucking here. Right. <laughs> But, um, no, I'm glad that you're feeling better. Thanks. And um, since Heather is not with us today, we do have a special uh, Slumber Party Crasher, our first male uh, Slumber Party Crasher. And I'm very excited to introduce this person. Uh, He's just so much fun. Hello, Zach Nelson. Hello, everybody. And no, it's not Ross Matthews. (laughs) (laughs) Do you get that a lot? (laughs) Well, you know, I have a little bit of a higher voice. So, yeah, every once in a while. And we were both heavy at one time. So, yeah, (laughs) definitely. Yeah, you, like, had an incredible weight loss journey. I did. Yeah, I lost about a little over 100 pounds uh, a couple of years ago. Mm. So, I've been keeping it off. (laughs) That's awesome. No, you are are in um, South Korea, and you were always posting, like, the best-looking fucking food. Like, why does it just look so much better there than it does in the States? Oh, gosh. I don't know. It seems like, yeah, Koreans, they just really put in a lot of time and effort into everything. And 
they're kind of inspired by European bakeries and stuff like that. So it's really hard not to go fucking ham and gain my hundred pounds back. But <laughs> yeah, no, you always it's, post like the most incredible food. Like I remember I, I made a plate once yeah. and like I shared it and you're like, your plating looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, like I really was trying. So for somebody to pick up on that, um, I love that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, um, I'm going to ask you a few questions here in just a minute so the viewers can know you a little bit better in your horror background. Sure. Um, I do, um, for me, what's been going on, I'm just going to briefly touch over it here. I am dedicating this episode to what I would call... Um, you know, by podcasting mascot, um, Jules, um, she passed away a couple days ago and, um, a lot of people obviously have heard her on the podcast. She's, you know, from the time that I started, uh, Minds of the Morbid back in like 2017, like you could hear her in the background. She's been on multiple podcasts. She was a party crasher herself several times here. So, um, yes, rest in peace, Jules. And, uh, this one's for you. We love you, Jules. Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, Grill. Rest in peace. Rest in power. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, so excited to, like, get her ashes back and her paw print because I'm going to make, like, a little shrine and put it next to her perch where she would sleep on the couch. So um, she'll still have her spot. So, um, yeah, I'll feel a lot better when she's home. Absolutely. I yeah. still have my uh, ashes from my cat that passed away many years ago. So it's, yeah, I just, there's just something about keeping them with you. Yeah, there was a, there was a girl at work and she was like, I don't know what your plans are for her, but you know, they can make, um, you know, put their ashes into like a little gemstone uh, into a necklace and wear it with you. But I like lose jewelry like crazy. So like I'd be like fucking devastated if I lost jewels. <laughs> like you yeah. know, like right, I lost yeah. her once already. I did, like I'm just not gonna risk that. So she's gonna just sit on her perch like she usually would. <laughs> so um that's fucking morbid. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly where she would wanna be too, you know. Yeah. Yeah, she was definitely a homebody, but we did get uh one car ride in um two days before she passed. We went um, through a drive-thru and the guy working, um, he, she was so happy and uh, she was just barking at him through the drive-thru and he had a dog treat. He goes, here! And she's just like barking at him, but she like wanted the treat too. So she's just like holding the treat in her mouth, like shaking, like wanting to bark at him <laughs> like, like while, while, while trying to eat the treat at the same time. <laughs> Thank you. I still don't like you, but thank you very much. Basically, yeah. yes. She was like, no, Jules was a very much people person, but like she just liked to bark at people. But um, people were more afraid of her it than she like was. How I was when I was single. <laughs> Give me a treat. I, uh, I might like, come, and, come and talk to me, but I'm scared too. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, Zach. So uh, before we get into our girl talk topic here, I uh, just want to ask you a little bit about your horror background. Um, when did you start watching horror movies? Like, do you remember your first one or? Um, well, my first one, or at least that was told to me, we uh, I was born in 1982. And the first movie that I actually saw was in the theater and it was Gremlins at two years old. My 
my grandma and my grandma was, is still a big horror movie fan. And so she, from a very early age, would just show me all these movies. And so it, it's just been a lifelong love of horror. And, you know, Freddy Krueger, he's my ultimate icon. And probably that was probably one of my first ever movies was a nightmare on Elm street. And I didn't, I remember when I was a kid, I didn't even know the title. I just remember, I would just call it the movie where the girl gets pulled through the door, <laughs> you know, at the end. <laughs> but yeah, it just, it's led to like a lifetime of, of, of horror movies. And, you know, and I run my, we, I run a horror group called the horror expanse on Facebook and, yeah, and just have, have been fortunate to go to conventions and, and meet some of my horror idols like Robert England and and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's just it's it's always been a part of me for almost 40 years now. I love that. So would you say Nightmare on Elm Street's your favorite horror movie or? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Carrie is another one. Oh, gosh. I don't know. The list goes on and on, but yeah. <laughs> What would you say is the best modern horror film? Ooh. Um, shit. What, <laughs> what are some? <laughs> Sorry. Hey, There's don't mean so to much. put you on the spot or anything, Zach. She's <laughs> <laughs> good at that. God, what's, what's been some really amazing ones lately? Um, shit. I don't know. Any can anyone throw any names? Like Jordan Peele, Robert Eggers, Ari Aster, Get Out, Midsummer, stuff like that, maybe. Oh, I did like. Yeah, I liked Us. Uh, Jordan Peele. I know there were some from this year that have come out that I really liked. I liked. I actually liked the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. If I don't take it apart too much, if I just take it for what it is, I, you know, I I enjoy that. I actually enjoy that one, but. Yeah, I, I have a hard time with the like the Ari Aster kind of movies. It ta- you know, if I know what I'm getting into mm-hmm. beforehand, you know, then I, I can usually in- enjoy it. But it's not my first favorite. I, I generally go towards like slashers and 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 supernatural. Okay, so what would you say is your least favorite horror film, or like the worst horror film that you've ever seen? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake, was one of them for the longest time. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. that just hurt my feelings. <laughs> Same. <laughs> it still hurts it, my <laughs> I know, right, right. And there, I don't know, there were just some really, sh- you know, there's just so many shitty ones over the years. But I remember one that um, another friend of mine, uh, another co-admin, of mine on the horror expanse called a movie called dream maniac from the eighties. Does anyone know what that one was? Mm-hmm. No. I don't know, it. but it was, it, fe- it felt like it was filmed in slow motion for like an hour and 40 minutes. I don't even know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So stay away from dream maniac. <laughs> yeah. Dream maniac is a no go. I don't even remember much about it. I-, I tend to stay away from like Serbian films and stuff like that. I haven't seen any of those. I've just been so traumatized by even people telling me about them. So. Yeah. Like, so, so you do have limits in horror then like, I know a few of us do um, as well. Like there are just certain things like you don't want to watch. Um, yeah. 
And so, Nikki, I agree. Like, um, I've never seen a cerebral, I, I don't even want to fucking say it. I've never learned even how to pronounce it. <laughs> it's so. be in films. She can't even right. speak of it. No, didn't you want to pick that? Didn't you want to pick that, Rebecca? No, Cannibal Holocaust is the movie I wanted to pick. Yeah, that's the one I said I'm not watching. Yeah. I mean, limits are fine, you know? Like, I I personally don't really have any. I mean, my limits more are, like, if it's a shitty or boring movie, that's where I draw the line. (laughs) I mean, and actually, shitty isn't even the thing. Boring. Boring is the worst Dream Maniac. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so I should watch that if I want something to hate, then, I guess. Maybe you should yes. do a uh, drunken commentary on it, Rebecca. Oh, it's on no, Tubi. no, no, no. <laughs> on Tubi. Okay, well, maybe one night. It won't be as good as my uh, mother knows best drunken commentary. <laughs> Thank you, Nikki. I appreciated that. Yes. <laughs> we will get into that in a little bit here. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Zach, uh, Freddy Krueger is one of my favorites as well. And I literally just sent Lacey that giphy where the mom is pulled through the door because Lacey was on this kick of watching Johnny Depp films. and she I am so it. team Depp. I am so fucking team Depp. Like, I am so nose deep into this trial that, like, I wanted to binge all of his fucking movies. <laughs> like, if I'm fucking ridiculous. Like, he could have fucking did it. Like, I don't think he did, but, like, I am so, like, gung-ho. Like, I am dying on this hill. So, I'm, like, I even started to watch, like, 22 or 21 Jump Street, the TV show. Oh, man. oh yeah. Like, it, oh, oh, yeah. It's, it's so fucking hilarious, you guys. <laughs> like, I mean, I haven't seen it since it was first run, but, I mean, I watched it when it was airing. I mean. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Now, did you watch the 21 Jump Street movie? He's in that. Uh. I did. I watched that uh, last year. I did a commentary on uh, both of those, actually, with Kate Pollock. Yeah. Um, but I didn't watch it. Like, I'm still on my kick because the trial's still going. So I figure <laughs> um, I'll just do, like, a whole thing, like, once it's over. Um, because <laughs> I don't want to be, like... Uh, well, because Amber Heard's still testifying and they haven't even cross-examined her yet. So I'm really excited for that. Like, Yeah, what other, like, Matt Damon movie quotes she'll come up with? Right. <laughs> she's horrible. Like, it is so bad how fake she's being. It's mm-hmm. like, what? Like if you were being kind of genuine, then you could have a chance. But she's, like, so... Overacting, yeah. I'm like, oh my god, gay, like, yeah, like Joan Crawford or some shit. Yeah, Yeah, she's very (laughs) reversed. Yeah, she doesn't feel authentic at all. Yeah, Yeah. no, Nikki came over. Um, you know, it it was so sweet. Her and Anthony brought me donuts and beer the night that you know Jules had passed, and so, um, I feel like everybody's just like bringing me liquor, but because um, actually, (laughs) Dan Dan has a really nice friend from work. Um, I consider him my friend now too. His name is Mark, and um, obviously it's really really hard. And um, but uh, Dan got back from break or something along those lines, and. I guess Mark was just sitting there waiting with a with a little gift bag, and it had two gallons of two different kinds of booze, Tito's, <laughs> which obviously you guys know that I drink, and then Maker's Mark. And so I didn't know anything about it. And so when I got off of work yesterday, I come down, and there's this little gift bag. and Well, it's a big gift bag, actually, because it has two <laughs> gallons of booze. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> and um, so... 
mm-hmm. you know, between the beer that they brought, everybody just wants to liquor me up. But I just haven't drank yet. But I'm sure I will at some point this weekend. But um, it, I just, it was very sweet, and I just want to appreciate everybody that has reached out. Um, it's, um, I feel overwhelmingly loved. That's Even though awesome. you guys want to booze me up, but <laughs> that's the best solution. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not normal that I'm not drinking. So. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but no, I think I just kind of want to feel my pain so that I can just move, like, figure out how to move forward. Mm-hmm. So. Anyways, um, did anybody else have any questions for Zach before we get into our girl talk topic? No, let's let's start this shit. Come on. <laughs> All right. Well, let's you tell, tell some you. stories. Well, Rebecca, we'll fucking start with you then. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> um, so I was I. All of them bad mom stories, it wouldn't be about my mom necessarily. Like, if we're going to talk about, like, bad mom stories. My mom is a sweet lady. Uh, you know, she traumatized me just like every other parent has traumatized every child. Right. Um, so I was going to tell a story that's somewhat relevant that another person's mom did. But, you know, I think I want to keep it light. So I'm going to tell you about something my mom did inadvertently that traumatized me. Now. I was a very literal child, um, and no. I still am. I just took everything, like, I mean, and I over, I overthought everything. Um, like, at one point, <laughs> I was maybe four, and we had this, uh, this. It's I think it was a local or just kind of regional department store called 3D. It was like a Kmart, essentially, and we had that in our town, and I was maybe like four five or six and we went to 3d and it was sunny out and then we went in shopped came out and it rained and my dad said oh it looks like it downpoured i said what's downpour and my mom said oh well we went in 3d and it rained and we came out it stopped so i had a downpour was when you went into 3d and it rains and you come out you know so I was just a very, like, I just, I really absorbed everything when I was a kid. That's not my story, though. So um, one morning, my mom and my sister were getting ready, putting on makeup and stuff. And I was obviously under their feet. I was maybe about, well, I was, I was probably close to five years old. And my mom is trying to, you know, get me to go do something else. She goes, well, why don't you go? Here, let's date this story. Why don't you go call the time and temperature and see what <laughs> what the temperature is going to be today? Yes, everybody. If you don't know, that was a thing. So we had this rotary phone. Uh, so I go into the other room and I, you know, dial the number. It's three four two seven one seven one, and apparently I messed it up on the rotary phone. And I hear Doctor So and So's office, and I just like froze, and I'm like hello and the lady's like hi this is dr so-and-so's office what's your name honey becky okay becky are you okay becky is there anything wrong anything wrong with your family ching and i'm like oh fuck and i'm just like and my mom's like what was the temperature i'm like uh uh uh, uh, you know, <laughs> and I just, I didn't say anything. Um, but then I started kindergarten and, uh, I rode the bus home 
And there was an ambulance driver who lived in the same trailer court as I did. And he must have been taking a break or getting off work every day the same time that my bus was coming back home. And so I start kindergarten and every day this ambulance is behind our bus. And I'm convinced that this ambulance is following me home, stalking me, and they're going to come get me and they're going to come take me away because I called this doctor's office and this lady thought I really had a problem. And so like I spent like weeks <laughs> just being terrified and I never told anybody until maybe a couple of years ago. And, uh, and my mom's like, oh my God, seriously. Like, I'm like, I'm, I was mortified, mortified. So my mother in trying to get rid of me, uh, traumatized me by making me think that the ambulance driver was going to come take me away. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I feel like we need to like put some sound effects in right now. Like, wee, wee. Oh yeah. It, it wasn't even like, like I said, it was yes, like the see. guy was, you know, it was just his normal time of coming home or whatever. So, I mean, that's, you know, this is me obviously in retrospect, but it freaked me out. So I, yeah, I blame my mother for that. <laughs> As you should. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right, Carla, what do you got? Um, I was trying to really think because, you know, much like what Rebecca said, my mother wasn't very um, traumatizing or anything, but she was kind of dumb. Um, and <laughs> I, don't worry, I feel like I've told this story before, so if I have, I'll come up with something different, but it's a pretty short story, um, but I forget. I think we, I think we literally just got home from somewhere, so we were literally like in my driveway, maybe or no, I don't, I don't know, I don't know where we were. But anyway, I was like probably I was little. I was probably like three or four years old in the back seat in a car seat, so it's very blurry to me. But I remember having a Batman figurine. I, I don't know if that was like at McDonald's or what, but I had like a Batman <laughs> toy for some reason. But anyway, my mom somehow managed to get out of the car and lock me in the car with the keys in the car. Oh, so <laughs> that was like, that was like traumatizing. Wow. Oh my god, and like she didn't have spare keys, so she's like crying and she's Aww. like, oh my god. And then she, I don't even know how she. Oh, I think she had um, one of those cell phones from back in the day that were, like, huge. And <laughs> like the Zach Morris phones? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. So she, I know we did, I know she did have a cell phone, quote-unquote, of sorts. So she, I think she called my dad, and he had to leave work and come get me out of the car. But, like, it was just, like, so ridiculous. And I'm just sitting in the back seat of this car, like, chilling and you're my like, mom outside. Yeah, you're like, oh my god, you're like, is jail? Batman gonna save yeah. me? <laughs> like I no. remember holding that <laughs> Batman toy. But I, uh yeah, she she did that somehow. I thought you were gonna say that somebody was like gonna Patrick Swayze the car from like uh dirty dancing and just break <laughs> the window <laughs> open. <laughs> that would have been a much cooler story. <laughs> Well, let's just pretend that's what happened. Yeah. Like, yeah. your mom, like, frantically, like, just throwing, like, a chair at it. Like, <laughs> 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 trying to break the window open. And it's, like, plexiglass. 
Yeah, I just remember her the freaking mom and out. Cujo. <laughs> Cujo. Yes. <laughs> All right, we are going to go to our guest, Zach. What's your bad mama story? Oh no. Okay. <laughs> well, this <laughs> this one is not very funny, but it's kind of funny now because I'm so far away from it. But uh, I was dating this guy about ten years ago. And uh, he was newly, I guess, out of the closet or whatever. And um, so he, while we were dating, it, and we were only dating maybe a month or so at this point. So it was early on, but he uh, came out to his parents and he's a Filipino. And so his mom, you know, she at first she was like really accepting and, so we even met and she was like, oh, you know, like, I love you. You're part of the family and all this stuff. And I was like, OK, great. You know, it's, it's totally going to, you know, it's totally fine or whatever. And we were in San Diego. So she was visiting and then she went back to to where she was living in Vegas. So not long after um, she started, po- we, she followed me on Facebook and uh, everything. And I'm like, OK, sure. And so she, then all of a sudden she started posting like weird stuff, like anti, anti-gay stuff. And I posted a picture of, of like of her, of my ex Will, and I, I'm going to call out his name. His name was Will and, um, and put a picture on and she's like, oh, it makes me sick. And like, she was like all sorts of shit. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And yeah so I told I you know I told Will about it and he's like let me go talk to her about it and you know so I guess you know I don't know if he or he basically he didn't really talk to her about it but he told her like hey don't be commenting on his shit you know not really resolving anything but whatever so we decided to at his insistence that we go visit in Vegas and I was like okay sure whatever and so (laughs) So, so we get there and we, we stay the night and she's like fine, but she's not very friendly. So I was like, okay, whatever. And there seemed like there was like conflict with him and his family and stuff there too. So we kind of just kept out of the way and like, we're going to see shows and, and that horrible Chris Angel performance show. Oh my gosh, that was awful. (laughs) Why was it awful? Oh, it was like staged. He was like kind of like doing like little dances and like. like... I forgot that was even a person. Right. Yeah. It was like going to watch Cher performing. Like that's how like it was. I was just like, wow, this is gayer than me. (laughs) It was really bad. But um, so like at the end of everything, you know, we were, I think we were getting ready to leave the next or that morning. And I was kind of relieved. I'm like, oh, thank God we're getting out of here. Cause I don't know. There's just a really weird vibe in the house. Like get and, out. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, luckily she didn't have a cup of tea with her or anything, but um, <laughs> yeah. so I was just kind of sitting in the living room, uh, I think watching TV or just kind of waiting and, I could hear him and his mom talking and they had mentioned, they were talking about something to do with uh, a brother of his possibly coming to live with him down in San Diego while he went to school, college. And, and my ex saying, no, I don't, I don't want him to come this and that, whatever reason. And, you know, she just kind of freaked out and 
she was like yelling at him and she's like, you know, family is all that matters and <laughs> you shouldn't be doing the shit that you're doing. And then she walks by me and she's like, instead of hanging out with this fucking faggot. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. That and I okay. was like, I'd be like, never been talked to. Exactly. I was like, oh, the uh, fuck? What is, I, I've never been talked to like that. So I was like, uh. I was just stunned. And so uh, quickly Will was like, okay, like we're leaving. So we, we just headed out. Like we never, like, I didn't talk to her. I, could, I was just so stunned and I couldn't believe it. So, and that needless to say that made for a long five hour drive home, but <laughs> yeah. So we never talked to up? that bitch again. And you know, Did, was that like an <laughs> immediate up- unfriend? <laughs> totally totally and then we broke up not that long after so it was all good anyway (laughs) yeah yeah, that was I couldn't be with someone if like their family was like that like it was Mm -hmm. just before like uh, I can't believe that's so weird like why is she why would she act like so I guess maybe she was trying to be open-minded and then slowly realize she hated it maybe or something that's like right psychotic or like you can hear like her talking to her friends and they'd be like, Oh well, I just can't imagine my son being Oh gay. yeah. And I right. like I just wanna say as a as a PSA to everybody out there that anybody who like disowns or torments their child because they come out as gay, there's a special place in hell for you. Right. Like my do- my daughter is gay and she came out to us when she was like sixth grade. I knew she was gay, like like I just knew it from like right. early age. And so whenever she told us, I was like, yeah, I was just kind of waiting for her to like figure it out, you know, to get old enough to like, you know, figure it out. And like, she was almost offended that I didn't throw a fit. And I'm like, what do you, what did you expect (laughs) me to do? Like, because it's so common for people to get resistance from their parents as all she'd read online, you know, so I wasn't doing it right, which that is like lame. So anyway. Yeah, there's got to be like new norms for, you know, and I think slowly the world is somewhat getting better, but you're always going to have those people that just aren't. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. In in every capacity, you know, not even just gay, just any anything that's different. Right. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, I can't believe that you're dating somebody who has purple hair or a nose. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's always been there. Yeah. Oh, you're dating a black guy or whatever. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Well, what happened to Will? Like, is he still out or did they like Bible camp him? And (laughs) You know, I have no idea. That was actually, it was, it was a blessing at the, you know, obviously it was hard at the time, but he, I don't, I don't know much actually what happened after that because he, he broke up with me not that long after. And it had a lot to do with that whole situation. So I don't know, actually, but it was a good thing. It was, there was a lot of red flags going in and it was one of my first relationships, you know, so yeah, who knows? He, uh, we kind of, you know, I, I deleted him on Facebook and stuff. I I would creep every once in a while and, but I don't. Okay. Well, your homework, your homework while the next story is going is to go and creep a little bit and then come back and tell us what happened. (laughs) He's literally had the same profile picture since I met him. And when I've checked recently, he's still the same picture. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Not very active. Huh? 
I love yeah. the fact that you checked recently. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. Every once in a while. Every yeah. once in a while. I think hey, we you gotta all have a hobby. Creep. Yeah. I think we, we all creep every once in a while on our exes. Like whether like there's sure. feelings there or not, just like, oh, okay, you're still downgraded. Perfect. Like <laughs> exactly. You're not exactly. with somebody that's as hot as me. Cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, you had ugly kids. I'm sorry. Um, Actually, to do that with like anybody who ever like snubbed their nose at me about something, like not even a dating person, but somebody that I was like, they like acted like I was a piece of shit, and I unfriended them, but I didn't block them. And so I'll go back every once in a while and be like, "Oh, look, you're doing absolutely nothing with your life." <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. And you know, we, you know, me and my my friends and I, we take the sting out of it all the time. Like we'll always go like, "Fucking faggot!" And like we just call, you know, like we're all. <laughs> you know? It's just because it's so ridiculous. Like, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Granted, okay, we're all gay. You know, we're a gay group, so we're allowed to say right. it to each other. Oh wait, you're not a detective in a small town investigating a murder. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, that was the that was one of my lines on there. I'm like homophobic detective or what? So yeah. we'll get to that. Right? Oh, we'll get to that <laughs> yes, in Pillow yes. Fight. We've got some colorful characters to talk about in Pillow Fight, and I can't fucking wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nikki, what's your bad mama story? Um, <clears throat> well, my story is about a guy I dated for about a year. It was his mother. And back then, I was pretty religious. Um, grew up with the Christian background. And now... I don't really ascribe to a religion in general. I'm very much more open and accepting of everyone's beliefs, no matter what they are. That wasn't the case back then. I was a completely different person back then. Um, but what happened was I met this guy who also was just as religious as I was back then. And he had his own house. He paid his own rent. And everything was cool. Like, I would drive, like, we actually, we would drive two and a half hours to see each other. He lived two and a half hours away. I would go and stay with him, and he would go and stay with me. However, there was just one issue when I would drive to stay with him. He, because of his, his background um, with the Christian religion, he, his family did not want him to spend the night with me. So he would literally leave and go sleep with his sister at his sister's house. And <laughs> good, good covering there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would sleep in his house all by myself. Um, but, but the thing of it is, is that the reason why they did that is because they didn't want us to have premarital sex. And I hate to break it to them. We actually did a lot together, um, intimately. And like, it just, it just really boggles my mind. Like the shame that is perpetuated in terms of, certain Christian 
beliefs. Like it like literally says in the Bible that, oh, if you have sex outside of marriage, then you're going to go to hell, you know, and um, I just I no longer buy that narrative. Um, I think that creates a lot of shame. And I think it's important for people to enjoy their sexuality, no matter what that is. And him having to go sleep at his sister's, it caused a little rift in our relationship. And there was one time in particular where he ended up falling asleep and staying at the house with me. We woke up the next morning and his phone is just like shot with all of these text messages and phone calls from his sisters. Where are you? You're supposed to be here. This and that. Mom actually drove by your house. She actually drove by the house to see if he was okay. And no, she did not. She drove by his house to see (laughs) if he was fucking you. Like he's probably like he did. She did a Joanna Kearns, and she was looking in the window. Yes. Oh my gosh, it was terrible. Um, and like being in a relationship with him, it was very draining because after we would fool around, he would. We can never do this again. And I'm just like, fuck this. (laughs) (laughs) No, but until next week. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, wasn't like the true detriment of the relationship though, because um, he couldn't stay there. He actually left his phone when he went to his sister's. Oh yeah, when he left us, this was like the end of our relationship. He actually left his phone behind, and he had an alarm that that would wake him up in the morning, and it woke me up because he was not there. He had left his phone there, and it was just beckoning to me. And I, I did. I was that girl. I went through his phone and I saw that he was. <laughs> I saw he was talking to other girls on the internet, and I just up and left. And so, like by the time he got back to the house, I was gone. And it was just, it was ridiculous. Um, and and just the interactions that I would also have when I did hang out with his family um at first it was cool but like as it went on like I remember one time we were like doing an activity in his parents house and I remember asking his mom I said so I was I was trying to get to know her because there was like that I could feel that energy between us so I was trying to like neutralize the energy it's like well what what kind of music do you like and she instead of like answering me she looks to her daughter and she says Ashley what kind of music do I like I'm like you don't fucking know what kind of music you like <laughs> like I just hate this woman yeah <laughs> oh my gosh it was bad and yeah and- well and not only that like when Nikki introduced me I'm like I don't want to make fun of like anybody with like ailments or whatever but like this guy was born with like out like certain nerves in his tongue so like he couldn't really speak Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a, a speech disability. And so, like, he, like, would have to, like, carry around a tablet so to, like, converse. So it was, like, really hard to, like, like get his emotion of, like, any kind because it would he would just be, like, talking on a tablet. So, like, yeah, I just knew this person was not my sister's person. Well, yeah, what is – yeah, what's just so interesting, like, I've dated – like major assholes in my life 
And I actually respect them more because at least they were like assholes at face value. And I think this guy hurt me more than they did because he was hiding who he really was. And I just, yeah. Like he's the one that I think I've held the most anger towards. Yeah, he was a douche canoe. I, I I was never a fan, and it wasn't just because he was, like, roached from people under the stairs. Um. <laughs> oh, I, I do have to say this, too. Like, he, he did have a I think a roach period. would be a step up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, roach had well, a kind heart. Well, roach's yeah. mama wouldn't have wanted you in the house either, Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. He did have a, a crazy mom in that in that movie. Um, but I also have to point this out, too. He did have a very interesting um, way of referring to getting off. He called it getting happy. And I had never heard that. <laughs> oh, okay, I don't, I don't like him. I'm sorry. Yeah, I would have left. That's a red flag. Getting happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an 80-year-old man term. Like, yeah. <laughs> He's not get it happy. Like 80. <laughs> no, I remember Never like, let anybody make you feel bad for being sexual. Yes. <laughs> like, like, own your pleasure and own your joy. Like, seriously. Yeah, like, you should just be happy getting, getting happy, happy, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh. Good, good play there, Zach. I like that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to start using that. Hey, I need to get happy. <laughs> hey, like get a partridge happy. family song. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> wow, it. that song is gonna have a whole new meaning. You wanna hear that next time? <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet it probably goes on this episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so my story, um, well, it's like accumulation of like events, like of just how terrible, like I, like I have the worst luck when it comes to like boyfriends, mothers, mothers-in-laws. So I'm going to tell my ex-mother-in-law, like, cause from start to fucking finish, she was like the biggest Uber kind of ever. I think I briefly talked about her before. Fucking Barb. Um, <laughs> oh, Barb, please. Fucking Barb. Um, she was uh very very religious and um very uh very very catholic and i am very very not <laughs> and um she had such high hopes for my ex-husband that <clears throat> she wanted him to actually become um a priest <laughs> so Which, you know knowing some things wow right. <laughs> i wonder why she wanted that um, yeah, so I remember, like, when we first started dating, he was going to, like, church, like, all the time, right? And he was like, yeah, I want to introduce you to my, like, we got engaged, like, after, like, three months of dating. So, like, I mean, I was really young, and I was, like, 20 at the time, you know, so young and dumb. So, and we were together a whole decade, but I, I don't know how I was able to, like, put up with her for 10 fucking years. But, um, so... The first time I met her, um, I walk into her house and like, well, she, I remember like he had talked to her on the phone and she was like, well, does Lacey want to come to church? And he goes, no, mom, she's not Catholic. That's just not her thing. You know? And she goes, you could just hear her like on the other line go, huh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, hopefully this goes well. Um, so anyways, like I dressed all nice, like, cause you know, like when you're 20, you kind of dress like a little ho-ho. 
And so I, I didn't wear a ho-ho outfit out. <clears throat> and um, to me, Just when you're 20? Just when what you're about four? <laughs> <laughs> the crop Okay, top. carry on. <laughs> and so... <laughs> I haven't hit 40 yet. Maybe, maybe it'll resurface. I'm, um, I'm going to be 40. <laughs> That's so what I'm you're, asking. So, asking you're like, for a so you're like in grandpa slut era. Oh. <laughs> oh totally. <laughs> I love it. Um, I identify as grandma. Grandma oh. slut. No. Okay. Oh, oh right. welcome grandma to the club. Grandma pronouns only. I'll be a grandma slut too. Love it. Fucking yes. love it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> anyway, carry on. Sorry. Carry I'll, on. I'll send you the invite to the group later, Zach. Uh, yes. Okay, good. good. <laughs> Let me hobble over and accept. Yeah, yeah, we'll send you a cane with it um, engraved with your name with Grandma Slut attached. With a box <laughs> of condoms good. hanging off of it. And some, and, and some honorary granny panty whitey tidies type. <laughs> and I'll start using terms like get happy. And oh, yeah. <laughs> Clear out the cobwebs. <laughs> so, anyways, I walk into this bitch's house. It's <laughs> like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and she literally just starts reading Bible passages to me. Uh, like, does holy that... water, the power of Christ, the fellowship. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Basically. And, like, <laughs> like so... Um, I was like, okay, this is weird. And I was like, well, how long? Like, I thought maybe, like, she was, like, doing a Bible study or something. And so she read, like, several passages, like, without looking up. And then she, like, looked up. She goes, oh, hello. Like, I've just been standing there for, like, five fucking minutes. And she goes, did you get anything from that? And I was just oh, like, my. I was like, uh, that you're reading the Bible? Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, I wasn't listening to the fucking passages. Like, uh, like the Bible is the number one best-selling fiction book of all fucking time. Fuck yourself. Anyways, and, um, like, yes, like whatever. Anyways, so that was my first interaction with her, and I was just like, okay, well, I'm gonna win her over. Like I was like determined, right? Like there were just like little interactions, like here and there. Like didn't spend like a whole lot of time. But, like, the interactions got weirder and weirder as time went on. And, like, her interactions with Doug was, like, we'll get into those in a minute. So, um, anyway, so um, I invited her out uh, Christmas shopping. And I was, like, let's go Christmas shopping. You know, I want to, you know, get to know you, spend some time. Because Doug had proposed, like, a few weeks before. And she was so pissed about it. And, <laughs> I mean, we didn't get married for, like, five fucking years after. But still, you know, like. And she did everything in her power to try to, like, make sure that didn't happen. But it did anyways. But she was in the right all along. So I should have just fucking listened to her. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but so we went shopping, right? And I swear to God. So we go to uh, this mall called Jordan Creek. And they, uh, oh, fuck it. We were at Yonkers. Yonkers doesn't even exist anymore. Um, that's how long ago this was. And um, I think other places would call it Bonton if you've heard of that but um yeah mm -hmm. so um they had like a whole scarf sale right and my sister was like really into scarves at the time right 
And so, like, I would always get, like, Nikki a scarf for Christmas. Do you remember that era where I'd get you a scarf, like, every year, Nikki? <laughs> yes. So, so I was like, oh, scarves are on sale. And she, was like, and she was like, oh, you like scarves? And I was like, oh, well, my sister does. And she, like, grabbed the ugliest fucking scarf. And she's like, I think you would look great in this. And, like, she, like, put it around my neck. And I think she was, like, trying to strangle me. Like, she, like, tied it, like, so tight. Like, I literally could not breathe. And, like, <laughs> I could not. But I was like, um, are you going to kill me in public? Like, I'm pretty sure this isn't the Catholic thing to do here, Barb. But, like, um, yeah, so that was a little weird. Like, it was very, like, aggressive. And I remember, like, being in the car, and I was like, fuck, I need a cigarette. But, like, um, and then she... Um, she was like, uh, we were like sitting there and like, I hadn't smoked, um, because I didn't want to like smoke around her, but like, we're in the car and she's driving and she goes, hmm, she's like, you smell like cigarettes. And I was just like, okay, um, thank you. <laughs> and she was like, she's like, no, I like the smell. And I was like, what? <laughs> Like, I'm pretty sure nobody likes the fucking smell of cigarettes, you crazy fucking bitch. And she was like, Not like, even smokers. Yeah. No, I hate the fucking smell. And she was like, and she's like, well, I used to be a smoker. So, like, now it's, like, basically just fresh air to me. Like, I feel like she's fucking with me. You know what right. I mean? Right. She's just like, she wants you to go, oh, yeah. Like, I have candles that, like, you know, smell like cigarettes. I, I should have given her something. Like, I should have given her, like, just a pile of, like, my cigarette ashes for Christmas. <laughs> like, here, smell away. Box of butts. Box, yes, a box of butts. <laughs> but yeah, she was fucking crazy. So um, these are just a couple of interactions that I've had with her to this point. And then, so we ended up, uh, like, within, like, the year, we ended up buying our first home together. And, um, like, we're getting everything, like, all set up and... I don't know. Nikki, were you there this day? No. When they went into the back room. This is, like, the first time, like, I ever noticed they had, like, a weird relationship together. And have I told this story before, you guys? I don't think so. I don't think Okay. So, um, like, Duck had been complaining uh, that one of his balls hurt. And oh, my. <laughs> oh, no. Too much yeah. get happy. Yes, yeah, too much get happy. <laughs> or not but, enough. Um, but I think Grandma Sandy might have been there for this because, like, I know I wasn't alone, so I'm pretty sure it was Grandma Sandy if it wasn't Nikki that was there. And, um, I just remember, like, he had been complaining. I was like, well, you need to go to the doctor if it's, like, really hurting you that fucking bad, you know? And, um, anyway, she had came over to drop off, like, some cleaning supplies or something. And, like, you could tell, like, he was just, like, in a, like, a bunch of discomfort. And she looks at him and she goes... What's wrong, Ducky? And um, I can't remember the name that she had for him, but like she would call him Ducky, and then there was another nickname. I'm sure it'll come to me throughout this conversation, but she called him that name. And um, he goes, Mom, my balls really hurt. <laughs> and, like, oh and my goes, God. Yeah, no, I swear to God, this is a true story. And um, so she's like, okay, well, let's go have a look. So she oh. takes him to the back of our bedroom. He lays on the bed. They close the door. And she gives him a physical examination. Is she, okay, 
I, I know the answer to this, but just just doing due diligence, was she a medical professional? No. Okay. She worked for the city. Yeah, she was worked for this, social security. Uh, was the movie Nightmare Baker based on her story? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm telling you, this bitch is fucking crazy. This bitch is crazy. Um, you know, and so that was just like one of the things that like they're sexual things. And so I, I just remember thinking, this is so odd. Like, why is this happening? And, like, Doug would, like, go to the bathroom with, like, the door open. And I, I'm, like, a very closed private person. Like, I don't want anybody in the bathroom with me when I'm going. Like, I don't mind if I'm drunken yeah. out and, like, peeing, you know, at the bar or whatever. But, like, if I'm home, like, doing my business, the door's fucking closed. Like, that just, you know. And I don't It's just weird to me that the door was fucking open while he's, like, taking a shit. And so... <laughs> Yeah, I live alone, and I still close the bathroom door. Yeah, like, it's just weird. Yeah. So, I don't like I, my dog to be in there whenever. Right, I yeah, I don't want my cats, like, walking in. So I went, and I, um, so I went, and, like, I, I, I kept asking him to close the door because it made me uncomfortable. And I remember going to their house, her house, for, like, a dinner or something. And she's like, so how's everything going? Is everything happy at home? And I was just like, well, yeah, I mean, aside from if Doug would close the bathroom door when um, he'd go to the bathroom. And she, like, got so offended. And she was like, why would he need to do that? I always went to the bathroom with the door open with my kids home. I'm like, what? And um, she was like, that's completely normal, Lacey. That's completely normal. I'm like, no, no, it's not. Yeah, pretty uh, much if you have to say it, it's not. Like, I mean, like, who are you trying to convince? Because you're not convincing this bitch. Yeah. And so um, that was another thing. And then another dinner we were sitting at, and um, she would, like, taunt me. Like, uh, he, like, walked by her. And she, like, would smack his butt, like, give it, like, little pats. And, like, it, it was very sexual. And then she would, like, look over, like, sadistically at me. And she'd hell? be like, doesn't he just have the cutest butt? Oh, she would call him Bub. Bubba. Uh, and Bubba. Uh, Bubba. And she was like, doesn't he just have the cutest butt? And, like, it, it was so fucking weird. Like, wh- what, what? Like, I don't want to talk to you about your son's ass. Like, and, and, I mean, Doug did have, like, a nice, like, little bubble butt. <laughs> like, um, but, yeah, it was just really fucking off-putting, you know? And so that was another thing. And she'd be like, doesn't he have the nicest smile? Isn't he fantastic? And, like, she would just be like, like, it was like she was, like, in love with her son. And, Nikki, didn't you pick up on some of this shit, too? Yeah, there was weird energy. And I don't know. Like, she, like, fucking hated me. <laughs> um, uh, well, yeah, because you were fucking her son, and she wanted to fuck her son. <laughs> she really did. <laughs> she really did. I'm, God. like, And so she goes and... Oh, God. Okay, so... We ended up, like, getting married, and she was supposed to host the reception, or not the reception, but the um, the rehearsal dinner, because the groom parents usually host the rehearsal, right? Mm. And most of the people there at the rehearsal was my family and friends for some odd reason. Like, did you notice that, Nikki? Like, not really any of his family or friends was at that rehearsal dinner? No, it was mostly our family. 
yeah, it was fucking weird. But so like we got married in October, right? So it's like pretty cold out. It's like in the 30s. Mm-hmm. So this bitch, instead of going to a restaurant, and I'm not a fan of pork, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just not. Um, and so this bitch, and she knew this, she decides to put up a tent in the backyard, um, in the backyard, in 30 degree weather, mm-hmm. and it's like misty, rainy out. And Uh, she made crock pots of pork sandwiches (laughs) and would not like let anybody in the house. Yeah, I remember Uh, that. I was like, I was like, fuck this. And I went inside and I sat down at her table and ate. It was so cold outside. (laughs) Yeah, I would have, I would have left. Like, I can't be cold. And you got the rain. That sounds horrible. Yeah, I don't think so. Pork sandwiches. Like. What like, my least favorite fucking food. Like, that is not at all how, like, I envisioned this to go, you know? Yeah, like, how about we just all go to McDonald's? Because it'd be classier than what you got going here, lady. Like, 30, de- 30 degree weather. Like, it's, like, yeah. below freezing. Like, 32 degrees is below freezing. You know? So, it, it was just so disrespectful. And, like, she fucking hated me, obviously. So, like, <clears throat> we get married the next day. And we get the... <laughs> <laughs> we, we get the we get the video back from the wedding and um like several months later and clearly like I'm up there getting married so like I'm not paying attention to this bitch um oh no like oh before that uh I have to backtrack a little bit so obviously we're getting married and my mom's in a nursing home I think everybody here knows that at this point so like it, she had to have special accommodations to come and even though me and Doug have been together for five years at this point um Barb had never met mom or anything, you know, not that my mom like really talks or anything, but she's like wheelchair bound and all of that. And um, I wanted to like, it's my wedding day. So after we got married, um, I was, I was like, Hey, I want to introduce you to my mom. She goes, Oh, we've already met. And she just like walked away. And then, and then at the fucking reception, she stayed in the kitchen the entire time um, at the reception hall and only came out to do her mother-son dance. Uh. Which they danced to time after time by Cindy Lauper. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, it's just fucking weird. But, um, so, <laughs> like, the only time that song is okay for anybody to dance to is Romy and, my, Romy and Michelle's High School reunion. Aww. Right? <laughs> like, I'm like, and, like, I will show you the pictures and the way she's, like, fucking holding his face and, like, it's so fucking weird. Like, you can f- cut the sexual tension with a knife. And then she, like, wouldn't give my family, like, extra leftovers, even though I'm the one who paid for the catering. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so we get yeah. the video So we get the video back from the wedding. And the whole time, she has her head in her hands as we're, like, saying our vows. And I do. Oh, my God. Like, and it's on fucking camera. Like, Barb, you can't fucking hide that shit. Go fuck yourself, you dumb bitch. Boy. Like, okay, uh, <laughs> so I have a question. This is a yeah. follow-up question. We all know, if, if, well, at least we know, what happened eventually, that he ended up being gay. What did mom think about that? And did you, I mean, I'm sure you were devastated, but did you not have a little bit of like, hey, hey Barb, you can't have him either. <laughs> uh, well, no, actually, so <clears throat> after I left and he was like coming to terms with his sexuality or whatnot, and I, when I went to Massachusetts and came back to the house, um, sorry if there, 
fuckhead's mowing outside, so I apologize. <laughs> it never fails. I know. I can't stop it, guys. So I'm sorry if it's super annoying in your ears. No, that, that always happens at my house, too. Yeah, so hopefully this fuckhead's done soon. But um, <laughs> anyway, so um, so at the at our divorce trial, um, so like, well, when I came back, um, he had another man staying with him, and like it, like he was definitely like with a man at that time. And um, anyway, so that was the last that I knew. Um, of who he was dating or anything but then the divorce trial happens like after that moment um, and oh they shut off the lawnmower and um, so he goes and like it like I, we shouldn't have even went we have no children why are we going to fucking divorce court like right. just sign the paperwork pay me my $20,000 that you fucking owe me and we'll call it a day but he didn't want to give me anything so, um, and she was fighting tooth and nail to make sure that I didn't. He paid over $30,000 to his attorneys because his mom paid for it. And, like, she was in court with him, like, every time, like, mediation, like, the first hearing. Like, we had to go, like, several times, you know. And she was there, like, every fucking step of the way, which was ridiculous. And she testified against me in court, which she, like, didn't even have anything to say, which was stupid. But um, he had to end up paying me anyway, so it's all good. Um, so fuck you. I did win, Barb. Um, and you paid $30,000 for nothing. Fuck you, Barb. But um, so the, the funny thing about it is, so, like, when you're a witness in court, um, you cannot stay in the courtroom uh, or you can't be in the courtroom if you're going to testify, right? And then once you've testified, um, you can stay in if you want um, because you're, you've already done your part. So after she got done testifying, um, the judge was like, yes, um, um, yes, um, you, you know, thank you. You can stay in and um, or you can leave, whatever. She goes, I think I'll stay. And so um, they were like, call your next witness or whatever. So, like, I went to go get my sister, right? And so I'm like, oh, she's going to fucking hear some of this shit, right? Nope. Come back in. She's not fucking there. So he had told her to leave. So she does not know, like, any of the things that he has done. Or, um, you know, he will never come out of that closet to her. Because if he does, she is very, she is a very, very fucking Catholic and they have a lot of money and he will not get his inheritance if he comes out of that closet. So he is currently dating a female who looks like a guy. So, (laughs) so it's like the next, like the closest thing to him, you know, like she's very, she's very athletic. She's very, you know, Uh close. Like, very close to whatever. If, you know, you can't come out, like, that would be your probably indicator. Like, it, like complete opposite of what I am. And I, I don't mind, like, whatever. But um, the thing is, like, he will just never be true to himself. And that's what's really sad. And um, he's just going to have a lot of resentment and anger like he did with me. You know? So. Um, Absolutely. And that's why we ultimately didn't work. And but I mean, money was more important to him than anything. And um, that's why he, I think, would keep that close bond with Barb. Um, money was a motivator for him, and they had a lot of it. So um, he's like set to inherit like a lot of money when she passes. So if he comes out of the closet or whatever, because that breaks their religion, right? Like, yep. 
So he, yeah. he, he just won't fucking do it. So technically, she won because she's keeping him in the closet with her money. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Technically, you I mean, won because yeah. you got the fuck away from that. Yeah. Family. Oh man. Like, <laughs> I mean, there was like a lot more incidents that happened. Like, uh, we went to a birthday dinner, and apparently, she was hitting on my grandpa, according to my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess she was like showing her cleavage, like up in his face, and like there, there's actually like a picture of this birthday dinner. I sent it to Nikki, and recently. And if you just like look, because uh, Barb is sitting right next to my grandpa Art, and you can just like see my grandma like glaring from across. Like she's my grandma's the only one not smiling in this photo. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and about isn't, that, isn't surprising how religious you can be about lifestyles and stuff, but yet it's okay to pull shit like that. You know, it's yeah. so crazy, right? And you know, oh. what I was gonna say too though is that Barb, you know, she may think she won, but in reality, she's never going to have an authentic, real relationship with her son because she's mm-hmm. never going to know actually know who he is. So, right, right. Sorry, but, but she doesn't seem very authentic herself, so she right. probably doesn't That's care. Just... No, she blamed me and, like, all of his friends for, like, every bad thing he did. Like, so, like, he spent, like, $20,000 worth of gambling. Uh, like, uh, I'm the one who did that, apparently. It's um, always someone else. Yeah, okay. always. Uh, he got caught with like uh, marijuana in high school. That was his friend's fault. Um, he got into a car accident. Um, OWI, uh, the bar o- was the ones who overserved him. Like, right, because yeah. if, if he were responsible for any of those things, it would be a reflection on her parenting, right? Well, yeah. Exactly. She was just a crazy bitch. I would act out too if I was him. <laughs> like, I mean, may- maybe maybe if she came out to him, her her reasoning would be like, oh, someone put a penis inside of him. It still wasn't uh-huh. his fault. It's it's the damn <laughs> right. television. I know it. No, no, he did right. try to tell me. He did try to tell me that he was um, apparently like um, assaulted or something. Um, I don't I don't believe him. Um, like in the locker room at Lincoln in our high school or whatever, because like. I like I before we got together, like I heard that he like sucked dick for coke. <laughs> so uh, like, <laughs> and, and that came directly from like my ex-boyfriend who had like heard that rumor. And I just I didn't believe it to be true. I didn't. And like I was like, all right, I'm just going to ask you this one time. Like, just be honest with me and we'll drop it. Right. And he was like, no, that never happened. But then it just like kept all these things just like kept coming up like throughout our marriage or like throughout our relationship. And I was just like, okay, there can't be this many stories to where nothing had happened with him, you know? So like he, and so we went to Aruba like in 2017. So like we've been together since like 2008. So this is like so many years later and we're married at this point. He got really drunk and he goes, all right, I have to be honest with you. Finally, he's being honest with me. He got really drunk. He goes, it wasn't one dick. It was three. Oh. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, I think, I think we're going to get divorced soon. Uh, you know, like, I mean, like, I wish I could, like, I, you just lied to me for, like, almost a decade, you know? And, you know, he was so hard to read as a person, too. Like, I didn't really see the truth um, about his actions until after you left when – Anthony and I went to go uh, box up your stuff for you to help Mm -hmm. you out. And that was when 
I saw, like, I, I was picking up on the energy. I'm like, he's not being honest here. So, um, he was blaming me, me for everything. Yeah. So me and Anthony actually testified in court against him because he wasn't being truthful about everything. And like, I wasn't a perfect person, but I owned up to everything I did. He just never did. And I think that was like, whatever, but I take that back and I blame Barb. She was there one you go. bad, she was one bad sadistic fucked up mama. Wow. You know, the thing is, I could have told a lot of stories about my ex-mother-in-law, um, but I just didn't want to dredge up my own, like, you know, whatever. But Trauma. even, yeah, but it's like, man, I tell you what, Barb and my ex-mother-in-law could have probably uh, hung out a little bit. They both got together and went bowling. <laughs> yeah, because they were both, the, the common factor there, she's not super religious. It's a denial yeah. And that's exactly it. She she never fessed up to she never owned anything she ever did. She just pretended like it didn't happen. And that sounds like what Barb is doing is Barb probably knows. Well, but Barb, the, but Barb lives in her own reality and so she doesn't care and, you know. Well, another one of the weird things that happened was apparently like Doug's dad had like like she had two boys prior, right? And uh before Doug and apparently oh, whoa, his whoa, dad whoa. So well, she well, was divorced? No, 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 no. Same same dad. But here's the weird fucked up thing. Oh, I get So you. Doug's dad got fucking neutered. Like he got whatever it's mm -hmm. called. Like That's he got snipped. Yeah, that. Which and I do believe is against the Catholic Church. Is it? Birth control of any kind is against the Catholic Church. Yeah, you well, gotta just pop out all the babies. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so, but he did get a vasectomy. And um, somehow she ended up getting pregnant with Doug after his vasectomy so she mm. would call him her little miracle bubba ew the one mm. that got through mm. <laughs> the one that got through <laughs> super like, sperm <sighs> so like maybe that's why she got a special attachment to him but like or she cheated on his fucking dad who knows <laughs> there's there's a lot there there's probably more there than you'll ever know and you ever want yeah. to know mm -hmm. but yeah so that was the story of barb <laughs> Barb, Barb, don't know you, don't like you. Don't need to. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that concludes our Girl Talk topic. So we are going to get into our Girl Talk game. And this is something I like to call this or that. Have you guys ever played? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe. maybe I don't think so. I think well, some variation. Yeah, I'm just gonna Probably. ask like it's I'm just gonna ask a question. It's basically just like preferences, this or that. Uh oh yeah. Okay. So and I'll add in some of my own fun ones as I see fit. <clears throat> Yay. All right. All right, Zach. Credit or oh. cash? Ooh. Um, let's see. I would say you know, I always use credit and then I pay it off. So credit. Nikki? I'm a cash person. Carla? Uh, use credit. I don't, I never feel like getting cash out. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca? I like to say when I have cash and I go to the store and I try to pay for something, I'm like a toddler who can't count the money because I use money so infrequently. Like I just <laughs> hand them a wad of cash and say, is this enough? So I'm going with credit. <laughs> 
I would have to say, like, I'm a debit card person. So. Yeah, and de- and I do mean debit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if they're meaning, do you or, finance everything or do you pay for it up front? I try to pay for everything, but it's a debit card. All right. Uh, cappuccino or a latte, Nikki? Cappuccino. Not a big fan of the lattes. Carla? I think latte. I don't really, I don't, I don't even know if I've had a, ca- I don't know my coffees. <laughs> it, I, Zach, I feel like you would know. Is latte cold? Uh, no, it's not. I mean, cappuccinos and lattes are essentially the same can, thing, I mean, but latte can, has can, less milk. Yeah, you have a choice uh-huh. between hot or cold for a latte. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's the distinction is cappuccinos have more milk in them than a latte. I know I I've had lattes that. in my day and I've liked them, so latte. Well, what the fuck is a frappuccino? That's, that's iced. an iced milkshake. That's a milk. Yeah, I was gonna say no, it's, it's a like milkshake. Iced coffee milkshake. Yeah, it's well, like, it says chilled frozen. coffee frozen. drink. Frozen. It's frozen. Not well, iced. or or if you just buy like the jar or whatever, like it's cold, like a chilled drink, right? Like you can buy yeah. them in like in the little jars. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, coffee cup or flask? <laughs> uh, you know me. I'm going flask. <laughs> That's no fucking question. Uh, Zach? Uh, coffee cup. I don't drink too much. <laughs> Nikki? Coffee cup. I love to collect mugs. Carly? Uh, coffee cup. I, I drink, but I don't drink out of a flask. Well, if you go to a concert. <laughs> no, I've actually <laughs> never, I've never use the flask ever do you own a flask okay i do not no well you know what we're that's going to change all right rebecca (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay well i don't generally hide my drinking which is usually what a flask would suggest yeah i picture a major alcoholic when i think of that a flask yeah or like an old-timey cowboy guy or something but well i mean i prefer a shot glass but um, if we're just going concept coffee or alcohol well it depends on the time of the day i'm usually coffee and water all water all day coffee in the morning alcohol at night but i'll go flask i think that's more with my personality like i feel i don't drink a whole lot of coffee like i said i am today but like it's rare so i Flask, for sure. All right, bitches. Tacos or wings? Mm. What, Zach? Um, I got to go with tacos all the way. Nikki? That is a tough one, but I'm going to go with wings, boneless chicken wings. Carla? Tacos are like my favorite food. I do like wings, but I can get burned out on wings as opposed to tacos, which I can eat every day. Rebecca? I might go to Taco Bell and get one of those boxes of crunchy tacos later now that we've even mentioned the word tacos. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they gotta be crunchy, man. We have our grandpa's uh, like 80 something birthday today, and um, we're going to a Mexican restaurant, but. I prefer wings. Like, I love bar food. So, yeah. Clearly, I love bar food, so I have to go with wings. Tacos can be bar food sometimes. Well, yeah, the Kung Fu Tap and Taco has the best tacos. Um, But uh, if I'm, I would get wings anytime. Yeah, that is kind of the essential bar food, wings. 
Well, so is tacos though too. Now that I'm thinking about it, but I just prefer <laughs> better. And I like I, I like I used to work at Hooters. Hooters. Um, yes. No, like that makes with, a lot. Does it? <laughs> Yeah. But but when I worked there, I didn't have any Hooters. No. <laughs> oh. No. It makes more sense now. But like, yeah, I was like oh. the, I was like the most flat-chested Hooters girl you would have ever seen. Like, I have photos, uh, of me and the Hooters out. Was there only one O on your shirt? <laughs> <laughs> it just said Ho. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Ryan Reynolds or Ryan Gosling. Ooh. Ryan okay. Reynolds for me. Rebecca? Ryan Reynolds because he's fucking hilarious. And Ryan Gosling seems like he has the personality of a cardboard box. <laughs> They're both cute, but, you know. Plus, Ryan cute. Reynolds has a nice body. Well, I mean, Ryan Gosling does too. I mean, they're both cute, but like Ryan Gosling just seems like a pretty face. And Ryan Reynolds, like, he's a smart ass. And I like that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Nikki? Yeah, I'd have to go Ryan Reynolds as well. He would be a blast to hang out with. Carla. I agree. He seems like the better personality out of the two. Yes, I have to go with Ryan Reynolds as well. Um, Pancake or waffle? I like waffles. I mean, I like pancakes too, but I would prefer waffles. I like to make sure that all the syrup fills every little little square. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like to put butter in every square. That too. Oh yeah. <laughs> Why does that sound dirty? But it does. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll butter your waffle, Zach. <laughs> but every square. Yes. <laughs> Rebecca. Uh, pancakes, I think. Pancakes, pancakes. Um, yeah. Carly. Pancakes. I was yes. like a kid, yeah. Yeah. Carly. I'd go with uh, pancakes. Nikki? I have to go with Belgian waffle. I always order that when we go to get breakfast, and I have no shame. I will eat the whole thing. <laughs> like, As you I, should. Like, for me, I feel like pancakes trigger me because they used to like even though I was like a Hooters girl um growing up because like I was so flat-chested people would call me pancakes oh. <laughs> so, so like when I look at them Hooters I'm like pancake I empathize with you because ever since I lost weight my ass is like a pancake so I, mean, <laughs> oh. I get what you mean hey but also in in Korea waffles aren't uh, eaten as a breakfast they're actually eaten as a dessert so oh, like that makes sense. there's actually like places specified for waffles here like a waffle places to for dessert and coffee just fyi mm. yeah that's cool if you if you tell a korean you eat it for breakfast they'd be like what? Huh? <laughs> <You know. laughs> roller coasters or bumper cars roller coasters Roller coasters. Who rides bumper cars anymore? This yeah. bitch, they're more safe. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like I, I don't know. Final Destination 3. Right. Like, I'd rather I'd rather get whiplash and survive than fucking go on a roller coaster and fly out and die. You ride roller coasters. 
I haven't in a long Dude, time. I was I I literally was just at a amusement park a few weeks ago, and as we went down the first hill, a wasp flew up and stung me in the neck right oh as we god. were going down the hill. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you're right. Maybe bumper cars. Instead. Right there, you go. <laughs> I, I knew you would come to see things my way. <laughs> yes. As you'll see in Pillow Fight as well. Um, <laughs> socks or barefoot? Socks. 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 You guys are making I, I me fucking cringe. I hate wearing socks. I think they're like the most ugly fucking article of clothing ever made. Like they, they like, and I don't like, and if you have sex with socks on, like there's something severely wrong with you. Oh yeah. You know, like I, I'm not good. <laughs> what? Yeah. They're like blankets for your feet. No, <laughs> slippers, you have slippers. Oh, like, I have those, those on too. Those are like shoes for your fucking feet. <laughs> that are way more bushy and comfy. But don't fuck with those on either. I, I suck at this because I always have too many questions. I can't do black and white, but I don't like socks, but I like having like slippers on. But so I'm going to say barefoot, I guess. Hmm. Beer or wine? <laughs> wine. God. Uh, Sorry. I, I knew you would say wine. <laughs> <laughs> That was like the easiest one for you so Dude, far. Dude, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the only one I can just say, yeah. Nikki? I'm a total wine drinker as well. Carla? Uh, that fully depends on my mood. I feel like, I think I gravitate towards beer more often. Uh, Zach? I'm more of a, I'm, I'm more of a wine drinker. So on a special occasion, I'll drink beer every once in a while, but I definitely drink wine more. And I, you know, cook with wine too, so. I'll drink wine with, like, my dinner, but, like, if I'm drinking, like, because I'll drink beer, like, watching sports. So, probably beer. Mm -hmm. Um, Freddie or Jason? <laughs> Jason. <laughs> Nikki? Freddie. Zach. Freddy. Carla. Jason. Freddy. Um, we had that debate on episode one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anything changed there. Nope. <laughs> um, all right. The toilet paper goes over or under? Oh, my God. It so goes over, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, it goes over, and you're a fucking moron if you put it under, so... Agree over. over. I agree. <laughs> Back. Over. <laughs> Sweet or savory? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go savory. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I'm going to go sweet because I love cakes for dessert. And sugar and chocolate. <laughs> Yeah, same. I have to go sweet. I'm a big sugar eater. Me too. Um, let's 
Vacation or staycation? <laughs> Everything's all shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm going staycation. Like, I lived, I, I loved living during the shutdown. I'll be honest, man. <laughs> I need a, I like vacation. I like to go places. Yeah, same. I'm the same I'm way. I love vacation. Yeah. <laughs> I love vacation too. Vacation. Twilight Zone or Outer Limits? Twilight Zone. I'd say, yeah, I'd say the Twilight Zone too. Yeah, Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. I mean, from the introduction, it's just scary right away. You know, I don't know. Porn with the sound music. or no sound? What? <laughs> Did you say corn? I said corn with <laughs> sound or no sound. I thought you said corn. Like the like the band. Like it's popping. Yeah, corn. Yeah, I thought she was like referring to eating corn, but she said porn. Okay. <laughs> I don't even. I don't know why you would watch porn with no sound unless i mean you were trying to just you know Hi. like be quiet <laughs> right like yeah I, I i don't know anybody who prefers to do that uh definitely need the sound and the uh, visual <laughs> carla yeah i'm definitely full experience definitely unless you have the sound <laughs> i'm sorry is that exactly. what <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely versed because I've definitely done both. So I'm used to both. But yes, of course, the sound is better. But most of the time I just skip to the good stuff anyway. I don't... <laughs> yeah, you got to have the sound on. I mean, I'm not like this isn't 1920. I'm not watching silent films. <laughs> <laughs> Foreplay or just dive right in? Or play. At least in my play. case, you can't just dive right in, you'd get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you gotta rub me first. I'm one of those. Yeah. I, uh, I'm definitely into foreplay. I once heard, okay, this is really stupid that I'm gonna be citing this person, but I once heard Jeff Foxworthy say about women. He said, men are like combustion engines. You turn the key, they're ready to go. Women are like diesel engines. You got to get them like going and warmed up. But once you get them going, then they go. Foreplay. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. That That's my my theory of foreplay. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that foreplay. The buildup is nice. Why do you build me a buttercup, baby? Just let me down. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. All right, our next transition song. Right. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I think that concludes this or that. You guys, what do you think? Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right, so that concludes our Girl Talk segment. Uh, that was a lot of fun. When we come back, we are going to be talking about some bad mamas in film. Some are more horror than others, but that's fine uh, because they are all horrific fucking mothers. So it works. So uh, stay tuned. <laughs> When I was just 
It is now time for Pillow Fight. Let's let some motherfucking flutter, fl- flathers fly. <laughs> as much as I try to sound cool, it just never fucking happens. Let's let some fucking flutter. Fuck, I did it again. <laughs> Let's let some f- feathers, feathers. Take it, take it easy. Fly. Let's let some motherfucking flathers fly. <laughs> hey. Let's let some feathers fly, motherfuckers. There you go. I'm going to try not to get the motherfucker in there, at least. Yeah, yeah, right? I mean, yeah. So this is Pelify, everybody. Um, I'm really fucking excited for this one. There's so much camp involved <laughs> in this debate um, amongst all of these movies. I had so much fun watching all of these. I'm not going to lie. They're so over-the-top ridiculous at times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this has been one of my favorite selections of movies. I'm not gonna lie. What do you guys think? Oh yeah, by far. Like I, I enjoyed the ever living fuck out of all of these. I like how we didn't go with the typical like Mother's Day and the Mother's Day remake and like that type of stuff. Because at first I was like, oh, this is interesting. No one's picking those. But I think the ones we went with, like. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Like, they all flowed together very well watching them, and it it was a good time. Right. I feel like the stories that we just told in, like, our Girl Talk segment, any of those mothers could have been in these movies. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, well, minus your Rebecca and Carly's mom. I was going to say, yeah, definitely, like, yeah, the other three, though. The mother-in-law, yeah. Like, yeah, I was I, just saying before we recorded that I, I think we genuinely all picked the five worst women in the world here. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, all right, so let's get this kicked off. Um, Rebecca, let's start with your movie. Okay, mine is the oldest, I believe. Uh, and um, so the movie I picked was Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker, also known as 
Nightmare Maker, I believe, um, which neither of those makes sense whatsoever, but it is a great title. Uh, it stars Jimmy McNichol as a young Billy. He's 17 and he lives with his aunt. His parents died in a car accident when he was very young and she took him in. Now he is a teenager. His aunt is uh, smothering him and uh, he has a girlfriend and wants to go to college and she's just having none of it. Um, and the aunt ends up killing the TV repair guy. And then things just get really fucked up for Billy. Um, I picked this movie for a few reasons. Uh, so a few years ago, Exploding Heads, shout out to our guys. Uh, they did, like, they were doing every slasher that they could find from the 80s. And, like, this was one of them and they had never heard of it. And they were like, why have we never seen this? Which is exactly what Lacey said and exactly what I said when I watched this. I was like, how did I never see this movie? It's from 1981, the golden year of horror. And it is so ridiculous. So I picked it because of uh, Susan Tyrell. The aunt is so great. Well, okay, we, we do talk spoilers. She is posing as the aunt. She is actually the biological mother of Billy as we find out later. But Bo Svensson, you get a bonus <laughs> asshole in this. He is the biggest douche canoe detective <laughs> ever. And I mean, he's he's basically, he, he outs the coach, gets him fired, uh, is accusing Billy of being gay, which is relevant to the case because the man who supposedly raped his aunt is gay. And uh, so the detective thinks there's something else going on there. However, you don't generally go to a teenager's house and just go up to him and go, Billy, are you a fag? Um, and you also don't go to a teenage girl's house, uh, knock on her door, ask her to go for a walk alone and start questioning her sex life. Um, so the colorful, I think the two colorful characters there are why I picked it. It's definitely, definitely Aunt Cheryl and uh, the detective. And I just love it. It's over the top. And the the third act, uh, you know, you don't have a lot of death. It's not really a slasher. But the third act really gives you a good payoff. <laughs> and I'm curious to hear what you guys have to think about it. Yeah, um, this was obviously a first time watch for me. And like I was like literally like less than 20 minutes into the movie. And that that car scene where they just died. <laughs> <laughs> had to be the most extra fucking death of a car scene like ever like i wasn't expecting the car just to fucking explode either like like not only like is the car like just like goes over and like and the mom yeah, like, hanging out the window and the mom's like hanging. The mom's like hanging out the window as it's exploding. Like, and then the car I, I flies off the hill into the yeah. into the water. It's almost like this was from an action movie or something yeah, and they, yeah. that they didn't make, and they're like, "Well, what could we use this for?" And we'll just make it Billy's fake fucking parents. Like, like, and you know right away that like some shit's gonna go down, like with that aunt you know um, and it takes from billy from being a kid to obviously a, a teenager and um i don't know like when that one lady like just got like sliced through the stomach that was also like one of my favorite fucking parts because like 
She just goes up to her with, like, what was it, a machete? Like, what did she fucking stab her with or, like, slice her open with? Yeah, some kind of lawn implement of some sort. Yeah. And, like, the way she just, like, tumbles back over, like, oh, my God. Like, I don't know. Like, I was expecting some more, like, cooking just based off of the title. Like, yeah, about, right. I thought we were going to make any sense. <laughs> like, no. I thought we were going to see, like, some bitch, like, being poisoned with muffins or, like, or, like yeah. being, like, killed with right. rolling pins. And, like, so I was a little disappointed that, like, they didn't utilize that to the full capacity of the title. I've one I'm curious if this was maybe a different title at one point in time. It it was. I'm gonna look it up while you keep talking. It was it, it's a night warning, which night also warning is a, there, which also a super oh, title, but it makes no sense. <laughs> well that makes more generic. sense with the fucking cop maybe. I don't know. I was know. gonna say that like you have the cops lurking at night, like but <laughs> I'm giving you a warning. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, neither of those makes sense, but I gotta say, it's the 80s, and you could call it whatever you want, and put whatever you want on the poster, uh, it doesn't have to have anything to do with the movie. This movie was so fucking random. (laughs) Like, I was like, what am I watching right now? And, like, Dan's, like, in the kitchen cooking, like, he's being the little butcher baker, and, um, like, (laughs) like, and fucking... The bitch is just, like, screaming. He was like, oh, my God, can somebody shut her up? (laughs) (laughs) And, like, she's so extra, and she's, like, like holding his hair or, like, brushes. She's like, I'm your mama. Like, the big reveal. (laughs) Like, I think we kind of figured, like, maybe this was going to happen. But, like, I, I still don't understand why, like, she, like, gave him up or, like, wanted her sister to raise him. And, like, why didn't, like, even though she ended up raising him like after they died like for some reason i so thought weird. maybe she was the cause of their car accident or something but like why well, did they she did not- say that the brakes were cut right i thought oh yeah she did it okay so mm-hmm. why didn't she the aunt re- did it so why didn't she just fucking reveal after that she was her mom why did uh, his mom like why did she wait so fucking long to tell him uh uh i I don't really know. I, she was a what? one fucking wacky chick. Yeah, she uh, was. But I, I think it was the whole deal that she didn't want the baby to start out with. So she gave it to her sister and then she decided she wanted it back. Well, but yeah, but then why wouldn't she just tell him after the fact? Like, so she maybe, maybe because she's incriminated. Yeah, maybe she's incriminated. I don't know. Mm. Uh, and then when, like, and then when she kills the guy, like, there's so many stabbings, and then like they're just like sitting at like it, it like goes from bad to worse like real quick. <laughs> and, like, yeah. <laughs> like the way she's just like stabbing the guy, like holy fuck, you know this, but just, and then she's just sitting there with like the blood all over her shirt. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she was definitely one crazy bitch. I had a lot of fun watching it, but like, there was a little bit problems with the plot. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did enjoy the movie. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Zach, what did you think? Um, I thought it was interesting. That's for sure. <laughs> that's <laughs> a, you know, I thought I thought Susan Tyrell because everything I've seen her and she's always been a really weird character, so she was like perfect for this role <laughs> with those fake ass eyebrows and. <laughs> Um, but I, what I, I thought was one quote that I wrote that I thought was 
fucking hilarious in the beginning where she, uh was it Billy? He was wanting to go to college. And she says, college is for rich kids and brains. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, shade. Wow. <laughs> Support there. Well, she did. Exactly. Well, you know, he did derive from her. So maybe she just knew. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Plus, it was kind of cool to see, like, Bill Paxton in this movie. Random. Uh, and then I don't know if anyone knows Julia Duffy mm-hmm. from Designing Women and New Heart. I'm kind of old. So, I mean, I'm like, yeah. Old and she things. also did Student Bodies, uh, which was like yes. one of the first, like, really parody horror comedies. Exactly. Exactly. And then I remember Billy at some point at the end, I was like, he looks like someone else. And then I was like, oh, the chick from Empty Nest, which is yes. a sister, Christy McNichol. So I was like, oh, duh, that makes sense then. So yeah, it was it was it was a weird movie, but it was cool to see all these little just these little things in them, like you know, people before they were kind of famous or whatever. And yeah, it was it was really problematic for for gay people in this movie. <laughs> let me just say. Oh my god! But, well, you know, yeah. to be fair though, I was thinking about it with this watch. Yes, he ha- he's homophobic as fuck. But, you know, if you look at it, he fucking hates everybody. Like, right, he's right. he's anti-woman all the way. He's anti-gay. He's anti, like, people doing their job, even. The straight white guy cop is trying, like, right. hey, I, I found some information. You know, oh, oh you know, you fucking sure. idiot. I hope you're doing that on your own time. Like, he's like, go on vacation. <laughs> he's like, I don't care if you go on vacation, as a matter of fact. Right, his the dog is the only entity in this whole movie that he's nice to. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Well, there was also that mention, I think was that the neighbor mentioning something about the coach and being gay and the aunt was like, I forgot. She said something where she was like basically like that is like you're like these are evil people or oh. she said something <laughs> like that. I forget what. But the other thing that was really creepy is yeah, the whole like we're what was happening with Billy where he was like passed out on the bed at the end and did she like drug him or something? Yes. Uh, she she okay. drugged the milk. Yeah. And so then she's like forcing the milk down his throat and then she's like licking it off of his neck and face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your mama. I, I think I think oh. Barb would have gotten along really well with Aunt Cheryl. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. I thought this was a good pick, Rebecca. I think it's a different take on a slasher, and I appreciate that. And it also represents a different type of caretaker. It was his aunt. So that was even a really cool dynamic to bring into the film for I am having some like nightmare flashbacks to my horror story that I just told (laughs) you know where I'm going with this you know where I'm going with this there is a scene where Billy is having sex with his girlfriend and the aunt comes in she's like what are you doing you whore and like (laughs) like it, it was literally like how exactly how I felt when um my ex's (laughs) <laughs> mom drove by the house she didn't actually come in and like catch us like having sex but i'm picturing her like having a key and just walk like her like silently like watching you guys sleep <laughs> <laughs> but no like this movie really epitomizes like 
how that feels. And that is exactly like, like that scene, if you're watching that, whatever like emotions you have while you're watching that, that is how I felt legitimately. Um, but overall, I thought this was a fun watch. I had never seen it before. And I, I can see why it's called a cult classic. I, I would have liked to have seen it when maybe I was a little younger. I think I would appreciate it more. Um, but overall, I thought it was a lot of fun. Carla, you up? Mm. Yeah. Um, when Rebecca picked this one, I was kind of like, oh, okay, because I had never seen it before. And oddly enough, JP actually just... Uh, gave me a copy on Blu-ray um, for, I think it was my birth. No, I think it was Christmas actually. And I had it, you know, still sitting in my pile unopened. And I just figured out uh, it's, I always thought like it's a typical slasher or something. I'd heard of it before. And so when she picked it, I'm like, oh, obviously this must have to do with like a psychotic mother figure or something like that. <laughs> and I was intrigued and yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, it's just such an odd plot all around. Um, and yeah, pretty much everything you guys have said, it's just uh, very ridiculous, but it's it's a fun, goofy time. I wouldn't even, like, it, it doesn't really feel like a slasher to me like I thought it was going to, but it's just um, just a very bizarre <clears throat> film. Like, there's so much going on. You know, you got the aunt-mom thing being a weirdo, then you have, like, the homosexual, like, whatever going on there like, like suspicions and uh, I like how the detective like immediately doesn't believe that um, you know she was raped he's like this bitch is just crazy something's going on here and uh, I find a lot of stuff funny like how the detective and the guy dude from Silent Night Deadly Night actually um, you know I, I like the part where he just show, he's like lurking around in the middle of the night I yeah. think it's pretty hilarious Um but yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of hilarious moments in this movie, and uh, I think the whatever what, what's her name, um, the lady that played the aunt, uh, does a really good performance in it. Uh, she just gets full on wacky by the end, and uh, I had a fun time with it. Uh, so I'm glad that gave me a reason to finally go ahead and pop it in the old Blu-ray player and check it out. So thank you to Rebecca. Yeah, I, every time I'd see that guy, I wanted to be like, Santa's watching, Santa's waiting. <laughs> he, just, he looks exactly the same. Like, uh, oh, well, yeah. this is actually before Silent Night, Deadly Night yeah. by like three years, I think. But it's just fun. It's like the same type of character. I mean, it's a different. He's got a different profession, obviously. But I'm like, yep, that's that guy. So, so the other thing that none of us have mentioned that I really like is the the very, very ending. So obviously we have yeah. to have a showdown between Julie and Billy and Aunt or Mom Cheryl now. And, you know, it's like the big showdown. And, you know, they finally like, you know, he calls the police like I killed my mom, you know, <laughs> and uh, or no, he called he calls the uh, he calls the coach. Um. Then the coach shows up too. And then it's like, you expect the cop to come in and be like, oh, wow. Oh, coach, I'm sorry I got you fired. Billy, I'm sorry I accused you of murder. Julie, I'm sorry I was very inappropriate with you. You know, wow. Instead, he's so, he's so hell bent on being right that even though now 
it's like his whole theory is like blown and he's just like fuck it we're gonna make it happen aren't we right (laughs) yes and that other cop is like hey shouldn't we like you know shouldn't we do this or like just take her take her no 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 x yeah Like, it was so ridiculous. Like, I mean, so you end up with, like, a, a secondary villain. Like, he's more than a douche canoe. He's, like, just going to pin it on them at right. this point so that he's right. <laughs> yeah, he's the hero. Mm-hmm. I feel like whoever wrote this movie was, like, on a bunch of drugs. Right. What oh, I laughed well. about is, so then once Billy got sick of his shit and got the gun <laughs> and shoots him, <laughs> and then the detective falls and bounces next to the ant, who then kind of blinks. Did you notice her eyes kind of move? <laughs> no. <laughs> Felt that I did not notice that. I don't know. It's like I rewound it again, and it, her face slightly moves, but it was like really no. It was noticeable to me. I was, <laughs> the bitch blinks. <laughs> the bitch um, blinks. So the writer of this, uh, the main writer, Stephen Steve Brimer. Uh, you will you, you will be surprised to know this is the only screenplay he ever did. You don't say. I mean, he did. He was like a production assistant on some things and uh, whatever. But yeah, this is this was his only screenplay. I mean, Fuck. Rebecca, when you write something like this, it's like your Citizen Kane. I mean, what else? Can uh, right, you do? right, exactly. Where, you can, where you are can't. you gonna go? Yeah, you can't. You can't go up from here. No. Yeah. The scene where she cut her hair is popping in my mind right now. Um, why did she cut her hair? I can't remember. I I think just it was that crazy thing just to make her look crazier. Yeah, the Britney <laughs> yeah, Spears yeah. effect. Yeah. Several, yeah. Several, several of these movies involve hair cutting. Hair cutting, yes. Oh uh, yeah. Well, there is well, a theme of that. Yeah, like three of them at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are several there are several themes that go along with this aside from Bad Mom, but yeah, haircutting is one. Um oh, I will come up with them as we come as we go through this, but these really did flow together very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel There's like of- Well, I feel like with moms and haircutting though, like I feel like that's a traumatic thing. Like has did your mom ever cut your own hair? Uh, my, my mom tried to cut my bangs when I was four. I don't remember it, but she said like, it was just a shit show and she kept trying to cut more off. She had, (laughs) they were like uneven and then she was just like crying and she had to, and my aunt Sherry was like a hairstylist. So then she called her and she was like, I tried to do it myself and I fucked it all up. But (laughs) I don't, I don't recall any of that trauma and there's probably no pictures of me during that fateful time period. But, and yeah. I guarantee she told everybody that you grabbed the scissors and did it yourself. Right, yeah, like, I don't know, there's some more on There was a point in time to where, like, lice was such a thing, like, going around. Oh. Yeah. And, like, I was, like, in third grade, and, like, every kid had it, right? And my mom, like, was so traumatized by the lice that she just chopped both me and my sister's hair off. <laughs> like, <laughs> doused it without rubbing alcohol. Yes. Like, I just remember, like, Nikki's like, that's a horror story in itself. Right. Like, well, I mean, like, mom was so traumatized by this lice. And, like, I had, like, it it never happened again, like, after that third grade year, but, like, never had it again. But, like, I've had nightmares, like, throughout my entire life, you know, from having it at that time because it's the most disgusting thing ever. 
but like I just remember Nikki sitting in the kitchen with the kitchen towel wrapped around herself and like mom's just dousing rubbing alcohol and Nikki's like I can't breathe <laughs> yeah it was terrible <laughs> like the mom's like now they're gonna die tonight <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah it is difficult to breathe when it's that like close yeah <laughs> Like, wow. yeah, God, yeah, that was traumatizing. Sorry if I brought I luckily, I luckily never had lice, but I remember a lot of kids, like, having a story, like, maybe not with rubbing alcohol in the hair, but, like, a lot of <laughs> yeah, I thought kids growing mayonnaise. up had their hair chopped off. Wasn't it mayonnaise you're supposed to do? Isn't that what kills them? Uh, that sounds plausible. That might yeah. be. I never heard of that. Yeah, something ridiculous. Like, it's kind of like chicken pox, where it's like... Yeah. Like yeah, I mean, if you're going to get it, you're going to get it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was not a good time. <laughs> and, like, it, it, like, literally trauma, like, but she, like, chopped up all my hair, but it was, like, so uneven. So, like, I remember my grandpa had to come and fix it. And I remember, like, going to school, like, the, like, next week or whatever, because that, like, happened over the weekend, and my hair was all short. And I just remember, like, I, like, like, the guy I had a crush on, like, I was standing in line, and, like, he came up, and he thought I was some other bitch because my hair was so short. <laughs> and so I will never have short hair because of this. Like, it, I just won't. Like, I, long, like, I, I, like, no, Nikki, have I ever had my hair short? <laughs> no. Aside why, do I, why do I feel like this episode, we're finding all the things that traumatize Lacey? Trauma triggers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pancakes, short hair. My God. <laughs> That's why Fork. I like my men bald. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, so he won't give me lice. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, all right, let's move on to our next fucking movie. If you guys are ready. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Nikki, let's go to yours. Mother's nose, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, everybody. So, okay, I can humble myself here. <laughs> uh, this is not the best movie ever. So let me. I go disagree. <laughs> now let me go into a little backstory as to how I pick this. I. I believe there were three films that were already chosen and um, really had seen all three of them and loved all of them at that point, the three that were picked. And I got to thinking, I was like, well, what could I do to be a little different here? And the thing that popped in my mind was true crime. So I was like, well, yeah, there's got to be a a horrific mother in, in true crime film. Maybe there's like a, a fun made for TV film that I could explore and uh, pick for that. And so in my search, I come across this movie called Mother Knows Best. And it was on Tubi. So I sat down and I watched it. And I do have some issues with this film, but what it's about is this narcissistic controlling mother she wants her daughter to settle down and get married so she puts an ad in the paper and someone a man answers it and 
her daughter goes on the date with this guy and they actually hit it off. So she wants to have her, uh, she wants to introduce her boyfriend to her mother. So they set up in a, like a, a little get together at the mother's house. Once the mother sees who this man is, she completely dislikes him just because he, he showed up to the house looking disheveled because he was a mechanic. So that was like her entire basis for not liking this man. Just the fact that he, he didn't show up composed or dressed in clothes that she thought that he should. And the story goes on and she just continuously tries to tear these two apart. But it's just so messed up because she is the one that put the ad in the paper. She was the one that got the ball rolling with this. And the guy is actually like one of the nicest guys you could ever possibly meet. And Joanna Kearns in this role, she was very phenomenal. And I was really blown away by her performance because you're so used to her being that uh, the epitome of the best mom in the world on growing pains. And then for her to play this type of a mother, you really see her ability to adapt in the roles that she plays. And I really thoroughly enjoyed the ending of this. Where I had issues with it, I thought the music was really (laughs) over the top. I thought that it kind of took away from the story a little bit. I would have liked to have some more action in this movie, Um, The story actually is a true story based off of a woman named Lee Goldsmith, who she, after not like trying to get her daughter to break up with this guy that she was responsible for her meeting in the first place, she hires a hitman to kill him. And (laughs) we'll get into the ending after you guys talk about it a little bit, but I just wanted to say that Uh, The drunken commentary that you did, Rebecca, I watched that as well, and I really, really enjoyed it. And I have to – the one part that made me laugh the hardest, there is a scene where the families get together with – to meet each other, and she's sitting in the restaurant, and she's like, we don't drink alcohol. And, Rebecca, you look at the camera, and you're like, (laughs) yes, yes, we're having water, bitch. enjoyed your commentary you did on that and I yeah it it definitely is comical it's over the top but it does really epitomize a controlling narcissistic mother to a T and this is a true story so what did you guys think about it um I agree with you Nikki about the music because like as I was watching it I was like is this supposed to be a comedy (laughs) like like, I was definitely getting some like Halloween for like um uh cop music vibes or is that Halloween five I can't remember or like last house on the left kind of like a doom 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 you know kind of thing like the music it was very like why is this comedic (laughs) music playing um No, I loved, like, the three core cast members in this, um, uh, Christina Lee and um, who obviously you know as Kyle from Child's Play 2, and obviously uh, from 90210, Emily Valentine. Um, 
I she's a she's been like somebody that like I followed growing up so like it was cool to kind of see her like in a more subdued role like because she's always playing like just this badass kind of character and this she was more soft so it was nice to see her in that role and uh Grant Show I think is his name uh he's from Melrose Place and um so I, I thought it was cool that it was very 90s and you know obviously the Growing Pains mom uh, my favorite part, though, is when she's, like, hiring the hitman and she's sitting in the car and she's like, just plant some crack on his body. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know that what she's really saying is, you're black, you have crack, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, she's like, yeah, just make sure there's crack on the body. And, like, I love how, like, like you... <laughs> and then, like, she's, like, trying to, like, set him up. And so she has, like, her, like, you see him, like, leaving the house. Like, he never even fucking went inside. And then, like, <laughs> she goes, in, like, like, her friend goes inside. And she was, like, oh, he beat me or whatever. And, like, Amber her, like, Heard. Yes, Amber Heard. All oh. the and, like, her robe is, like, torn. And then, like, you come to find out that, like, the reason her face is, like, actually swelled is that she just had, like, a procedure done. <laughs> like, which actually, like, I feel like Amber Heard probably watched this movie. <laughs> That's her um, next. That's what she's gonna quote next. Mother knows best. Oh right? my God, only we will know. Well, I'm watching. Right? She was like, plant some crack on the body. I don't know. Um, but no, I thought this movie was fun, and it was like really kind of sad though too, like because. You're right, like, she wrote this letter, and, but what I thought was weird, though, is that, like, uh, the daughter, like, when he calls, he calls her at work, and, like, she gets paged, like, she's, like, a nurse or a doctor or something, and he calls her at work, and that was just, like, the weirdest thing, and, like, she's getting ready to hang up, he goes, no, wait, hang on a second, and, like, she, like, like, she's getting, like, how did she hear him, (laughs) like, you know, and what made her change the mind, he's like, well, we're already on the phone, so let's keep this going. But like, she was like, she's like, I didn't write anything. You know, she's like, was it like bubbly signature or whatever? And she's that's my mom. Like, so obviously like they had to have had some type of really close relationship. So this was like really the mother's un- undoing in this just because she, the dude wasn't wealthy, which is really kind of sad. But yeah, I, I thought this movie was fucking hilarious and fun. And I enjoyed eating pizza while watching it. But he wasn't <laughs> broke. I mean, she made him seem like a pauper. I mean, he owned his own business. I mean, and he he worked on luxury cars. It wasn't like he was like had some like really gross like grease monkey shop or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She wanted him to be a straight up lawyer type of thing and not he just it, it was like the dirty look, like he was too uh gruff I guess but he wasn't he looked like a clean cut wholesome male (laughs) I mean like that just just on that first night but then after that it's like the first time they meet and then it's like but after that he like completely yeah he's he did a really good job covering up though saying somebody had a flat tire he had to help them out I mean come on like I mean give the guy credit yeah Ugh. And clearly, the, and clearly sorry. the father was like an enabler of the mother. Oh my god! You know, like he, he goes, was a bitch, is what he was. <laughs> he was a oh, yeah, he was a fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and like, no, she goes and 
uh, well, he goes to like the baby shower or whatever, and she's like, yeah, maybe I miss mom or whatever. We maybe we can work this out. And so like the mom takes that for some reason to be that she's gonna divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Like, she's getting ready to have this dude's baby. This, like, if she was a cry for help, I'm pretty sure she would have called you, bitch. Like, yeah. you know. <laughs> and, oh, my God, that ridiculous fucking huge-ass teddy bear. Like, who needs a teddy bear that fucking big ever? Ever. Like, I hate that. Like, I don't know. Like, I thought it was going to have, like, a nanny cam or something in it. Yeah. So, I, I felt like if you're going to present that, like, at least put, like, a nanny cam so she can spy and, like, hear what they're doing. And that's what that's where I thought it was going. And, okay, so, uh, so as Nikki alluded to, I did a drunken commentary on this. I had not seen it ever. Uh Rob had not seen it ever, and so we just and I and I even say in the drunken commentary, I feel like I had to be drunk just to hit play. Um, but but yeah, like so I watched it, and I was like, typically I don't really, I'm not really drunk during those co- drunken commentaries. I drink throughout the movie, and I probably have a pretty good buzz by the end. This one, I was already three sheets to the wind. So at the end, I'm just sitting there going. I'm confused. I'm confused. I'm confused. And the teddy bear thing, like I thought in my mind's eye, yeah, that she put a nanny cam and everything else. Then the next day, totally sober, I have to edit this thing. So I'm like watching the whole movie again. And I'm like, no, I'm still confused. So why did she give him the teddy bear? Like, yeah. Oh, my God. This, you know, Joanna Kearns Kearns is, she is awesome in this. Like, uh, there was one moment where she's, uh, so he's missing, quote unquote missing, and she shows up at the daughter's house, and she's acting like she's sincere and comes in to give her a hug. And for that moment, she's Maggie Seaver. Like, Mm -hmm. but every other moment, you're like, damn, Maggie? (laughs) 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 Kind of traumatizing. (laughs) Like, you can't watch Growing Pains the same. (laughs) Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I already can't because of fucking Kirk Cameron, but geez. (laughs) (laughs) Carla, what did you think? Uh, Yeah, another first time watch for me, I believe. Um, Unless I saw this when I was a kid or something on TV, but I don't think so. Um, Yeah, I was like, I didn't know what to expect going into this. I was like, is this going to be like horror, suspense, comedy? I can't can't really tell. And... (laughs) Um, I had a lot of fun with this one as well. Uh, I like how, um, I think, I think Lacey said it, like, it seemed like the mom and daughter were probably close. Like the mom was probably always kind of a little controlling, but you know, I think they had a decent relationship at the beginning and then it all literally just goes downhill with this guy. And then it evolves into the mother pretty much ruining her own life and going to like prison so it's like it's so stupid it's such a stupid reasoning but it's like sad at the same time but um I just I like how it gets you know this movie kind of moves at a really good pace um there's not much downtime I like how uh despite the mom's efforts to make it look like the guy's a bad guy the uh I forget the main girl, like, she, you know, the daughter, she doesn't ever think, like, oh, my God, she's right. Like, he beat her. Like, I thought, like, it was going to be this big thing where it's, like, 
she's pretending that she got beat up by him and then it was gonna like turn the tables on him but it's like the daughter's the whole time just like mom you're stupid like stop he doesn't he he didn't do that to you and that type of stuff so I like that because I, I I always hate in movies when people get deceived I'm like man that's that's a shame but yeah this is a lot of fun um and it's interesting that it's based off like true events uh, that makes it all the more sad and rather pathetic like on that mom's part but it just shows like how you know rich people can be cunts and that's kind of <laughs> that's I think that's like the moral of it like that you know they're just like everything has to be so perfect and uh, I like the part where the mom comes where <laughs> Uh, th- I mean, this reminded me of Nikki. She's like lurking out, like she knows that they're about yes. to like have sex, and then she like <laughs> she's knocking on the door, and they're trying to ignore it, and then like she just ruins it, and then she's saying all this bad shit about him, and you know she's like he's in there, and it just kind of ruins the entire vibe. So right, like like she's drinking two glasses of wine and listening to Sophie B Hawkins by herself. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was such Come a on. random choice for music in there. I know, well. and, it, and that <laughs> was such a hilarious. Hawkins no, it was song. like it was like her a music. Cheap recording. Yeah, it was like her music, but it was some other person. But I still had to cut yeah. that from my drunken commentary, so I didn't get a copyright strike. So I didn't even get to man, do the Lordy. sex scene, man. Aw, that's a that's a yeah. Some of the music did sound Ace of Basie as well. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, Nikki. <laughs> and Nikki knows we were we were singing. It was during uh it was during the baby shower because we were singing we were, the sign. All that she won't do. <laughs> oh, I do have to tell you guys as well. Um, I I still was on the fence whether I was going to choose this or not, and I went to go visit my mom. Uh, who lives at a nursing home. And on the TV, there was another movie playing that had the same actress that played the daughter in Mother Knows Best. I was like, okay, well, I think that's a sign. So that's what yeah. made me choose it. Because she No, Nikki, can you please, <laughs> Nikki, can you please tell what your first choice was going to be? I can't remember the name of it. It was, um... No, when you were, you wanted to do Precious. Oh, oh yeah, I wanted I wanted to choose Precious, but I didn't. Oh, Lord. <laughs> that one is, that's, that's a dark one. That's a dark one. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't, because this one went way better with the other choices. Yeah. Well, I thought yeah, about it. And, um, Monique, she's not really in that movie very much, so it, I didn't really think it really qualified as uh, a mother film for this, uh, for the that's choices that we were doing. With, like, the fat gotcha. black girl. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just making sure that's the same one. Where yes. I've, I've never precious. seen that. I didn't know. Yeah. All right, Zach. What did you think of Mother Knows Best? Uh, you know, it was interesting. It was definitely. It definitely brings me back to the the movie of the week. Yes. Back in the mm-hmm. day on TV, and I remember always like Sundays and Mondays. They were always. You know, it was the, the same kind of actors over and over from TV shows and stuff like that. So it definitely was, you know, a good reminder, reminisce. I, I liked how it started like a Hallmark movie. It was very much like like all the Christmas movies that they play. Like, oh, I'm going to answer a personal ad for my daughter. Hee <laughs> hee, you know, kind of thing. And 
what I love is the sign of the times is like the personal ads. Like now oh, yes. she would like try to message him on Tinder or something. Right. <laughs> right. You know, but, um, I, yeah. And I agree. I think Grant's show, he was really hot and, you know, but he was so dumb. <laughs> like, you know, like, I mean, after the whole, like, you know, he came to meet them and he was dirty. So he went and changed and, she goes into the bathroom and it looked like he just fucking wiped the walls with his <laughs> grease everywhere. <laughs> like, oh darn, you know. Like, ah, oh, she's got a butler and a maid. They'll they'll clean it up, no problem. But you know, and then after after he like she accused him of abusing her and he's like, oh, like he was always like so optimistic. Like, oh well maybe she like wants to be free, you know, like it's almost like he was the the daughter in the situation. <laughs> you know, I think she's I gonna like, come around. <laughs> yeah. He was like constantly like blowing smoke up her ass to like get them back together. It was so funny. Um, but I agree with what everyone else said. The funny, creepy music, it reminded me of like Tales from the Dark Side or Are You Afraid of the Dark <laughs> in certain parts, like the little Casio would play. And, uh, and then the last, the thing that was really funny to me was that she, when they were trying to bust Joanna Kearns, you know, with the with the undercover cop in the car and trying to get her to admit everything <laughs> on tape. And then that fucking Jeep keeps in causing interference <laughs> with their recording. And they were in a parking lot, and yet they kept showing the Jeep like circle around. <laughs> what is going on with this Jeep? Why is it just going back and forth, <laughs> causing all this interference? <laughs> it was so funny. But yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree with all it was it was entertaining and campy, and it was cool to see, yeah, Mrs. Seaver kind of be in a, a different role and yeah, I thought I thought it was it, there was a lot to say about this one, so it was it was a fun watch. <laughs> yeah, really and the thing was. that I appreciated about it was the fact that she does get caught. Like a lot of times with these movies, mm-hmm. um, you, you see them getting away with it. That's not the case this time. Mm-hmm. Like this bitch got what she deserved. <laughs> yeah, it's very, that's what I like too. It's just very, you know, straight to the point. Like, okay, this is a story and she got fucked at the end. Good. Like she should. And they get to live happily ever after. Well, so. like Great. you mentioned the tape recording part, like she literally said it to an undercover detective. Like, why couldn't he just bust her? He is a cop. She directly yeah, like said how it many to him. him. <laughs> yeah. What, what was her what was her what was her code word again? Like the code sentence? Oh uh, the the laundry about? like the the laundry's done or the grass is done or something <laughs> along those lines. She's like, just tell me that uh the lawn is the done. Lawn is mowed or something. Yeah, like um <laughs> But then he was like and she was like, How am I gonna know it's done? He was like, call the morgue. And so, like, she actually, like, calls the morgue. <laughs> and, like, this is how much they set her up. And she was like, was there crack on the body? <laughs> like, was, was there drugs involved or something? <laughs> and, like, and then she goes to her daughter and she was like, like, what was it? And she was, they were like, yeah, they found drugs on him. They think it was a drug deal gone bad. And you just see her, like, smirk. <laughs> like, she's so happy because she was the one who told him to plant the crack. 
<laughs> she was like, I'm so fucking smart. <laughs> and then when the cop gets in the car with her, you know that they're they're recording her and she's just like all snipey and she's like, Yeah, he's in the morgue. <laughs> she's like wonderful. Like she's so happy. Like Mickey, now whatever happened to the lady that this actually happened to? She well, uh, she only did, I believe, five years, Ooh. and then her and her daughter never talked again. Is she dead now? <laughs> Good. Uh, I don't believe so. I didn't do that much research. Ah, well, I'm gonna have to look that up after. <laughs> but yeah, that was definitely a fun picnic. <laughs> All right, uh, we will go on to my pick, um, Mommy Dearest. Yay! I had actually never seen it, um, but I picked this because, like, I've been really into, like, uh, Betty Davis and uh, Joan Crawford, and, like, last year I watched The Feud, and um, I really liked it, like, and I loved watching uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. I watched that for the first time last year, and so when I watched The Feud... Um, they kind of talked about this movie and the book and kind of the relationship that she had with her daughter. So I was really curious because, and she was like, it's all false, but you don't like to see the relationship with her daughter in the feud at all. So, um, it was, it was kind of cool to see the opposite end of that. Cause you don't get to see that in the show. So, um, cause Joan Crawford is extra as fuck, just period. So it's not hard to believe that these allegations are true. And um, I, the only thing that I knew of this movie was no more wire hangers. <laughs> like, right. like, she's so fucking extra. Like, and throughout the entire movie, like, she wants a kid, but I feel like she just didn't. You know, like she just wanted to. Like, I felt so bad for the little daughter. Like when she had her birthday party, and she's like, "You have to give. You can keep one, and you got to give them all away to charity." Like, what the fuck? You're rich as fuck. <laughs> Like, it's just, like, she was doing it for, like, publicity to, you know? Yeah, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And it was just really, it was really sad. And, like, when she chops off her hair, like I said, like, I was having flashbacks. Oh, my God. I had a laugh over that scene, though, because it's always like, what are you doing? (laughs) Oh, Mommy dearest. I can't go to school like this. Well, she did it. Like, she just wanted to be an actress like her mama. And, like, you know, and that's why she got her hair fucking cut off. And I don't know. I think the scene that, like, probably sticks out the most to me, though, is, like, the girl grows up and, you know, she ends up getting a a television role or something. And she ends up getting sick and she can't uh, fulfill the role for, like, a few weeks. So she's just, like, laying in the hospital bed. And, like, the nurses come in and they turn on the TV. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, my character's only 28 years old. Yeah. (laughs) And Joe Crawford took over her fucking role. (laughs) Hey, hey, it's a soap opera, you know? Yeah, no one cares. (laughs) That was, like, my favorite part, though. And the puzzle... Her puzzled expression, because she kept forgetting the lines. It was so funny. And the guy's just saying, he's like, no, I know that he cheated on so... I know you had to call so-and-so. Like, he's trying to help her out, so he's just reading her lines, basically. Like, I already know everything you're about to tell me. 
Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. The movie was, like, so campy and so fucking hilarious. But it was also, like, really sad because it is, like, a true story. I mean, at least according to the daughter. Um, but knowing Joan Crawford and her feud with, um, you know, Betty Davis, like, I believe it to be true. Like, I don't think a daughter would just make this shit up. Like, the, like the details are so, like, the wire hangers, the chopping off the hair, the charity, like, and you know. I don't, and clearly she obviously took over her role because that really happened. So, like, mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Um, Joan Crawford was a fucking bitch. And, you know, I, she did end up, like, pretty much dying alone. Well, yeah, okay, so, so Lacey, okay, um, I will admit that I did not wa- re-watch this. I've seen it, like, I've seen it probably three, four times. I didn't want to pay to rent it, so I started just watching, like, highlights of the movie and just <laughs> let it play. And it got into um, an interview with Christina Crawford, the the daughter, uh, mm-hmm. that was on TV, like, as the book came out. Um, and, like... I started going down this rabbit hole, like this deep dive of like, is she, is she telling the truth? Is she not? Blah, blah, blah. Um, there was a big thing after it that, uh, she got written out of the will. She and Christopher who are in the movie, uh, they both got written out of the will. Um, and, but they had, she had two other adoptive kids who say she was the, the greatest mom ever. And there are a lot of Hollywood people who have spoken out to say, oh, Joan was the greatest person, blah, blah, blah. It's, the controversy between that is, like, really odd. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting. I, like, the movie itself is just campy as fuck. And it's it's hilarious and great. <laughs> I mean, it is sad. I mean, I hate to say hilarious. But, I mean, it is just over the top. But, like, looking, like, going through and reading articles from different people. Like, Vanity Fair, like, published something in 2008 that was basically, like, Christina Crawford is still just a lying bitch and Joan Crawford <laughs> is our best friend ever. You know? <laughs> like, okay, you know. Well, but Joan Crawford I, also had, like, you know, the tabloids in her pocket. Yeah. Right. And, and like, like, she was, she was very product placement as well. You know, like, the Pepsi thing, like, that was even put into the feud portion of it. Um, or uh, the show um and so i don't know like some of the facts have to be true here yeah I think, and, Chris- like, and also like the those other two girls that she ended up adopting it was like a bit later i think yeah, they were and like way they younger. yeah and it's possible like you see it all the time like sometimes parents abuse like one kid and not yeah. like the other like so they actually might have had a great life and she might have just like you know, had something against Christina. I think and, she was jealous of right. her. Yeah. 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 Well, and what, what Christina said in that interview, too, it was, I mean, she was like, you know, this, I, I don't want this to, essentially, I don't want this to hurt my mother's uh, legacy, because what her legacy is, you know, is her career, and she, you know, she really is a great, was a great actress, and, and whatever, and that she didn't, it wasn't all bad times. They actually had some really good times together. Um, and well, then this, this movie doesn't really This movie doesn't make it look like yeah. that at all, right? Yeah. Yeah. So and maybe she was just trying to sugarcoat it because she was, she was contesting the will as well. Um, but yeah, she was saying that her mother, you know, they, they had great things. And then the interviewer said, well, why, why did your mother even adopt you? And she said, oh, I think she really did want a kid. But once she got a kid, she realized it was a lot more than she was prepared for. Mm. And so, I mean, she still even was kind of 
making excuses for her mom. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So what did you think of Mommy Dearest, Nikki? I really enjoyed this film. This was the second time I had seen it. I'd seen it once a long time ago. The movie, the way that it starts is pretty brilliant in the sense of you're already getting a sense for what type of person Joan is. She's going around, she's cleaning her house and how she treats her cleaning staff. Um, She's going around and they're doing like this test where she's looking for dust and there's this vase and she moves it out of the way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She moves this, she moves this vase out of the way and there's like this ring of dirt. And she was like, how could you overlook this? And, (laughs) and then like you see the ultimate gaslight after like she tones down and she looks up at her. She's like, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the dirt. And (laughs) And it was just like, okay, so you're you're starting to see where this is going. And then, like, her her man uh, comes through the door, and she's like, take off your shoes. And he's like, are socks okay? And she goes, oh, socks are okay. And then she fucking walks up the <laughs> stairs in her high heels. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it, you see what type of person she is before she even adopts any children. Um, the, the abusive scenes throughout this, um, especially when Christina was younger, those, those are pretty difficult to watch. Um, yeah, Joan is over the top for the most part in, in how she's bringing this across. But then again, you're like asking yourself, is she really over the top? Because, um, like the authenticity that the little girl exudes in the scenes, you really feel for her. And like like the scene where after the wire hangers and she's in the bathroom and she's cleaning up all the powder, like the mess that she made, she's telling her young daughter to pick up. And then I, I was a little confused. Why was Christopher strapped to his bed? Like, yeah, <laughs> strapped in, but he could easily just get out. Yeah. Strap himself back in. Maybe he was I, a sleepwalker. Yeah, I <laughs> that's what I thought. It was something like that. He was like getting up and peeing in the middle of the night or something. But yeah, they don't, it's really stupid. In the movie, they don't even like highlight that. It's just that one scene of him. It's just a torture. Yeah, they don't dive into it. So you're just like, why is he strapped to his bed? Yeah, like you have to read into that yourself. It's like, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's weird. Um, But yeah, the, as the story progresses and she gets older, you see how she's still is showing love to her mom, but you could see that she's holding on to all this resentment and this anger and she just holds it in, holds it in, holds it in. And like, there's even a scene where her mom comes to her apartment and gives her like these like really nice pearls. And it, I don't know if that was like, like Joan's way of just kind of keeping her daughter in a certain mindset because she knew she had that power over her. Um, but the ending of this really gave me chills because, like, after they f- they find out about the the will and that they're they're written out of it, her Christopher the the son he's like, man, she has the last word once again, and the daughter's like, does she? Does she? And watching that, it gave me chills because it's like, well, now she has the opportunity to come forward with her story and tell what really happened. And I I do feel um, on an energetic level that 
she's telling the truth. So, I, I, well, I did think there were some parts of the story that was cheesy. I think this was very well done that, that showed um, what a mother who is very abusive and narcissistic and controlling, I, I think Faye Dunaway did brilliant with this role. I, I enjoyed this film. What about you, Zach? <clears throat> oh, I mean, you know, it sums it up. But my, one of my favorite quotes in this movie is, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm covered in Ajax. No, um, I, I love this movie. I've seen this movie hundreds of times. And I, it's almost like a gay card, you know, way, you know, it's like your admission into gay life. You have to know this movie, at least if you're gay of a certain age. <laughs> and so, because we, the gay community constantly, I see memes all the time about this movie. I mean, my friends and I, we make, we do drinking games over certain things that they say and certain things that Joan Crawford says in this movie. And there's just so many memorable lines, like the no wire hangers, and then uh, Tina, bring me the axe, and you know, and I should have known. I should have known where you could find the boys and the booze, and the why can't you treat me like anyone off the street? Because I'm not one of your fans, and that just sets her over the edge. And uh, the tear down that bitch of a wall and put a window where it ought to be. And the, and the last is the and the last is the don't fuck with me, fellas. This ain't my first time at the rodeo. But, but yeah, there's I mean, there's just so many good things about this movie, and it's just so campy and but so amazing at the same time. And fucking uh, Faye Dunaway is. She is a monster in this movie. And, like, I, you know, I, I, I don't even think she was Joan Crawford. She was just something from another planet. And, like, I think a lot of times, a lot in a lot of scenes, she reminded me of Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror. You know, like, her hair was, like, fucking puff, curly and crazy. And she had these wide shoulder pads and just her body movements. And so she, I was, like, she, like, reminds me of Tim Curry, you know? And then... The scene where uh, Tina, Tina and Christopher are playing outside, and uh, Joan Crawford's trying to rest, and she shouts at them, "You know, Tina, damn it! I needed some rest today." <laughs> and then Christina brings up the tea, and just how Joan is looking at her, she's like looking at her from like, she's kind of giving her the side eye, the shifty eyes, and her wild hair and gloves. And, She's just, she is a villain in this movie. And I, I think <clears throat> it's, it's great. And obviously if we dug deeper into it from not only from Christina's perspective, but obviously there's a lot of trauma from Joan, you know, probably yeah. for, upper, uh, for how she was raised and how Hollywood is and was at the time. And I'm sure there, there's so much to be dissected just from, and from the two, you know, separate and together. Um, I also was amazed at how her eyebrows changed in the movie. <laughs> like sometimes they were thicker and then other times. Um, but yeah, it was, it's funny. And it's one of those movies that 
I don't know if you know, but like Faye Dunaway will refuses to talk about to this day. You know, it kind of ruined her career for a long time. And there's a YouTube clip where she's, I guess, calling an agent or something. And she leaves this long answering machine message about how she will not talk about the mommy dearest. And I guess it's on her like her list of no not to ask about when she's interviewed. But I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of uh like old Hollywood and, and like you, Lacey, I love Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. And I think even like with the, the show feud is I kind of feel like Ryan Murphy was trying to paint her in a little bit of a different picture because her career got so tarnished because of this movie, you know, where it was like, I think there was like one scene where she kind of like brushed off the idea of writing to Christina, but then she secretly wrote a letter to her, like on the card that the twins wrote. I don't know. I think it's been so long since I've seen that. But wasn't her last movie like something so ridiculous, like Spacey with like an ape or something? Or yes, it was called <laughs> uh, like Krog or something. It was yes, like space ape. Trog, like it's like one of the, Trog. Yeah, it was like one of the worst movies yes. ever made. <laughs> it was yes. her last performance, which is kind of sad. Her last movie. Yeah, and yeah. I'm wearing, like I said earlier, I'm wearing a Joan Crawford shirt where she's holding the axe from a movie <laughs> she did called Hatchet. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I love this movie, and yeah, I can't say enough about it and seen it a million times. All right, Carly. Um, this is one that I had seen when I was a kid a few times, actually. My mom and I would watch this together. So I I remember, you know, a lot of the, like, main highlight scenes, like the whole <laughs> the scene with the meat that's, like, rare and she's not eating it. And he, she makes her <laughs> sit at the table and it's, like, nighttime and that type of stuff. And then, of course, the wire hangers and the, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, the whole giving up all her toys to uh, charity and stuff. Um, so I was curious to rewatch this. I always remembered it being, you know, more hard to watch than it is. Um, I think it definitely feels a little dated with uh, some of the acting and such. And uh, some some stuff does come off as a little ridiculous. But um, I think that, like, I like Faye Dunaway in it. I think she does a really good job as Joan Crawford. And I think she actually looks, a good they made her look a good bit like her um i i feel like you know it's like a two hour i think it's a little over two hours actually a movie and i feel like two hours and eight minutes i feel like even with it being that long i almost feel like it's missing so like i feel like it kind of skips ahead a lot in the film more than i remembered and uh like it's a lot of scenes just scenes yeah yeah it really is and then it just kind of jumps to her as an adult, what you have, what's her name? Diana, some, the girl from Psycho. Yeah. <clears throat> Chick from Psycho 3, which it, I I don't know. Her acting in this movie is a little off-putting to me at times. Like that whole scene of like, why did you adopt me? Like I, it, it comes off as a little funny. <laughs> like, like why I, did her hair look the same as it did when she got it cut? It's awful. She had like she Donald like, Trump hair. Yeah, like like Temple little kid or something, but she's like in her twenties. It's it's really off putting, but um, 
No, but I enjoy. I I did enjoy this rewatch of the movie. Um, I think, like I said, I think it's a little dated. I think it has its flaws, but um, I it's it's a very interesting story throughout. Like I said, I feel like it's not overly cohesive. I feel like it, it skips ahead a lot because I'm sure there's a lot to tell. I think it's kind of funny once she gets older. You don't you don't even see her brother again until the mom dies. It's just like he's like, oh, here I am again, Christopher, and um, everyone for. <laughs> yeah but um the whole you know writing out of the will i agree with nikki like even when she just repeated that like i got chills at the end um you know when she says like does she have the last word and then it kind of it's just like a freeze frame of her face while the credits roll and stuff um <laughs> but it's <laughs> yeah so there's a lot of goofiness um it's not like the hardest to watch child abuse movie i've ever seen um i, I looked it up that little girl actually got one of those Razzie awards for like worst performance. Aww, I don't Aww. think she did it bad. I know. I actually liked it. It like, was the it best me, one. Yeah. yeah. So it made me feel stupid for liking her. And that, I know those awards are like bullshit, but I was like, I thought she was good. Like, I think she did a good job, but yeah, I like this. I'm glad, I'm glad this gave me a reason to revisit it after all these years. Right on. All right. So that's mommy dears. Anybody else have anything to say about that one? Uh, yeah, just one really quick thing. You know, I mean, I kind of like the initial intention that it seemed like Joan was trying to have with her kids <laughs> in, in the terms of like not trying to like spoil them too much or to like, you know, just cover them and, you know, and try to make them be more independent in a lot of ways. But it's it, it's just so, you know, she's obviously has a loose cannon, but like is, is a loose cannon. But I mean, I, 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 I kind of like how she was trying to, you know, like, oh, you can only keep a, like one toy or two toys and we're going to, you know, obviously it was a publicity thing too, but at the mm. same time, it's like, it's kind of cool. Like, I mean, like, I don't know if it's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. mean, I just mean right, like the the trying thing. to like reel in the, like the privilege or, you know, yeah. But, I don't know if that was really what she was trying to go for, but it, that's, I guess, just how I. Yeah, I think she it. was trying. Yeah, she was trying to like parent them in a way where they wouldn't be spoiled brats getting handed everything mm -hmm. growing up, but it kind of turned into pure like yeah. abuse and stuff. Like <laughs> totally. it was just like too, totally. way too strict, over the top. Yeah, exactly. One, one thing that I think also came through very well in the movie was how young Christina, she she wasn't afraid to stand up to Joan either. I think that's why Joan had the energy towards her that she did. I think she was intimidated by her. Like, there's that scene where she's like, you sit down and you eat that prime rib rare. And she sits there <laughs> all night and she doesn't back down. She doesn't eat it. And... Mm -hmm. That happened that as, as the steak is like rotting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's Nikki. like it's bleeding. She goes, "Well, stop pushing on it." <laughs> no, Nikki. Do you remember when I ordered a steak rare because I thought that's like what you were supposed to do, and I didn't realize yes. it was bloody, and like they made me eat the whole thing because that's how I ordered it. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. To get more trauma from Lacey Lou. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and the other, the other thing is too. I, I love that Joan has such loyalty to her fans and like realized that that they're the reason she was there. You know how a lot of celebrities and people just 
don't have that mindset or, you know, they get kind of, you know, dis kind of like disenchanted over that kind of stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah. I do like that she had loyalty to her fans. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and um, aside from all of the abusive behavior in the film, that scene where she owns that room of men mm-hmm. uh, when they're like trying to write her out of like the board yeah. of directors and she she somehow managed to like change their minds. I was like, whoa. They're they're exactly. like I'm sorry, Miss Crawford. We didn't realize you had such a fascination with staying with the company. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, damn it! <laughs> I'm mad. <laughs> growing, growing up, I didn't know this was like about a real accuracy either. So that made it all the more. In- I mean, I found it like I found it out before this rewatch, but I was like, oh, I, you know, when I was a kid, I just thought it was like a typical abuse story I didn't realize it was about Joan Crawford so um yeah that makes it all the more you know like I like I said it's kind of a shame because it really highlights all her bad parts in this movie and doesn't really keep the legacy looking too shabby looking too good there (laughs) but yeah uh, and she's made some good movies yeah Mm -hmm. all right well, let's go on to our next pick, which is from Miss Carly. Um, you chose Flowers in the Attic. I did, I did. Um, Flowers in the Attic, I think it's from 1987. And uh, this is one, another one that my mom <laughs> introduced me to, actually. Um, she really liked the series, you know, the book series growing up. Um, I never read the book I've always been curious on it but I never have gotten around reading uh any of the Dollinger books but she liked it and she liked the movie as well so she showed it to me um trying to think I was probably like 12 or something like that I was like a little bit older but um and I find this movie very you know just disturbing and depressing and I felt bad that Lacey was watching it the other night is like she's like you posted you're like I'm trying to keep my mind off things I'm like this is the worst movie to be watching <laughs> to to do any of that but um because this one really this one I really don't re-watch a ton because it does it's a it's a real downer of a movie through and through uh the score in the film is very depressing in itself um yeah, it's it's a good score, but it's just very it's so like sad and melodramatic sad. and stuff. <laughs> but I think uh, you know the grandma in the movie is just so so, ugh, so sinister and ruthless, and it's so sad to think like that's their grandmother, and she just you know to find out you have these grandparents that don't know you exist and they hate you and all this stuff, and then the mom turns into what she, she turns out to be a bad person and just completely has basically a plan to poison the kids slowly and forget they even exist. Um, I just think it's a really, it's the perfect film when you're talking about abusive mothers. Cause you pretty much got two abusive mothers in this movie. And uh, the whole vibe of the movie kind of reminds me of something like the diary of Anne Frank, where you're just, that these people are stuck in this attic for just years and uh, not really able to go anywhere else besides just their bedroom and stuff. And they're kind of making a living up there. And then you got the 
twins that aren't in school and it's just uh all around just such a downer of a movie um i can't stand christopher in this movie because he's an idiot he just keeps saying like no mom's gonna come back for us i swear it's like it's like bro like 14 <laughs> years have gone by like she's not coming but, like you guys are you're all pale you're all dying you're drinking each other's blood like she doesn't care about you bro so like naive <laughs> And it's like, dude, like, you guys had so many chances to, like, try to make your escape and stuff. And he's just like, oh, no, mom, we'll just wait it out. And it's it's so annoying. But, um, yeah, but I've always liked this movie. Like I said, it's not very rewatchable to me because you have to be in the right mindset to watch it. But I think it's good stuff. And, again, I haven't read the book, so I don't know how... <laughs> probably those Lifetime movies seem like they're probably more accurate to the book, but I, I, you know, those films are a little over the top with the incesty stuff and the and such. But um, <laughs> yeah, so what do you guys, what do you guys think of this movie, Zach? Uh, well, I love this movie. I I grew up watching this movie. Funny enough, my grandma introduced me to it. <laughs> but, evil grandma movie. Grandma. My evil, my loving grandma, and uh, yeah, introduced Your me grandma's to the evil now grandma. an honorary slumber party gal. Oh, she's a total. She would be a grandma slut, and she would wear it proudly. <laughs> yes. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I've always loved this movie, and I've always had a fascination with it, and. I remember I, I have actually read at least the first set of novels. I know that they've since wrote a bunch more. And so there are a lot of differences and in, in, in stuff like that. And there definitely is that incest in there, which is awkward. Um, but uh, yeah, this but this film, I yeah, I've always I, I loved I think it's it's so it is dark and and sad and uh like Carly said the the score is beautiful but sad you know the aria like I have it on my phone actually I listen to it every once in a while but um uh some observant of observance of the film when I was watching it this time is that house looked musty as fuck that smells like (laughs) an old museum house you know like when you walk in these like landmarks I'm like this house looks like it stinks (laughs) and no one's cleaning that place (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and why are the grandfather's nails so goddamn long? Yeah. Oh my god, I was gonna say that it's like Grandpa Joe's coke now and fucking totally. <laughs> like, but he had all coke nails. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's, I was like, cut them damn nails, Jesus Christ! Why like, nobody cares for this man. man. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly, exactly, and um. You know, Christy Swanson uh, is the main star in this movie, I think. I mean, aside from the Louise Fletcher as the grandma, and she's the the sister, Kathy. The only, the one thing I wrote about this this time is Christy shouting is not acting. <laughs> she shouted <laughs> yeah. all the time in this movie. Yeah, especially at the <laughs> end. Mother! Like, Eat the cookie, mother! how could you do this to like on and on yeah okay girl she had one mode this whole movie (laughs) understandably of course but just the whole the whole story is is odd anyway and I just I love it and I I do think it's just very sinister about you know obviously religion religion plays a huge part into this and how religion can 
make a person crazy or any type of belief where people will just blindly follow. And, and it's funny how they come up with their own ideas of what they, I guess, pull from the fictional novel called the Bible and, and kind of place that in life. And, you know, the interesting thing with the, the wife or the mom, or I'm sorry, the daughter who had to get 17 years of slashes for every year that she stayed with this guy that was supposed, that was her uncle, that I guess that's who she ended up marrying yeah. and having kids with. And um, so, uh, and the story is that she had to keep the kids silent. So she would be put back into the inheritance from the grandfather. And then once he died, then she would free the kids. But we all know that that was not part of the plan. And, and then in the contract, it said that if they, if, if word ever got out that they had, that she had kids with the husband, that she would still be disinherited. So then yeah, why the would was, they even was, bring the kids fucking there? Like, just would, like right? leave them. Why did she just murder them? Why was she going to like poison them slowly? Why didn't she just murder exactly. them and bury them in the backyard? Like they did exactly. with the little Corey. Oh, yeah. Right. And Corey was the only one eating these cookies. My fat ass would be dead because I like cookies. Right. Like immediately. You know? I, would, I could not resist them sitting there. Like the so. little rat died and that's how they figured it out. Yeah, he took like two little bites of it, you know, but it's like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> the rat's yeah. dead now. <laughs> You know what would have been interesting is I heard that Wes Craven actually wrote a screenplay for it. And I guess they were going to include the incest in it. And I, that would have been interesting to see what what kind of film that would have been if if he decided to direct it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Rebecca, what's your take on Flowers in the Attic? You know, I haven't seen this for a very long time, but I was one of those uh, horny teenage girls who read this book. Um, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, I mean, we didn't read it for the story, people. We read it for the sex. And uh, so I do remember when I first saw the movie, I was underwhelmed because I felt like it just wasn't, it didn't live up to the book. Um, mm -hmm. But watching it this time, I, I forgot how good the movie actually is. Um, and I really... I don't know. Like, I, I question so many things. Like, the mom. Why didn't the mom just get a job? Why didn't they <laughs> sell the house before it got taken away? Um, it, it, there are just so many questions. Like, it is almost like a soap opera where you just have to, you just have to, like, check your brain at the door for, like, all the setup before they get there. Um, but, yeah, the, the feeling of isolation and, like, claustrophobia and is... I mean, it's it's really uncomfortable. And the fact that these two teenagers have to become like mom and dad to their little brother and sister. I mean, it makes sense. It, you know, now that I'm older, it does make sense. The incest part, um, because they were like they they were just having to create their own family um, and kind of just make do with what they had. Um mm. And I do like in the movie, too, that as they, you know, as they start getting poisoned, I guess, their faces are so incredibly white. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're already, like, Aryan nation, but then, like, you know, then their faces turn pale, and it's like, you feel like you're watching, uh, oh, what's the what the one movie with the blonde kids? Uh, oh, uh, The Village of the Damned? Yes, the Damned. yes. 
But I mean, they did a good job, like putting them in baggier clothes. So they did look like they were, you know, really gaunt and losing weight. Um, and yeah, I'm with you, Christopher, like he really hindered things. I think, I think if Christopher had not been so like supportive of mom, I think that they could have figured out how to get out early on. Um, and why, why don't they just ever just bash grandma over the head and get, you know, just make a plan to like, just start <laughs> systematically. Like these are old people. Like everyone that's in the house is elderly. Like you can't just like, you guys are strong 17 year old kids. You could beat the crap out yeah, of them. Just, just leave. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, you just break a table apart. Each of you take a leg, you know, start bashing the fucking old people over the head as you walk out the door. I mean, <sighs> whatever. I mean, it, it literally ends with them just walking out the door. <laughs> I know. Like, holding hands. And <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. So like, there are no police that come there. That, okay, uh, I was yeah, I was gonna say that. I always thought that too. Like they just walk off into the abyss, and they're like, <laughs> oh, well, she's like, I got a job to put my brother through medical school. Like that must have been nice to live in those times where you could <laughs> right, afford to do that. Yeah. But, and it's like, yeah, did they just go? Where did they live after that? Like, you would have had to tell someone, like, hey, we just murdered our mom. And, like, we <laughs> well, were locked well, in an yeah. attic for all these years. Was the, was, the family, was the family so prideful that, like, she died? They told whoever that the family died. Or, I mean, that she died by accident or because they yeah. don't admit to children still? Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, it's just all bizarre. But, yeah, it's very uncomfortable. And then when the mom pretends, like, she doesn't know them. That's, that's mm -hmm. like, to me, that's the ultimate, like, slap in the face. Yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. Nikki? Yeah, Carly, I have to give you props. You managed to find a film that not only had one garbage mother, but two. So yeah. um, I think that brought a very interesting concept to the story, seeing where the abuse stemmed from first and foremost with the grandma and how that affected the mother throughout the film and how she just descended so quickly once they moved back into that house like at first it's like yes i i will return i love you guys i'm just we're just waiting a little bit longer here and then to just see the story progress into what happens it was really interesting to watch i really love this film but it does piss me off. And tell us about it, it sister. <laughs> yeah. It, well, <laughs> my heart really goes out to young Corey in this. Like, they cast him so perfectly in this role. Like, you feel his genuine childlike essence. And, like, the when he's speaking to the butler, he's like, hi, John. And John just doesn't give a fuck. And it just makes you so mad because... Corey's this sweet little boy and just the way that the adults acted in this film, it just makes you so mad. And yes, this is very highly um, enriched with incest, but at the same time, as I'm watching this film, it was less about that for me. And the fact that these, these are human beings that are being treated this way. Like I don't care about, that in this moment while I'm watching the abuse and the, the misconduct that is taking place to these children. Like it wasn't right. And it, it just makes me so mad. Um, so this movie is definitely one that tar tugs at my heartstrings. And, and that, and that's not me condoning 
incest. This is just about moral human decency and how people are treated. Um, but the mother in this and the grandmother, it, you, you really see the grandma and how she projected her beliefs with religion, what you were talking about, Zach, onto um, the children here and like how when she walked in the room in that one scene and finds that the two older children are sleeping in a bed and the two younger, like that just like completely set her off. And um, it, it was just so interesting that something like that could make someone so mad. Um, and it, it, just, it really makes you question things, this film does. And I, I do agree with you too, Rebecca. I do think that they totally could have figured a way out of there because by the time um, Christopher figures out like hitting the grandma and running out, he, he could have figured that out sooner, I believe, and at the age that they are at. And it, yeah, the film just <laughs> definitely evokes a lot of emotions. And it's a very well done film. I actually never did read the book Um but I, w- I would be interested in, in seeing what the comparison is between the two. At, at, with the arguments you guys have been bringing up here, it sounds like it's ver- the book is much more than the movie. The movie is much more mild than the book, it sounds like. Um, but yeah, this is a, it's a really good movie. I think the other thing that the book does that is not a fault of the movie, it's just that when you're reading a book, it takes you a lot longer to read the book. It makes Mm -hmm. it feel like they're there a lot longer than you feel with the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's some, there's some really cool stuff that happens. You know, I don't know how much I would want to spoil, but like the the mom doesn't die the way she dies in, (coughs) in movie, you know, and actually she, uh, I don't know. Okay. I'm going to spoil it. I don't care. Yeah. Fucking do it. Okay. So (laughs) she doesn't die in the first book, but they end up leaving. And so then you know, Kathy, they all kind of become, have their dreams and she kind of becomes a dancer and Chris goes to medical school and stuff like that. But what's great, like, I love the second book, actually, because then Kathy actually goes back to that house and she kind of gets revenge on the grandmother and there's just so much more, it just goes on and on. So it's like how they kind of ended this, the movie seemed like it would make it a little bit harder to make a sequel. But I th- I thought they were, you know, the books were really fun. And yeah, and like you said, you read it. So it, it does feel like it's a lot longer than being in this attic. And obviously more stuff happens in the books and and stuff like that. So it's, they're, they're a fun read, I think, you know, at least for me anyway. <laughs> yeah, I've never read the books either. But like, I, um, I'm pretty sure that the um, Lifetime movies that they made a few years back um, are more true to... Um, yeah, mom, the mom's alive at the end of the, the Lifetime yeah. movie, I remember, so... But the funny thing is, so, like, I was watching this uh, yesterday, right? And um, I was watching it on Prime, and sometimes Prime, like, gets things wrong, like, because, like, I had to, like, pause it for a second, and but Prime will, like, show you, like what characters are like supposedly on screen, like what actors are playing who and what. 
And for some reason, I forgot Heather Graham was in the remake of the Lifetime movie. So, like, it had the cast of, like, the the remake up. And so, like, it said, like, Heather Graham. And I completely forgot. So, I was thinking that, I was like, Heather Graham's in this? <laughs> so, so, like, I was convinced there that um, Heather Graham was uh, Kathy. <laughs> the little girl <laughs> like even though it said Corinne like my brain just was not computing like obviously I've been going through right, a lot yeah. and so like I was like Heather Graham's the little girl how does that even make sense like it's so, like, <laughs> like but Prime had gotten it wrong too so like it was just like my brain was like on overload and so I was like so excited I was like and Heather Graham was like I was thinking already what I was going to say on this episode like as I'm watching it like, because I had to pause it, and I was, like, going to come. I'm, like, can you guys believe that was Heather Grant? <laughs> Guess a little girl. <laughs> I was, like, it doesn't really look like her. <laughs> At all. Like, what? And then, like, I don't know what it was that, like, made me realize, like, it wasn't fucking her. Um, but um, I that somehow I remembered that it was uh, that she played the mom in the, the Lifetime movie. But I was convinced for at least 20 minutes that the little girl was Heather Graham. <laughs> so, and I oh, I was looking up Kiernan Ship. What's her name? Kiernan Shipka? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, wait, she couldn't be that young. <laughs> well, not, was, was that- it? No, like, what was the, so, was Kathy Christy Swanson's character? Yes. Okay, no, I was thinking it was the little girl. What was her name? Carrie. Uh, Carrie, yeah, yeah, I thought thought she was Carrie. So, like, the entire time I'm thinking that that's fucking Heather Graham, because I obviously (laughs) knew Christy Swanson was the other one. But, um, like, that shows you how, like, fried my brain is. And there was, like, a moment in the movie, and, like, obviously, when I texted you guys, like, I thought I'd be fine, like, watching it, but then, like, when they're on the bus or whatever it is to the grandmother's house and um, Mm. Christy Swanson is talking, she was like, why do you think they never gave us a pet? Or, like, we never had a pet. We never had to see death, you know, a pet die. And and I'm just like, oh, my God. And, like, it was just like, because it's, like, it's so fresh and, like, just, you know, so, like, I was like, I can't finish this right now. (laughs) So I like messaged you guys and I was like, we're still doing the episode. But like Flowers in the Attic is like the worst choice right now. (laughs) Just just because of that conversation. And, you know, like I just miss my poor girl. um, And then also it's like Christy Swanson yelling again on the bus. I'm like, the mom didn't hear that? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, death. Death, Death. (laughs) (laughs) and um you you brought up the lashings or whatever so like i'm like trying like i'm picturing like fucking grandpa from texas chainsaw like like, because like i'm picturing the old man in the bed with like was it his nails that were giving her the lashings yeah like i mean i'm thinking that might have been what it was but um and i'm thinking like what would her new husband that she's about to marry like bitch your back is sexy like i don't know you know like i'm trying to picture like how he like how she explains that because obviously that shit's gonna fucking scar yeah Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure you know and i don't know um it was really sad and like nikki said like when the little boy is getting carried out and he's like 
hi, John. You know, like, it just, like, it really does, like, this movie, like, I liked it growing up, but, like, for some reason, it always bothered me. And I mentioned before in other episodes to where, like, anytime anybody gets, like, hung or, like, there's a hanging just because of the omen, um, you know, it just has always bothered me. So, like, I just always remembered the mom getting, like, hung at the end somehow. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. This time watching it, I seem to be more focused on her wedding shoes, which were, like, witch white boots. (laughs) I always... Since I was young, this must have been a tall tell sign I was gay, but I always checked out those boots. Like, what was with the boots? Like, for real. Like, I was like, I was like that's a choice. Like, that's a choice. And I remember it 30 years later still. I'm always like, the boots. There's but, the boots. And it reminds me of, like, you know, Hocus Pocus, like, when they hang them and, like, you see their boots. So, like, I was, like, having flashbacks of Hocus Pocus while watching this as well. So, yeah. um, <laughs> well, she was um, a witch. Do you remember the scene at the end when they confront the mom uh, at the wedding? And he's like, we have proof of your, your ill behavior. This rat ate the powder <laughs> and he just like throws the rat at the mom <laughs> you're like how does that prove anything that you have a dead you're like, right, a dead like, mouse. like you how just about the fact that you look you all look like Aryan children it's like <laughs> unmistakable that she's her their mother but no we've got proof not dna like you look Got like the people out from under the fucking <laughs> stairs. Like you look like you just walked in off the fucking street, like out of the sewer. Like Yeah. And the, the other two things that I kind of stuck out for me and I know um the one thing that was like really sad was the like Carrie when they're all walking down the 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 aisle to and yeah. then she sees like the other little flower girl. And like that, like juxtaposition, you know, like I, I was, that always tugged at me too. And then the other one, I, Nikki and Lacey brought up is the whole, hi, John. Do you think that John the butler had, did he, because I, I don't know how to interpret it. Like, did it seem like there he had a slight softness towards Corey at all or no? Um, maybe like, a from little. the first and the last? I felt it a little. Yeah, yeah, a little. Yeah. But then the next scene, you see him just digging a hole to bury the body. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was like, he, it didn't last long. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. And then you just see the mom, like, like I think the reveal of her, like, because you think it's the grandmother that's poisoning them. Right. Like, and then you see her, you know, being the one lacing the cookies. And, like, ah, just that moment, you're like... Oh, fuck, she really is evil, you know, because you like you don't really know until that moment. So does that mean that the other did the butler and the grandma not know about the powder on the cookies or did they know? Oh, I'm sure they knew. Yeah. And it was probably their idea. Mm -hmm. But she had to be the one to do it. Right. And what was also confusing was the whole when he was really sick right before he died. And I think the mom was kind of like... (laughs) Yeah, she was, like, stalling him or whatever. And then the grandma was like, you will take him to the hospital. Or she said something like that. So what does all that mean, you know? Like, does she Mm -hmm. want him to live or not? Or, like, is that just a way to remove the child so he could die and, you know? Like, why don't they just shoot him in the fucking head and, like, it's whatever. At this point. You know? Like, why, why play these mind games with these, 
you know, like, I, but I feel like that's like the whole thing is like the grandmother obviously wanted the children to suffer as well because she didn't even feed them for like a week. So right. like, you know, so I, I really believe that she wanted them to suffer because she believed they were born in sin. So yeah, they were on well, devil spawn. And now that we're talking about this, she might have wanted the kids to be alive just to uh, torture the mom a little as well. More. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, like, just to, to, to remind to her of her evil doings. Right, the leverage. Like you've got to live with this. Well, and why wouldn't the mother like contest the will? Like, why is she like going along with it? Like, she could have easily been like, "Look, this fucking adulteress or this incestuous bitch daughter of ours has these children here. <laughs> like, why do you want to like earn? Like, no, you're not allowed. Like, because why would she not get the money? You know, like if I was her, I'd want it all. So I would have been like, no, get the fuck out of here. Like to begin with, but like it's such a weird setup. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing was weird was the the lawn that leads to the house. Like, didn't it just look like up and down like these like steep hills and like it looked yeah. really yeah. weird. <laughs> well, and like, like we, that's supposed to like give the example of like you know isolation, like no one can even get to this house, and you're stuck there, kind of. Well, yeah, my my whole thing is like at the end when they're like walking out, like I obviously you know there's like a sequel, but like and the narration's going over, and she was like, I wonder if she's uh, or waiting my return, and if grandmother is waiting my return. Why the fuck would she be waiting your return? She wanted you dead, like. She wanted exactly like that. That line makes zero fucking sense at this point for this movie. Like, I don't think she's waiting for you. Like, I think if she really wanted to come find you, she would. Like, like why would you? Why would you go back there? Period. Like, I mean, obviously. Yeah, I mean, is she what? Is she like fucking Michael Myers or something? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, it just, it just, it's like, I, obviously we know there's, like, sequels, but at that point, like, it makes zero fucking sense. And, like, like yeah. the, the mom just fucking died, and they just let them all walk out. Yeah, and, like, there's nobody, like, running after them to check on the children. Like, or, where's like, John? <laughs> like, yeah. Where, yeah. Yeah, where, where are all the guests, the wedding guests? All you, all yeah. you saw was, was Grandma looking them in the window with the Amber Heard red makeup, you know, right. from, <laughs> when she got Amber Heard. <laughs> staring at them with her pinched face, as Christopher called her, her pinched face. <laughs> but no, I, I think this was a really good pick, Carly. Um, Thanks. Definitely. Does anybody else have anything else to say about Flowers in the Attic? I'll take that as a no. All right, Zach, why don't you tell us about your movie? Oh, gosh. Okay. <clears throat> so the... So when we were, when Mother's Day, the the theme came up, I did think of uh, what Nikki had mentioned earlier was one of the Mother's Day movies. And funny enough, uh, since Rebecca De Mornay it was in the remake, but I went ahead and chose The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Um, so th- this movie is just one of those movies from the 90s that you remember in the, like the nineties were trying to get away from horror for a while. So everything was kind of like more like a thriller and, yes. <laughs> you know, kind of like Demi Moore type weird movies. And so this one definitely falls on, I feel like falls under that. And um, so basically it's um, a housewife named Claire is pregnant with her second child and they live in this nice house in Seattle 
gloomy Seattle. And um, at a routine checkup, she is molested by her obstetrician, um, which is really a really creepy scene. Uh, so she reports him to the medical board and then other women come forward and which leads to him, the doctor killing himself. Uh, then we see that um, uh, the doctor's wife, uh, widow, is pregnant and she was is told by her lawyers that the assets are frozen because of lawsuits and his life insurance is voided out because of death by suicide and she is basically losing everything so of course that stresses her ass out she collapses <laughs> loses the baby has a hysterectomy sees on a tv about the case and it shows claire and of course then you know rebecca de mornay has evil eyes so you know something's a cooking in her brain and so then we kind of i guess Fast forward a few months, six months later, and Claire has given birth and she's looking for a nanny because God knows she's got a, she's a housewife and she needs to work on this greenhouse. And right, right. Yada, she, needs yada. To, she needs to have a full-time nanny who can make a living wage while she builds a greenhouse. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I mean, priority. <laughs> yeah. So, so she... Ends up hiring uh, Rebecca De Mornay, who now is going by the name Peyton, and uh, dear old Peyton is she's a, she's a little scallywag. She likes to undermine Claire and the household, and seeks revenge, you know, against Claire for reporting on her husband in spite of his behavior. You know, um, she's you know, pretending that like, oh, the, the earring fell out of them into the baby's mouth out of Claire's ear and how irresponsible. And, and then she's seen frequently breastfeeding the baby in secret. <laughs> so then, so then, and I mean, she, she's pumping that boob into, you know, and so, you know, and that, Wait, I gotta, that I gotta means, ask you, Zach, do you think it was really yes. her boob? I don't know. That's a good question. I was wondering that because then it like moved up to her face. Yeah. Like, so like, like usually when like, big boob? yeah, like, well, usually like when it's not the like actress, like, and they'll get like a stand in, like it doesn't show their face. You know what I mean? Right. So I was cute. But like Rebecca seems like she's the kind of actress that wouldn't mind showing her titty. Yeah. Oh, but she was but for the baby to actually latch on, it has uh, to be some kind of prosthetic, I would think. Yeah. Okay. So prosthetic booby, she <laughs> shoots that boob <laughs> in there. And well, she's probably a method actress, who knows? But um, so then, you know, she continues to cause more problems, getting uh, Claire's daughter to kind of turn against her and trying to, you know, destroys the husband's proposal for work and then tries to seduce him. Uh, she even gets um, their what would you call him? A handyman, Solomon, <laughs> who is a mentally challenged uh, a black man who, you know, very problematic in these days with certain mm -hmm. stuff who that goes on. Who moonlight as a ghostbuster. Exactly. <laughs> Who's, a, you know, a ghostbuster. But she, you know, convinces Claire that he is possibly molesting the daughter with putting her little undies in his tool drawer, whatever. <laughs> 
Because you and said then we, it the scene so... makes me so sad, you guys. I know. You're messing with my friends. You know <laughs> Anyway, so then and then and then we also have the friend Marlene, who's played by Julianne Moore, who's kind of like a femme fatale in this movie. I'm like, is she in like a 40s movie? I don't I don't feel like yeah. she's in the same movie as everybody else. But she's awesome. But she you know, has suspicions about Peyton and finds information out and realizes she's not who she says she is. She tries to get to Claire to warn, um, warn her about Peyton and Peyton MacGyver's the the greenhouse. (laughs) She walks into it and it shatters and she's, in uh, she's a murdered and covered in glass and whatever. So, uh, also Claire is uh, asthmatic, and so that's brought through the whole movie. My goodness! <laughs> oh lady. my god! Uh, okay, she... Claire gets on my nerves so much in this movie. Oh my god! <laughs> Sometimes yes, I side brother, with brother. Amen. <laughs> oh my god! Have a fucking spine, bitch. I mean, seriously. And carry your rescue inhaler. And when you take your rescue inhaler, actually inhale it in. Don't just spray it in the air and go. <clears throat> oh. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll she didn't really like breathe it in, did she? <laughs> yeah, she's fine. It yeah. cracked me up. I love that. Like Peyton would go through all of her inhalers and let them out, and like let the the, the juice out and. So it eventually Claire finds out what's going on and, um, uh, you know, talks to her husband and they kick Peyton out. And of course, Peyton, I love that Peyton gets punched in the face finally. So (laughs) she is eventually, she comes back, she attacks the husband with a, I think with a bat, right. Or with the shovel or something, knocks him down the stairs. He breaks his legs. She tries to go for the kids and the kids, uh, the daughter realizes that Peyton's a little fucking kooky. And so, <laughs> you know, keeps, you know, realizes this and they end up having a, a, a showdown between Claire and Peyton and Peyton ends up getting, she gets pushed out the window impaled on a white picket fence, which seems very fitting. So that's the story. I, I I really liked it. I, I I do think it's fun. It has some good quotes in it. It it does drag a little bit more than I remember. Um, even even her like the the things to try to throw Claire off or kind of isolate her. I I do think it it was fun, and I love the quote: "What goes around comes around." And I know we talked about some other. There's some cringy moments like the. Uh, Peyton con- confronting Solomon when he catches her breastfeeding the child and <laughs> asking him, "Are you a retard?" And yeah. you know, and don't what is it? Don't fuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, dude, Peyton, are you like a middle school like bully? Like, but are you a retard? Really? <laughs> I don't know. There's there was a lot of like problems in this movie, but it was. It's it's an it's a fun watch, I think. What about you guys? Carly. Yeah, this is one that I've definitely seen many a times. Um, I always find it to be a pretty easy watch. Um, 
And yeah, I, you know, Rebecca De Mornay, she just has those crazy eyes. And I think like she's just very, uh, you know, menacing throughout. Um, and I like <laughs> stuff Rebecca was kind of saying how the <laughs> this family is like that perfect, like, you know, I stubbed my toe, what an inconvenience type of family. And I like the contrast where it's like they have the perfect life. They have the daughter. They just had a new baby. The husband and wife are so in love and they have a nice house. They have a, a retard fixing a fence for them. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, just everything you could ever want. Um, but <laughs> and then you have Peyton, who uh, went through such horrible trauma, like her whole life just fell apart, like beneath her feet. Like she would have had a good life because she was married to a doctor and was rich, but it all came crashing down. And now she literally has nothing. And, uh, you know, there's definitely a lot of envy there. She like makes her way into. OK, first of all, would, would the news really like show a picture of no. the. Person, the like person yeah, right. and <laughs> say that's not actually action. filing a suit. Yeah, right. yeah. Let's let's give her full address on the news. You know why? Right. <laughs> she brown hair, brown eyes, weighs 130 pounds. Uh, this tall, like it just <laughs> has asthma. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah here's all every her five seconds. Like, yeah. Um, so I, I always find that fun. Like, that's super unbelievable. And then it's like months go by and, uh, this, you know, woman happens upon her conveniently and uh, gets to be the nanny. It's a very convenient type of plot, but, um, it's typical nineties thriller. Um, you know, Zach said they were kind of getting away from horror at this time, but I feel like thrillers were very strong in the nineties. Um, and this is no exception. Uh, I like I said, I find it very rewatchable. Um, it is a long, longer film as well. It's like I think it's got like almost a two-hour runtime. But I, to me, it never really gets boring. I think it's kind of a comfort food movie for me. Like again, this is one that my mom and I always liked watching, like to bring the Mother's Day theme around. But uh, she was always a big fan, and I was too. So. I like the relationship between the husband and wife. Uh, again, I like how it doesn't go the typical route of the husband ends up cheating on the wife with the crazy nanny. And, you know, the nanny just gets everyone under her belt. He kind of is like, you know, there's only one woman for me. And he's not talking but about. But he's fucking Marlene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> Even that's funny. Yeah, it's like Marlene is a past lover of his, and they're all just kind of friends. And it's just like, fine. Like, nothing ever comes out of that either. So it's like, you know, their marriage never gets torn apart like you see in a lot of these movies. Um, so I like that. I like Solomon. Um, I like Arnie Hudson's performance of him. I like when he first gets to the house with the fence, and he's like, okay, one, two, like... Nine, ten, and then he looks at him and he's like, oh, "I'm kidding," because he like, he knows they're gonna think like, "Oh God, he's like slow and he doesn't know what he's talking about." And it's like kind of funny, but um, so I like his performance. It's really sad what happens to him, and you know, I love how they buy him that bicycle. He's <laughs> little girls like 
little girl is like, I want, mommy wants to know if you want, if you need anything. And he's like, oh, I want a bike with like the, you know, the special gears and all this stuff. And then they get it for him. And then right after they get it for him, it's like, oh, you're molesting my kid. Great. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, there's just a lot going on in this movie and I, I really enjoy it. So uh, I don't really have a ton of problems with it. Nikki. Yeah, I really love this film. And there are a lot of films that really do help people speak their truth. And I think this is one of them. And I'm referring to the beginning where Claire has, she's sexually assaulted by her doctor. And I think when that scene hit you know when this movie hit theaters and people watched that it really did open eyes in terms of like what constituted sexual assault especially in terms of like even just going to the doctor and I do feel this was a progression of Claire gaining a spine because in the very beginning she goes to she she after she leaves that doctor's office, she knows what happened to her. She goes and she tells her husband and he encourages her to speak out. She's like, if you don't tell, if you don't tell on him, then he's going to do it to someone else. And she speaks out and that holds space for more women to come forward. And I, I thought that was very powerful to represent in a movie in this way. Oh, that scene is so, I forgot to even mention, like, that whole scene of her at the gynecologist is so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Like, you you feel the yeah. unease in that scene. Like, yeah. it, it is uncomfortable to watch. And it's still very relevant today, you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and um, I thought it was very badass that she, uh, I, of course, her husband had to nudge her to do it, but she spoke out and it helped to get him, well, I mean, he, obviously, he committed suicide, but he was exposed for who he was, and if she hadn't told, everyone else would have stayed silent, so I found that to be very powerful representation in this film, and I do feel it's a progression of her gaining her spine, and Peyton is the one that challenges her and helps her to gain that spine, and very, uh, narcissistic uh just manipulative snipey little ways and just how she like weaves herself into this family and like i'm remembering the scene right now where they have the dinner and she wants to prove that she is capable of being the, the nanny for the family she sees that claire's earring drops and she picks it up off the floor and she's like oh he was gonna he was gonna choke on this so it was just like you're already seeing her for the liar that she is. You're like, where is this going to (laughs) go? And yeah. And then like her breastfeeding a child that isn't hers. That was unsettling to watch even as well. Um, Claire's asthma. And I do agree when she's taking the puffs on the, the inhaler, it totally doesn't look like she's even breathing any of it in at all. Um, I totally think that could have been done better. But it was also interesting to see how Claire was 
so so timid compared to to Peyton like I'm I'm remembering the scene right now where she's getting dressed for dinner and she had this like sexy red dress picked out and uh Peyton she's like she goes yeah you should definitely wear that dress but like while she's like in the bathroom or whatever she spills perfume all over the dress and then she ends up having to wear this flower dress and her husband's like, well, what about the dress that I bought for you? And it, it like became like this big deal. It like just ruined the whole night because of what she was wearing. Okay, bro. <laughs> She's like, do um, I not look good in this dress? <laughs> yeah. Um, to be fair, had... that was an ugly fucking dress. <laughs> I was kind of holding my tongue on that, but I was like, yeah, that was like, yeah, you... like I'd be pretty yeah, disappointed if I bought this sexy ass dress for my wife and she comes down looking like she's wearing a fucking muumuu, like <laughs> with a shawl. Even like she's not the snappiest of dressers through the whole movie. I mean, she's dressed no. like a homeless guy for the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was a little bit of a grumpster for sure. <laughs> but um Oh Claire. Yeah. And but you can also see because because Claire is so spineless up until the very end, you see that she's teaching her daughter also to not stand up for herself. Now Peyton went a little far, but Peyton actually did um help you know with the secret club to the the young daughter how to um well she that was a manipulation tactic it it was it was not agreeing with it but i'm just saying that she she wasn't standing up for herself and yes that was a manipulation tactic i totally agree with that but you just see the difference between being too timid and being too much it was showing the um, one, one end of the spectrum to the other. And okay, so, but didn't you all like when Peyton goes to the playground and she fucks with that little kid? Aren't you like, <laughs> yeah, right? they all wanted to do yeah. that. Totally. But do you guys, that little boy, I don't know if you guys have seen like Richie Rich, but I'm pretty sure that little boy is Ellsworth from Richie Rich, the one who gets like poked in the butt with the fucking <laughs> and he spills his like cappuccino all over himself. That's I that little boy. I wanted a cappuccino. Yes, I wanted a cappuccino. Yes, yeah, that, that's that. So he hasn't butt. had the best luck in movies. No, no, he gets his arm twisted. <laughs> and poked in the butt. Yes, and poked in the butt. <laughs> with a fencing sword <laughs> oh lord but yeah and Solomon I really love his character I think um, the storyline that they, they added in there that added another element to the thriller just to make it even more compelling um, and and I really enjoyed the ending as well like you, you see that moment where Claire does finally get her spine she pretends that she's having an asthma attack like she's weak and that Peyton has the upper hand but no she fucking stands up and she knocks that bitch out the window like <laughs> like she came into her own and when she punched her and Rebecca DeMormay goes flying over that table that was like, <laughs> it was like a clapping moment like for real but no this is an amazing like, yeah that would be like a moment in the movie theater when everyone cheers kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, good pick, Zach. Um, 
for me, like, yeah, this is one that I grew up watching all the time as well. And um, I don't know, like, the first time you see Rebecca De Mornay, like, she's all, like, classed up, like, in the typical, like, white basic instinct kind of outfit. And mm-hmm. the next time you see her, she has the magical powers to stop a bus. And <laughs> 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 that always impressed me. Like, you know, like, like. I don't know, like, because she just, like, steps outside, and you're like, well, why the fucking bus stop all of a sudden? Like, how did it not fucking hit her, you know? Um, But, and then you see her, and she looks like fucking a commoner (laughs) compared to, so it's like, so now she's, like, posing, like, to be this nanny that she lied about hearing about at the park. Like, how did she find out that this bitch was looking for a nanny? Like, honestly. Yeah, like, oh, nanny's talk, nanny. On the park. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, but she wasn't actually a nanny though. So like, did she, she like go do like? Her. Did she like do some oh, retcon and like a recon yeah. or whatever it is and like? Well, yeah, she's been watching her. But the thing is, what happened if this woman never needed a nanny? What was gonna be her plan? Right. <laughs> like, she was gonna be drop- Solomon's helper. <laughs> so I tried to. <laughs> she, no, she she was gonna she's go gonna some- post- from the middle school. <laughs> I was going to say she's going to pose as mentally handicapped and go to the better day place <laughs> and so she could get a job there. Right. Yes, I can help with like, your greenhouse. The gutters or something. No, she's going to help with the greenhouse. But like. But no, like the fact that like she's all like dressed down the way that she is, like compared to how you see her before. Like I get like her money's tied up or whatever, but like wouldn't she still have her clothes? Like, but I mean, obviously she couldn't wear that shit if she was going to be a nanny, I suppose. But like she did a good job of like her bangs annoyed the fuck out of me. It almost looked like she was like balding in a spot because of the way like her bangs like lied. (laughs) And like, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Her bangs bothered me in risky business as well. So like. I don't know, but um, that is she is in risky business, right? I'm right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was. Okay. Um, I don't know why I was questioning myself there. Um, but I like think... you thought Heather Graham was in Flowers in the Attic. <laughs> <laughs> well, she technically was. She just was not the right one. She's she wasn't. Right. She was not the little girl. Um, <laughs> 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 but um, no, like when the husband like falls over the stairs. <laughs> and, like, um, and the wife comes down and, like, he, like, grabs her arm and, like, it's that, that like, little jump scare, like, like horror movies do or whatever, like, when somebody just reaches out and grabs you out of nowhere. And she's like, what are we going to do? He goes, my legs are broken. <laughs> like, he, doesn't, he, he does not, like, he's just, like, hanging over the side. Like, you can't see his legs, like, at all. Like, he's just, like, propping himself up and, like... I really wanted to see him just, like, crawl across the floor with his broken fucking legs. Like, exactly. call me sinister, but I really did. Like, I, I I get, like, they wanted to have, like, the women showdown or whatever between the two. Um, but I really wanted to see him, like, slither around the floor. But <laughs> He's, like, all calm, too, in that moment. He's, like, super calm. He's, like, she's in the house, Claire. Yes, I broke my leg. Like, he does not seem like he's in the least amount of pain. But, like, when... Uh, like I totally thought they might have had like an affair type going on kind of like Poison Ivy with the mm. you know like I totally thought we were going to have a scene like that between Drew Barrymore and fucking uh, the Tom Scarrett yeah Tom Scarrett <laughs> <laughs> but like you don't he's like 
I only love one woman. I don't know how, like, obviously, uh, Peyton is cray cray, but um, she took that to mean that she was the woman somehow. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, you said you loved only one woman. He goes, I was talking about my wife. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. um, yeah, no, I, I this movie is fucking hilarious. Um, and the fact that, like, the bitch almost dies, like, through her fucking inhaler, like, because she took them all out after Marlena died, or Marlene, or whatever her fucking name is. And she's, like, died on the... Like, you can see, like, how pissed, like, Rebecca de Mornay is at the fact that the ambulances are there. And, like, she's, like, whistling, and then she sees the ambulance, she's like, fuck! And so she, the, the Claire goes to the hospital, and while Claire's at the hospital, she decides to redecorate her baby's fucking uh nursery room with the nastiest <laughs> ugliest wallpaper border that's ever been created right. <laughs> and, oh my God. and then claire finds out like who she is so she like goes to fucking rebecca's house and she goes into the nursery and it's the same fucking right. <laughs> turtle wallpaper <laughs> like, turtle turtle yeah i have an original thought peyton shit you know? like, <laughs> like what did like like did you think that like Claire was just gonna die and that you were just gonna like take her spot was that like her whole plan yeah I guess because Probably. then she was gonna because then she was gonna take Claire or she was gonna take Emma and the baby and like leave like when she realized the husband wasn't falling for her antics hey <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot going on there and she's clearly like lost her mind so you know she's not thinking too clearly um it does beg the question was she was she like a little off kilter before all this happened or was she fairly normal um well i mean look at who she married well true and she probably had to be in denial she had to know like you know hey did you fondle anybody at work today did you want, well, like, clearly, like, she thought the husband was going to love her or that she was the only woman. So, yeah, I believe she had major issues of denial. Um, but what did you think of the movie overall, Rebecca? Um, this is like a 90s masterpiece. Uh, so uh, you, you guys have said it all, really. But, like, I mean, I remember when this movie came out, it was just such a phenomenon. And it's like yeah fuck yeah you know Rebecca DuMornay was just like the bitch you love to hate and um you know and there were a lot of these kind of movies like single white females another one that comes to mind like just these Mm -hmm. these thrillers that were really just high budget lifetime movies right (laughs) I mean even if you watch the beginning of it like the opening credits look like you're getting ready to watch a lifetime movie I mean it's just you know throw in a couple name actors uh maybe a little more sex than you can show on TV, a more boob, whatever. Although in this case, we just get breastfeeding boob, which is like the creepiest fucking thing ever. Like that, that is like the weirdest thing. It's uncomfortable as hell. Um, But yeah, I just, I've always loved this movie. Uh, I hate, I, I hate Claire. She gets on my nerves the whole time. I mean, I don't hate her, but I just, I hate people like her where it's like, oh, okay. You know, like I, I'm just everything. I'm just gonna go make my greenhouse for no apparent reason. Now, if it was like she was gonna start like a weed farm in her greenhouse or something, and start bringing in money for the family, I'd be totally behind it. But this greenhouse had no purpose whatsoever, 
And it's, yeah, it was just, it was bizarre and stupid. All she does is volunteer her time and throw her time away at, you know, the other greenhouse and everything. It just, it makes it, it just, I hate people like that who like try to pretend like they're just so busy. And it's like, how about you get a full-time job and try to raise a kid by yourself and pay the mortgage and, you know, da, 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 da. And then let's talk, Claire. Okay. I was going on a rant last night and Rob's like, I feel like there's a lot going on here, Beck. <laughs> a lot to unpack. I, I know. I was, I was just going off on this Claire bitch, you know? Uh, but no, I, I, I love this movie. Um, Rebecca G. Mornay was awesome. Uh, she and the husband, like when she and the husband are having their scene, like could they have found any people, any two people with like clearer blue eyes than the two of them? Right. Yeah. It was weird. Like again, it's like Children of the Damned. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love this movie. I love that it was uh, one of the ones that got picked. And I love that this is a little weird too, because it's not really bad mom it's bad mom wannabe bad mom wannabe. Bad, bad almost <laughs> yeah, mom we, yeah we've got like some different things because we've got like you know the the aunt the the mom who's playing the aunt we've got two generations of fucked up moms in flowers <laughs> in the attic mm. uh you've got um now i'm totally drawing a blank uh but yeah like, a bad adoptive see, mom right <laughs> Right, like you've just got it all, and the, the, these five just went together so well. Mm. And by the way, this is the second one set in Washington State. Oh, oh, mm. another correlation there. Is there anything else anybody wants to say about the hand that rocks the cradle? Yeah, uh, I really liked uh, talking about the blue eyes. Like, I I thought that that was a really nice touch, whether or not that was intentional or not. But I there were scenes with Rebecca De Mornay where she's they're just so piercing and they, they work so well for her uh, character. And yeah. one scene that sticks out for me is when Solomon meets her for the first time and he gets paint on her shirt and she <laughs> has that instant moment of disgust that he sees, he notices it, but she changes it so quickly. And I, I love that. And she does that a few times with him in the beginning of the movie where it's just enough to, for him to see it and to scare him. Uh, but she's so conniving that, you know, no one else would notice, but he notices. And I, that's, you know, I, I like those little details like that in movies like this. I agree. I also would like to pay homage to the scene where she stills Claire's business proposal and rips it up in yeah. a bathroom stall. <laughs> <laughs> And then she like beats the bathroom with a plunger. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bad bathroom. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Um, actually, all right. So uh, I actually wanted to bring up one more point about Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. Like, so I had posted this, and um, sometimes when I post things on Facebook, it automatically goes to my Instagram. So somebody asked if this was based off of a true story. Yeah, I swear to God, hope not. But the funny thing is, I had forgotten about this until just right now. Like I remember at the end of the movie, um, it like does give you like uh, a little snippet of like what happened to Billy or something. Yeah, it's, it's true, just it that's does. just lazy screenwriting. Is all that was. I mean, it, it's supposedly based on a novel. 
but I did not see anything that had any truth to it whatsoever. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I want. I mean, I want to read an article where you know, like a wood pallet goes through the window, and then the car flies off of a cliff into water. You know, that sounds like a oh yeah, an yeah. article. <laughs> All right. So our job isn't here to pick out the best movie, right? We're here to pick out the best worst mama. Uh, the baddest of the bad, right? So um, these movies were a lot of fucking fun. So um, we have six, because I'm going to include the grandma from Flowers in the Attic as well. So uh, we have six fucking mamas to choose from here, right? So who would you say is probably the least of the worst? Joanna Kearns. And the only reason that I'm saying this, yes, she is trying to kill somebody, but she is the only one who is not trying to kill her own child. Oh. Mm. She's doing it for her children. I would actually say Joan Crawford because she never kills anybody. Never kills anybody, right. (laughs) She's just an abusive fuck, yeah. But she's abusive. I mean, the mother from Mother Knows Best, like, doesn't really... Well, I guess she's mentally abusive. I was going to say she doesn't really, like, do any slappies or anything or anything too disturbing. Yeah. Like, like, I don't, uh, she's not, like, overly disturbing with anything she does besides the fact that she's trying to kill the husband, obviously. Well, which her I mean, plan failed. Bad. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't go through with really anything. It doesn't work out. So, I kind of feel like she's probably the least, uh intense Nikki yeah I I think I would have to agree that Joanna Kearns was the least worse out of all of the mothers that we explored today because she the movie the way that it was set up it didn't exactly um dive too much into like the relationship that she had with her daughter like I I'm willing to bet it was much more worse than what the film led on. Like the, the film kind of held it up in like a sugary light. And I what think it was Sophie B. Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it would have been, um, I think there was much more to, to show. I don't think that the, the film really did the story justice, um, especially with it being a, a true story. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with um, Joanna Kearns and Mother Knows Best as well. And I'm comfortable putting Joan Crawford um, at uh, number five. You know, I am too, because that is a good point that she never, I mean, there is the one time she's kind of strangling her, but we never really get the impression that she ever wants to kill her kids. She just, she just can't control herself. She has anger issues. And it was more like a, she was competing with her more. It was like a competition. She yeah. Tree. yeah. She killed a tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give me the axe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. She doesn't she doesn't kill anybody or like she just does like some, you know, typical abuse, I guess, like over the top. Uh lays down lays down the slappies, as I mentioned before. But yeah, it never goes too, too far. So who would you say would come in at number four? 
you know, hear me out. I'm going to say the grandmother from Flowers in the Attic for a lot of the same gonna, reasons. I was going to say a lot the of same the, thing. Yeah, because, okay, if you think about it, I mean, they are like a religious, you know, high, you know, very rich family. So if their daughter did marry her uncle, that's pretty, you know, that's, you know, that doesn't look very good on them. And then she just leaves, doesn't talk to them for 17 years, and then brings their four kids to live in the house. I mean, the mom, yeah, was she was a, a thing. But, like, how would you react? I mean, like, what, now I've got your brats and you that haven't talked when to me and whore. disgraced me. You know, yeah. And I, I think she knew about the cookies, but I don't think it was even her idea. I think it I think it was becoming very evident that the mom was the one who's like, I got to get rid of these so I can go on with my life. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm comfortable with putting the grandma in at number four. Woo. So is that truck. <laughs> is that so, the Jeep from Mom Knows Best? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Mrs. Voorhees Jeep. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Thank God. That's better. One in the same. Um, yeah. so for number three, um, I would have to go with probably Peyton. I agree. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, I she mean, is, she, she has motive. I mean, she yeah. really does have motive, and she has had some trauma happen to her. A lot of trauma. Had she, like, had maybe, like, one or two more deaths up there, and, you know, yeah. if she didn't have that rooting moment to where she does do the bullying to that kid, like, she did have, like, moments of, like, that, you know, like, that moment alone, like, she was kind of a hero, or an yeah, anti-hero, right. I guess, so um, I wouldn't say she's, like, the worst, but I think if she had, like, one or two more kills, like, had she killed Solomon... <laughs> like, oh yeah. Like, like this bitch would be fucking number one. So yeah, like, sure. she's like oh, easily sure. defeatable too. Like once they find out what's going on, it's just kind of like, okay, bitch. Like we're gonna kill you. The end. You're like yeah. a you know <laughs> basic woman. Like she doesn't have any superpowers or anything going for. Damn. And um, for me, I'm gonna put the mother from Flowers in the Attic at number one. Like I just don't think you can do anything worse than what she fucking did. Um. I, I, the bitch from Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker is fucking crazy as fuck, but, like, I think, like, on a personal emotional level, um, I feel like um, the mother from uh, Corinne uh, is probably the worst of the worst for me. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I, she, like, ruined those kids' childhood. Yeah. and like, yeah. She started the incestuous shit, and then, like, just, you know, like, she was the one who put them into that situation from the get. Yeah, that's yep. true. That's yeah, true. she's and the worst. Aunt, Aunt Sh whatever, Cheryl, is that her name? Aunt, uh, yeah. Whatever, from Nightmare Baker. She never wanted to kill Billy, but, you know, she, yeah, but Corinne wanted to kill her kids. So, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, I, yeah I agree all with four. that. <laughs> yep. And just get the inherent. She was a money-hungry whore at that point. So, yeah. Um, exactly. She can have her daddy's Freddy Krueger claws. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wow, that was a pretty easy pillow fight. No feathers flying there. Um, but that was a lot of fun to dissect all this yes. fucking movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. So coming in oh, at number six. But I'm cool. Oh, <laughs> no, you're wrong, Zach. Don't be dead I'm not. to me. I, I never come in last. 
you'll learn that fast. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So at um, all right, so coming in um, at number six, the mother knows best, uh, Joanna Kearns. I can't think of her fucking name. Anymore. I don't even, I don't even know. Did they say her? They had to have said her name. I know the so daughter was Best Laurel. Cooper. Okay, I was going to say the daughter was Laurel because she said Laurel like 4,000 times. <laughs> Laurel. 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 Um, at number five, we have the grandmother from flowers in the attic or no i'm sorry that's wrong at number five we have uh joan crawford from mommy dearest um at number four we have grandmother from flowers in the attic three we have peyton from uh the hand that rocks the cradle two aunt cheryl from butcher baker nightmare maker and our number one bad mama fucking witch boots corinne <laughs> from flowers in the attic i think carly had like an upper advantage here because she had two bad mamas in hers. Yeah, what can I say? She patted it. How does it feel <laughs> to walk away with victory, Carly? Pretty good, I must say. Like I was like, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect, and here I am, just awesome. Wow. Yeah. Good job. I'm the best. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, that wraps up our pillow fight segment. That was a long one. Yeah. Um. It but was. a lot of fucking fun. Um, when we come back, we will be doing our feature presentation. So stay tuned. Hello? Who's that? Oh, hi. Thank <laughs> you. 
celebrating Mother's Day. Um, we also have another holiday this month. Well, I mean, in the horror community, we all consider it a holiday. And it's the only one we get this year. And it's the mama that I think personally started it all, who we are honoring this episode. So they kind of coincide with each other for Mother's Day and Friday the motherfucking 13th. We are covering the original 1980 Friday the 13th. Woohoo! Woo! Yay! Like, like, I know Rebecca's fucking ecstatic to cover this one <laughs> yeah i mean talking about this movie is like a tuesday for me so yeah i said <laughs> everybody's just gonna have to shut me up but. yeah we're, we're just gonna need your cliff notes yeah um you know um yeah so um so since we're honoring mrs Voorhees here um i did pose a question in our slumber party group and actually had quite a bit of responses for it um, I said we will be covering uh, or we will be honoring the one and only Mrs. Voorhees on the next episode. So we want to know what your reaction was the first time you watched Friday the 13th and she was revealed the killer. So I just kind of want to get this stuff out of the way before we actually dive in because um, I think it might be good for some topics. So <clears throat> get some listener feedback here. Erin um, Urbina said confusion. Laugh out loud. In elementary school, I heard about the Friday the 13th franchise from older kids, eventually saw it on cable around Halloween, and was left wondering where Hockey Mouse Jason was. <laughs> uh, Rebecca posted a doll that she has of oh, Mrs. Yes. Voorhees. We're it's gonna... actually part three Mrs. Voorhees coming out of the lake. <laughs> I love it, though. That's it's my awesome. favorite um, this was an answer from, like, several people. Uh, Christian Craig said, Scream spoiled it for me. We're going to get into that. I'm going to, we're going to skip over that for now. Um, Dan said, wait, who's this bitch? And then put, okay, question mark. Um, Mike said, Mike Merriman said, it was spoiled for me growing up in the sequel era has its disadvantages. Um Scott Vincent said, the reveal was awesome. I wish there could have been a few scenes with her being all nice and sweet before the reveal, though. Um, Richard Keith Bailey said, I thought it was a great reveal. A common complaint I hear is that there was no inclusion of Pamela in any scene that may have helped one formulate who the killer turned out to be. But what they don't realize is that they were meant to slowly realize, along with Alice, in real time that Pamela is the killer, in my opinion. To me, it's like compressing a spring all the way and then s immediately releasing all of its tension on you at once rather than the gradual, so it was you all along, as is the case with most mystery flashers. The potential for shock value payout is arguably even greater using that method, especially if the killer is still not immediately known upon entering the movie and is also someone who you would immediately put your guard down around. From a purely business angle, it would be a safer way to play to potentially hook your audience because it practically guarantees a shock. And then yeah. you guys have a conversation, but I'm just going to mm -hmm. skip over it because you're going to get to say your piece. Uh, Lucas Dickinson said, I wasn't surprised as it had been spoiled for me, but I thought it was incredibly well done. And then Chi Surrett, um, a new member who just recently joined our group page, said, I already knew before, be they already said, um, I already knew before because Scream as well. 
So, um, yeah, let's get into that. Um, I remember being like eight years old watching Scream. And a lot of people had said that it had been spoiled for them because of this. So um, I knew like when Drew Barrymore was asked that question and she said it was Jason, I was like, oh, bitch, you're fucking dead. Like I like at it as an eight year old. So like, I don't know, like how that was like. And Carly, you said it was spoiled for you as well from Scream, didn't you? Yeah, because I'd never seen Friday the 13th yet. What do you mean? Like <laughs> Scream was like the second horror movie I'd ever seen. How do you go backwards? Like I feel like like you have to watch these slashers in order to like fully appreciate Scream. You know I what was I mean? Like three. <laughs> like I watched yeah, Halloween I was say, when I was like really three, young. and then well, figure like, it out, Carly. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, to be like, I have a VHS of Friday the Thirteenth, and it's confusing because it's like that red VHS with like what looks like a guy's silhouette on it holding a knife and i'm like so i was always like why is there's that that looks like it should be jason on the cover of this movie but then scream said it's not jason and i watched it and i'm like it's not jason so it's just a shitty cover but i don't know if anyone knows who i'm talking i, I had well, already Lehman sign yeah. it and he was like what the i've never seen this cover before well, mrs but- Voorhees did have like man hands yeah well, she literally did have man Tom hands. Savini's. Well, yeah. Well, it was, yeah, Tazo, the, his Tom Third Savini's yeah. assistant. Yeah, like, right. which was kind of ruined by uh, upscaling. Like, HD, you can see, like, the hair on his yeah. knuckles, but. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, um, I think that, like, I can't really, really remember, like, her being revealed, but I'm pretty sure I was probably in the same ballpark as Dan of being like, wait, who the fuck is this? Like, yeah. you know? Um, all right, it's a female killer. I, I, and, like, I think I had forgot, like, the first time that I watched Friday the 13th, I think I had forgot about the little boy drowning or something, and... Like, as she's explaining it, and, like, I had forgotten about that whole opening sequence of, like, the counselors dying and whatnot. So, I, so, it was kind of a cool reveal. Um, There's her. Yeah, what? That Jeep again. That damn Jeep, Zach. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly understanding Mother Knows Best just a little better. (laughs) It keeps muffling our dialogue. (laughs) <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, that's that, that's people driving by my house, so I apologize. That's all, Lacey Lou. Um, but no, so what is making a reference because it was happening in the movie. Mother, yeah, yeah. just some mother's <laughs> note. Mother knows best. It's a good callback. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So what did? You, all right, Rebecca, you seen this when it fucking dropped, right? No. no? So I was only five when this came out. Um. I didn't watch any, I didn't really watch horror until, probably until I watched this, but um, when I was like eight, I think, um, Friday the 13th part four was going to come out. And so, um, and I was, I was at my sister's house a lot. She had a baby and uh, it was during the summer and she needed some help. My mom needed somewhere for me to go. So I was at my sister's a lot. And uh, USA Network was playing, like, the first three for what seems like on an infinite loop. Probably not. But I I probably watched those three a million times that summer. Um, I don't really remember the first time I saw any one of them in particular. Like, those three all 
always kind of solidified as one movie in my head because of that. And so I, I don't, I just don't even know that I ever had any kind of reaction to it being Mrs. Voorhees. And it's very possible that I saw the second one before I would have seen this, the first one anyway. So it never really, I, I always liked it. I mean, you know, unpacking it, like if I were, if I had seen it and this was a standalone movie, um, I think it's really ingenious that they don't give you any inclination that this mother is stalking the kids. Uh, they just systematically, it's a whodunit, they just systematically just kill off all their red herrings. And um, so, yeah, I think it's great uh, the way that they have her just at the end. And um, she had wanted to kind of have like a couple things like her maybe sitting in her Jeep outside the cafe and all this stuff. Sean Cunningham was very adamant, like, no, we're, we're not introducing you until the very, very, very end. Um, which I, I guess part of it probably was because you only had her for like a couple days, but um, <laughs> budget, but I just, I don't know. Uh, I just was never surprised by it. And um yeah, love Mrs. Voorhees. Love me some Mrs. V. And her blue sweater. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Nikki, what did you think? I love this movie. It's one of my favorite horror films of all time. I watched it a lot growing up. And this time, so my my partner, Anthony, he I have introduced him to a lot of horror films. So when I watched it for this show, it was his first time watching it. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And so it was fun to see his reactions. And we we actually got hungry while the film was going. And we decided to, like, go get some some quick food. But we paused it. And it, it got paused right on the scene where Kevin Bacon is lying in bed. <laughs> and, and Anthony looks up at the TV and he's like, that's Kevin Bacon. Like, were you just now noticing that, you know? And... <laughs> I'm like, well, you're in for a treat. So we went <laughs> to go get food and we come back. So we're sitting down to eat and then we unpause it. Right as we unpause it, he gets stabbed right through the neck. <laughs> like Anthony just like, he's like, whoa, I, I didn't like, he didn't see that coming. Um, but it was fun to like ask him who he thought was the killer as the movie was going on. And he, obviously he had no idea because, you know, the, like what you were just talking about, the killer, Mrs. Voorhees, is revealed at the end. So that's what's really special about this film is that there's no possible way that you could guess who the killer is. And when this film came out with that, it completely changed the dynamic of the whodunit movie trope. Because it was like, oh, so we can we can kind of break the rules here. We don't have to have the killer be part of the original people that you're watching as the film goes on. And the storyline that was, you know, with Jason drowning and his mother being all bent out of shape about that and taking her revenge on the, the camp counselors, you, you it's like you in a sense you do feel for her because of why she's doing what she's doing. Um, but also the, the battle scene at the end between her and Alice is just iconic. And it, it was a lot of fun to revisit. I hadn't seen this movie in a long time and, and also watching it with Anthony since he hadn't seen it um, just to gauge his reactions. 
I, I had a lot of fun rewatching this and it definitely is a, one of the best horror films ever made, in my opinion. All right, uh, Carly, I know we spoke briefly about you um, being spoiled, but what was it like when you first watched it? Uh, to be honest, like, I don't remember a whole lot because I would have been pretty young and I probably watched it after watching Scream because I was probably like confused and my mom was probably like oh let me show you this movie then and then you'll get it (laughs) so um you know I was probably literally like four or five years old at that time so I it's hard to really recall exactly the first time I watched it but I remember thinking you know oh this is a lot like Halloween with uh, I (laughs) all the bodies at the end just kind of falling out of nowhere conveniently because they totally ripped that off and I always thought like oh every slasher must be like this where you know once everything gets revealed every dead person just comes out of the woodwork um so I remember thinking it was a lot like Halloween but at camp and uh I remember being pretty spooked by it probably more so than Halloween or Scream it just um the the whole it was just a different atmosphere and the music in it you know the score is iconic and pretty scary I would say um and to me it's like this well it definitely it it is a bloodier film I was gonna say it feels like a bloodier film but it actually kind of is you know you have the whole Kevin Bacon kill with the blood squirting up and the slit throat at the beginning always kind of got to me um even though now on you know on Blu-ray that doesn't really look too good because you could see the change up but as a kid, that was that was scary to me, and I always had to hide my eyes uh, from the death, death scenes because they seemed like just so over the top and gory at that time period. So, um, yeah, I just remember like as a kid, all these slasher films kind of felt very similar to me, but that's what I liked about them. They were like comfort food, and to me, this was like another Halloween, just like with a different setting and a different, I guess you want to call it a holiday type of thing, so that's kind of my memories of it as a child, and I've, of course, seen it like a million times since then. All right, Zach. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, I've, gosh, I've always I've always enjoyed this one too. I I don't recall how I originally seen the first one, you know, when I was so young, like two, three years old watching horror with my grandma and stuff, they all kind of blended together the, maybe the first four or five of them. And so, I mean, well, maybe I'm not okay. Like when I was like, three or four or whatever. So I think that would probably be, yeah, that would probably be till about five, part five or so. So I just remember clips from a lot of them. So, you know, I was, I was still pretty young to not really know the, like the storyline per se. And I mean, I knew that Jason was in it. And then I remember like in part two, when they'd have the flashback from the first one and, you know, Pamela (laughs) getting decapitated and, and so I think I kind of forgot, you know, growing, growing up through the eighties and, you know, movies weren't as accessible as they are now, you know, so unless you caught them on TV or, you know, went out to rent them, you know, I, I wasn't like really playing the Friday the 13th movies much. So Scream kind of reminded me, I don't think it was informate new information. It just kind of reminded me that, oh yeah, like Mrs. Voorhees 
you know, was the, uh, the initial killer. So with that, I mean, and then as time went on, I, I went back and I rewatched all of them and I've seen them all a bazillion times now at this point. And it's, it's not my favorite Friday the 13th, you know, but cause I, I, I do like more of the two, three, four kind of saga. Those are my favorite. But it's it's still really good. I, I kind of think of it in a way it's kind of like, it reminds me of like the first Purge, where that one is different compared to what they ended up going with. But at the same time, it's strangely, it's still very, it feels very much a part of the rest of the series. You know, I mean, yeah. the, the Paramount years or whatever. So it, it works. And I, I love, I think, Mrs. Voorhees is very scary and creepy. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny. I can never watch this movie now without thinking of uh, Christian Luciani from uh, Exploding Heads. He always makes the joke. I, I don't know if he made it in in Exploding Heads or his Friday the 13th podcast he used to run. But he's like, he always did her dramatic voice of like, they were making love. I I can't help but like think of him when he brings that brings it up I'm like oh my god yeah it was so dramatic and but it was fun and I met Adrian King before and she she gave me like this little copy of I guess they choreographed the the fight at the end and I guess she helped write it out and stuff so it's cool and yeah it was like is it like, yeah, kind of like a red herring at the end that, yeah, they never really introduced her. So you never really knew, but at the same time, it was, that's what was so great about it. And also there were little clues along the way, you know, the mention of like the water poisoning. Yeah. Do you think she poisoned the water? That's well, it was the water was bad. What does that mean? Or the water was bad. Yes. But did she do something to the water though? Uh, I think think that one, I think that one was not her, but that's, that was something that did happen that made it seem like maybe it was just a lot of coincidences because you had the fires and the counselors dying and then they throw in and then the water was bad. I don't, I I never thought, I thought that was just one of those things where like, so somebody could say, okay, come on, nobody could have, you know, whatever, did whatever the hell. It's yeah. just like a reason yeah. to say it's a curse, like yeah. curse, curse films yeah. or something, like where yeah. all these bad things just happen to happen in the same location. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think part of me thinks she did do all of that. I mean, just because, you know, her son was killed because, due to negligence. And in the water. Then, yeah. So then she probably just did, at least what I think, you know, she did any time that there was mention of setting up the camp again, she tried to nip it in the bud. <laughs> at least that's how I always took it and from what you know from other podcasts and stuff well but yeah it's it's a movie I, I like I love it how did she not know her son was still alive we're just talking about the first one well yeah, no <laughs> because he, he pops up at the water at the end so technically he's True. still yeah but I mean it's got to be a figment of Alice's imagination because at that point in time he would have been much older. Right. He turns like, into a mountain man. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he just like I mean, 
the whole the whole explanation of that is that was not in the movie and um they they all went to like see carrie and at the very end you know amy irving's at carrie's house and the yeah. hand pops up and it just like fucking just everybody jumped out of their seat and they were like well we want to do something like that so mm-hmm. then that's how they got the idea well let's have the kid pop out of the water you know blah 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 like just when you think everything is over so I don't think they gave it any thought. There was not any intention of making a sequel either. Uh, they didn't know that this movie was going to be what it became. So I think you just have to kind of suspend belief. Yeah, I do. What about I do the like boy? the idea that even though they didn't plan on a sequel, that the fact that she said then he's still out so there. There, yeah. I love yeah, that. that was, like, mm-hmm. it ended up working that way. Yeah, yeah. They but left I think, it open. Yeah. If that scene never would have happened, like if they didn't want to do that final scare, they probably wouldn't have had really anything. It probably would have just been like a generic, another, you know, slasher film. Cause it's like, there would just be no Jason. It would just be crazy mother. She's dead now. And like, yeah, roll credits. Yeah. Like she f- swims away to the police <laughs> and that's like, swims away to sea and that's it. Yeah. I'm telling so- you though, that when she's brought back in part three to do the same kind of jump scare at the end, that, I remember that scene more as a kid. That scared the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah, she's gross because she's got like a worm coming out of her eye and shit. You know? Yeah. Yeah, she's pretty but, like, nasty. How is her head attached? Focused. Yeah, right? well, again, it's not real. It's it's another thing imagination. When also, in regards to the weather, was it really cold? Because she was wearing yes. a sweater. It was, actually, if you, well, if you look at the very, very end, the leaves are turning, and they, they decided to do this. I think they did it once, and then it didn't turn out, so they had to do it at the very, very, very end, and it was starting to become fall. Mm -hmm. I mean, and here's the thing, like, you know, that I'm finding here, getting ready to direct a camp slasher, and just knowing trivia about movies, I mean, these places that use lakes and whatnot for filming, they can't use them during the summer because other people are using them. Mm. Um, so uh, all yeah. of these, yeah. all of these have to be done on the off season. So either in the fall or the spring, both times the water is extremely cold. <laughs> mm-hmm. And also if sense. you want it released for a certain time of year too, right? You would have to <laughs> do it at right. an opposite time. Yeah, makes sense. What did you guys think about, like, the cast of characters in Friday the 13th? Are they likable, like, or were you, like, happy when they died? I like them all except for Ned. Ned (laughs) deserved to die. I mean, he almost fucking, he almost killed... Uh, the arrow. <laughs> yeah, right. he almost killed that her. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, that's and, not funny yeah. at all. Like, <laughs> no. And she just, she just blows it off. Oh, okay. She's uh-huh. like laughing, like, oh, I can't believe it. Yes, she was kind of charmed by it, sort of. Yeah, yeah like, it. like, oh, he's flirting with me. How cute. Yeah, <laughs> my head almost got capitated. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel, I like, feel like Friday the 13th group of characters, there's always that one asshole jokester in, like, every one. Yeah. <laughs> but he really took the cake. Like, he took the prankster uh, trope. Like, he took Too it way too era. far. Yeah. Well, I feel like we need to talk about the Monopoly strip game. Like, 
So just because it's raining and like it's already like downpouring, like is is it really gonna fucking matter that you need to leave now and like just not even bother to put your clothes on? You're just gonna put on a slicker, right? <laughs> like, I I always hated that. Like yeah, well, yeah like. We're having so much fun. You're going to go fucking... And you can't just come back. Like, I know it's raining again, but, like, just go put the windows down and come back. Like, like yeah. Were they going to have, like, right. a threesome? Like I already had a shirt off. <laughs> I, I think it was just a way to... I, I don't know. It was stupid. And it was like, the only way to get her away, but... Well, yeah. Like, yeah. There could have been other... I don't know. Well, and the <laughs> fact that she goes back to... I've, I've broken this so, far, so down so many times. The fact that she goes back to her cabin to shut the windows, but then she doesn't put on normal clothes. She just leaves that trash bag raincoat on. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, and I've been to Camp Noby Bosco. Uh, I actually spent uh, September... Friday, September 13th there, 2019, mm-hmm. pre-COVID. Um. And I was like, okay, wait, you know, because this is an actual camp. It's a Boy Scout camp. And so mm. everything that's filmed, with the exception of the archery range, everything is pretty much just right there on the lake. Um, it's a huge camp, but they just used just that little area. And, like, her cabin is, like, I would say, and I'm bad with distance, so bear with me. I'd say it's, like, 30 yards from that uh, counselor cabin. But the bath, the quote-unquote bathhouse, it's, like clear on the other side of the lake why does she go there just to brush her teeth when she has a sink in her goddamn cabin it makes no sense yeah it makes yeah yeah all of it's really stupid it really is stupid but they were young and they were smoking weed too so see in this movie i always feel like it it gives me the vibe that everything's super inconveniently far away. Like to me, it's like she has yeah. to hike up mountains to get to her cabin. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, go put that, you know what I mean? Like it, cause all, all you're seeing is a scene. You're not seeing like the wide view of like, Oh, like the regular cabins right fucking there. But like, yeah, it's just, yeah. it's funny to me. Like everything yeah. just feels like it's not to get, I'm like, what kind of camp is this? Like nothing is near <laughs> each other. <laughs> what about crazy Ralph? Oh, <laughs> Oh, Ralph, you know, uh, <laughs> it's got a death curse. Yeah, I mean, he, bicycle that he probably that's probably where Solomon got his inspiration. From. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Another tie in. <laughs> he is he is like the ultimate harbinger of doom. I, I love Ralph. Actually, I wore a shirt yesterday that has his face on it. that just says Ralph was right. Oh, <laughs> Ralph was. Ralph was. was fucking right. He was That's right. That's why I feel like it was so weird that they dispatched of him so quickly in part two. Because even though he was only in like a movie and a half, he just seems like such an integral part in the series. And like yeah. it's kind of interesting when you think about it that way. Well, they kind of did the same thing with Adrian King though in like the second one. True. Yeah. True. You know, they're like all bets are off. We're killing all of our original cast and bringing in Jason. Or- he wants revenge for his mama. Like, like, I feel like, you know, I feel like that's Doug I, and Barb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do like, what's with the, what's, what's with the old Hollywood kind of things? Like the, the one jerk guy makes like a Humphrey Bogart impression. And then, 
And then the uh, other girl with her Catherine Hepburn. Hepburn I'm sorry, yeah. Lizzie. You'll always be playing. <laughs> <laughs> like, where the fuck is this shit coming from? Okay, it. <laughs> hey, it was it was the 80s. People were doing a lot of coke. Okay, they were watching old black and white movies. I guess with that, that's I guess true. in early. That's 80s. true. The 50s were popular in the 80s. 80s, for sure. right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And there are like no lights on, so she's just like saying it basically in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a light on, but yeah, she's like entertaining herself way too much. She's like, I just got <laughs> late, I just fucked Kevin Bacon. Now I'm gonna go to the bathroom and like practice like my impressions. <laughs> Hey, I've seen Wild Things, so I've seen Kevin's Bacon's Bacon, so I'd hit it. Hey, I would be running. I would be running back for some more. For some, <laughs> right. I probably would have never fucking left. Right. I'd be like, well, round okay. two, let's go. Okay, and <laughs> I'm hold on, sorry. I need to leave to make a Catherine Hepburn impression. I'll be right. Back. <laughs> and we've talked about this before. Like we've talked about the fact that, like, if you're gonna go out in the woods, and these people are like, they're counselors. They, you know, they're probably used to the woods. Man, I am, and especially if I'm drunk or stoned or whatever, I'm just gonna go pee on the side of the cabin. I'm not gonna walk. Right. Over, like I'm right. Yeah. I'm gonna just go mm-hmm. piss on the side of the cabin and come back in. Right. Go for round <laughs> yeah. two. <laughs> Agree. Hey, what did you guys all think of the snake kill? Like, was that a real snake? Yes, it yeah. was. And that a, kill- a snake was really real killed. Snake. It was Aww. really killed. Yeah. And the handler didn't know that they were gonna kill it, so he was like standing there, and they fucking macheted his his oh, uh, snake. But interestingly enough, that cabin, there is a uh, you can see the machete mark in the floor still. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, what I also noticed, too, is once the guy killed the snake with the machete, then he, like, rests the machete against his clothed shoulder. (laughs) 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 That's going to leave a spot, you know, like Aunt Cheryl when she was, like, wiping the blood off. So so did this, like, get hit with, like, any, like, animal cruelty? Well, no, because it was was early. I mean, it was the, you know. Kind of before, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, that that probably is it too. Like, had it been a dog or something like that, yeah, they might have. But it was a snake, and that's you know, acceptable, I guess. I don't know. Was the handler pissed? Oh yeah, I guess the handler was over there crying. Yeah, I would. I'd be like random black snake. I mean, it wasn't even like a cool snake. It was just like a regular like garden snake. Yeah, I would think you would just find that out in the yard and be like, okay, this is the snake we're gonna kill. Yeah, I mean, they're not poisonous and they're not gonna hurt you or anything, so. So is it necessary? Was it necessary, would you say? I mean, it, like, you'd, I don't think I want to cohabitate with a snake, but... Well, no, but, like, I think what that scene was, like, trying to set up is, like, you think that these people are going to be able to, like, defend themselves against uh, Mrs. Voorhees, and she just, like, wipes the floor with them. So, you know what, for killing an innocent snake that, like, wasn't, like, poisonous or anything... Yep, I'm happy they all fucking died. You know, the only right, the right. one thing that in in recent years that I've kind of thought about, they really they really got heavy on the red herrings, and I I really do feel like that was supposed to be a red herring for Bill, because he was so quick to like pick up the machete and kill it. Yeah, okay. right. Like, right. ooh, maybe he's the and killer. And the scene lingered on him after too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, and what's the look on his face? And what's the hairy chest guy's name? Like he dipped for like a long time. 
<laughs> you sent a picture of him oh, last Steve, night. Steve Steve. Oh, oh, Steve Christie. Oh, yeah. yes. Uh-huh. The original bandana man. Yes. He's like, she's like, I'm an old 70s friend. 70s gay porn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, did he want to fuck Alice? He did fuck Alice. Okay, so That's that was my question. Too. Yeah, that was the whole thing. Like, cause she's got that sketch pad. And then he's like, is that what I look like? And she said, well, you did last night, yep. you know? I mean, yeah, they, they fucked the night before. She's just like, oh, wait. She probably is like, everybody comes. Like, now we've got everybody here. Like, uh, I'm going to pick Pretend another I don't dude. know you. Yeah. yeah. Someone, <laughs> someone also explained to me, because the whole conversation between him and her in the beginning is, she, there was something going on, and but she wasn't really happy about being there. Then why the fuck are you there? Like, right, she and she's like, in New Jersey, but she's from California. Like, how much is this job paying? The fuck? Right, exactly. What? Exactly. You can't get and a summer camp and, job in California? Right, and did her and Christy have, like, an, like a like a relationship a before or like, <laughs> mm. yeah, it's, yeah. And then her mother, like, maybe her mother took out and an ad. She's, she's kind of flirting with the other <laughs> guy, a little bit too, the machete guy. Yeah. yeah I mean, she was about to get naked. Well, yeah, I think that's it. Like Steve Christie was gone. She's like, you know what? Bill's much more, uh, my speed, my, my age. I think I'm going to go He's for definitely him. cuter. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if you like glasses, a bandana, and a mustache, Steve Christie is a with a lot of hair. A box. Oh yeah. Oh my God. And the cut off jean shorts. Oh. Mm -mm. What a babe. Yeah. Um, no, not Little my babe. size at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um. So let's get into. Um, what do you think is the best death in this movie? And how awesome was Sabini's actual makeup effects? Yeah, it, Carly mentioned the one thing, and that's that's kind of something that bugs me now. Like, the more that they upscale the movie. Yeah. And, and it happens with, like, every movie. I mean, they sat around and watched dailies of a 35-millimeter print, you know, and it looked good. And then, like, we watched it on VHS. And, I mean, I remember it looked really good. And now you yeah. can tell, like, the skin color is different on the, the appliance. Yeah. yeah, but if I could take that out of the mix, I would say probably Annie at the beginning, the throat slit. Yes, because it takes you off guard, and if you think about it, Halloween had no blood, right? And yeah. so that's what this movie is wanting. They want you to feel safe and comfortable. And in any other movie, that would be your final girl, the adorable, plucky, you know, first girl that you meet. Not she the would bitch be the who fucked her. Steve Christie the night before. Right, ew. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that I really want you to live, girl. Yeah, so I think Annie, just because of the sheer, like, it just, it, it goes, oh, oh, that's what we're watching. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I agree with that, too. Because, I mean, as much as I like the hatchet in the face, um, I'll... Um, I think that because of the whole buildup with Annie too, we spent a lot of time with her in the beginning and she's just trying to get there. And you see as time goes on, you know, as the other characters are already there, she's still trying to get there. Right. <laughs> and then I, I, I like the whole, you know, you're only seeing her in the passenger seat and she's talking to someone that's not responsive or at least that we don't see. Yeah. I think that's, it just, it keeps building tension and that scene is always memorable for me. Right. You know, and she's, She's not put off in the least by this person. So it's somebody right. who is totally normal. 
Somebody that right. you would just totally get in their car. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Like, well, I just keep picturing, like, like now that you know that Mrs. Horry is a killer, so, like, on rewatch, I'm just, like, picturing her, like, ferociously backing up the Jeep after, like, Annie, like, jumped out. <laughs> like, and, like, right. see that crazy fucking look. Like, I want, I, I need, like, footage of her, like, driving this Jeep, like, backing it up. Like, and I want to see her, like, run through the woods. And, like I, like, I wish we could have, like, seen two different versions of the film. Right. One where it's not through, like, third person. Uh, or first person and then like you can actually like see her chasing yeah like and her getting pissed off like Jesus Christ and (laughs) and I feel like there had to have been something there yeah there had to have been something there her going you know who I'm gonna kill first I'm gonna kill the cook you know like (laughs) you you not only killed my kid but you took my job bitch (laughs) (laughs) that's true I didn't even think of that yeah. <laughs> she had it mapped the fuck out. Yeah. Yes, She's like, yeah. I know this bitch is hitchhiking here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. And I know creepy, her exact schedule. The fucking creepy-ass truck driver, like, who, like, hits her ass as he, he's like, are oh, they yeah. all as cute as you or something like that? And, like, he hits her, like, he helps, he pushes her butt up into his truck. <laughs> I'd be yeah. like, all right, I'm getting out right now. Maybe Crazy Ralph will give me a ride on his bike. <laughs> yeah, but I think there is like a little bit of a it's uh, a difference in the times a little bit because then he even like yeah. mentions you know you're a kid he's mentioning his nieces, um, I think you know and like would the woman have really put her in that truck with him if she thought that he was like weird? I think it was just one of those hey toots can I have another cup of coffee kind of things. It seemed like he had good and in- fairly good intentions. Yeah, I even though it was. Like with crazy Ralph, he was like, "Oh, that he's crazy and blah blah blah." But then he starts trying to talk her out of going yeah. uh, into Camp Crystal Lake, also. Yeah, I think it was just one of those things, like just how how older men would treat younger women back then, like how how it would be acceptable. Let's put it that way, like how how a little bit of like flirting would be found to be acceptable. I want to see a movie based on the the waitress later on with the Chrissy, where she's like, Sandy. "What a night in the town!" Yes, I love her. <laughs> oh, just two and a quarter. I want her to have her night in the town. Yes, I've eaten at that <laughs> restaurant too. That was that's fun. awesome. That was fun. Oh, yeah, it doesn't so look cool. too. It does not look that much different than it does in the movie. Oh, nice! It looks so small. Uh, yeah. It's. That's just the front of it. There's like a back part of oh, it. Okay. Yeah, it's, oh, it okay. looks it looks like in that movie that it'd be one of those like diners, like the train uh, car diners right. that you see. Yes, mm-hmm. But it actually exactly has it. It has that, but it also has a big dining room in the back. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. Since we're honoring Mrs. Voorhees here, um, I do just want to say, like, I know a lot of people said that, you know, Scream spoiled it for them. But I also feel like it kind of gave Mrs. Voorhees her due. Like her right. credit, you know, mm-hmm. like it brought her back to the forefront and gave her credit that like, because people seemingly seem to have forgotten, like everybody just associates, you know, with Jason. Yeah. So I feel like it kind of, you know, gave her more acknowledgement and, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. So I, I, I think I think it was brilliant the way that they did that. Yeah, for sure. Um, her death is pretty iconic as well. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah her like she's like so like proud of herself like like kicking uh alice's ass there for a minute and she just like turns around and alice picks and she's like oh fuck you know like you can see it on her face and 
what's hilarious is like everybody else gets dispatched very fast in very, very gory graphic ways. And then you get to her and Alice and like they're bitch slapping each other and she gets like a fun <laughs> fun and shit. Like they're totally just having a cat fight. Like I don't think yeah. this is the way any of the other kills went down, man. Right. <laughs> right. I think that, that fight that fight is similar to Christina and Joan when she said she wasn't <laughs> Very similar. Yes. <laughs> they said some bitch slapping each other. Yeah. When she's, when she's slamming Adrian King's head into the sand and shit. Yeah. You know? oh, I mean, it's yeah. so good. <laughs> like, you cheated on I, me. Like, I, I think that's my favorite Pam moment is when she's slamming her head yeah. in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> What's your guys' favorite Pam moment? Making love. That's mine. <laughs> Kill her mommy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, she was the original kill, 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 mama, mama. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I will, Jason. I will. Uh huh. Well, it all comes from, well, she's only in really one scene, essentially. But, um, <laughs> but I don't know if you guys know this, but Betsy Palmer, apparently, uh, look up pictures of her when she was young. She's a hot bitch, man. She was like, yes, she, she was a sex symbol. And so the older guy, like the guys, like Tom Savini and Harry Manfredini, they were like, they grew up like she was like their spank bank shit. Like they grew up watching her on these game shows and, you know, she was like this hotsy totsy chick. And so then she gets on set and, I, you know, and then they have to like make, they have to frump her way down and everything. But like, you know, like they were like, how in the hell, like she's America's sweetheart kind of girl. How in the hell are you going to make her like, you know, a, a killer? And Tom Savini said, there was one moment, and he's like, and I told Betsy, this is the moment that, like, he's like, I saw, I completely saw you differently. When she's just telling about the story about Jason, and she's like, he should have been watched. He wasn't. And it's like, he's like, then this little, like, flip, the switch flipped. And she goes, he wasn't a very good swimmer. And, yeah, like, he's like, that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I think, like... Yeah, I th I've always found her scary. Like, even as a kid, it didn't bother me. It wasn't Jason, because I thought she was pretty terrifying. Like, Because <laughs> she's she a really real person. Does, like, even, like, she, like, you know, she's just, like, looks up suddenly. She's like, did you know a young boy drowned here? Yeah. Like, it's, you could tell right away, like, something's off Aww. about her. Like, <laughs> like, who cares that a young boy drowned? Like, everyone's dead, dude. Like, right. Yeah. So and it's like, like you just know. Happened, like, 35 years ago or whatever. Yeah, today like, today was tell his birthday. Later. She was a yeah. friend of the Christie's. Um, and you you guys, I love all of you. I really do. But if I'm trying to escape uh, from a murderer and I open the door of a of a vehicle that still has the keys in that I can get away in and one of your bodies falls out, I'm not going to run the other way. I'm going to pull your right. body, throw you aside, <laughs> get in that goddamn Jeep and drive off. Me too. I, I mean, yeah. I might take it with me. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I'll take the body. I'll be like, look, I saved, I saved your daughter. Like, here you go. Like, here's well, the body. Well, I mean, you, need, you want proof, right? Right, yeah. Like, here's the dead. I just, just sit on, I would probably just sit on top of the dead body and drive away because, like, I'm probably not yeah. strong enough to move it. Well, and she's in the passenger side anyway. <laughs> Annie's body's in the passenger side. Ah. So why should, was she even opening the passenger side door anyway? Apparently, she doesn't know how cars work in America. But, like, <laughs> I mean, the lights are on on the Jeep. So, if she just got into the driver's seat, she could have just dro driven away. Now, yeah. didn't Betsy um, Palmer, uh, for a very long time, not acknowledge this role, but she finally came around to it? 
she was she was somewhat embarrassed by it um and yeah then she she fully embraced it like you know uh it, yeah, that is didn't she initially just take the job because she needed like a new car or something? Yeah, and that was ex- <laughs> that was exactly it. And like this was, and it was considered lowly to be in a horror movie. Yeah. And here she was. It was like they they were trying. That's what Tom Savini and uh, Harry Manfredini were trying to like uh, find a correlation. They're like, it was it'd be like if Meryl Streep, and they're like, okay, she wasn't Meryl Streep, but it's like if Meryl Streep decided to go do like a low budget like sci-fi channel movie or something. Like Leprechaun. Like, like it's yeah, like it was yeah. really considered ghetto for her to be like, <laughs> you know, very beneath her for her to do that. Um, and that a lot of people, a lot of her fans who were, you know, she was like first build, okay, and she's only in it for like the last 10 minutes of the movie. And so all these older people were like, oh, I want to see a movie with Betsy Palmer. And they were like pissed off at her, pissed off at the movie. Because like I watched all this trash for Betsy Palmer and, you know, that's it. So, yeah, I think it probably hurt her career a little bit. So she probably shied away from it. But I know other actresses like um, I remember like Amanda West from Nightmare on Elm Street. She even said that her people or her manager and stuff would advise her to keep that movie off of her resume for the mm-hmm. longest time. Because... Yeah, it's just not considered to be good. Like for yeah. uh, if you're right now, it's OK. Like, you know, the 90s did change that, you know, yeah, then it was sure. like it, then it was cool to be a name actor in a slasher. But back right. then it was considered very lowly. Right. Well, Betsy Palmer is funny to watch in uh, interviews and stuff when she talks about the making of the movies and how they're they're like, oh, well, Jason's a mongoloid. She's like, he's what? <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun to watch. I wish I got to meet her yeah. before she died because she yeah. seemed like a really funny character. <laughs> he's a what? <laughs> he's a what? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, is there anything else we want to honor Mrs. Voorhees or Friday the 13th with? Uh, I just want to say, I just want to say, I don't care about um, the people are always like, there's so many scenes of her just making coffee and stuff. And like, that's never bothered me ever. And you're all stupid. So like, it's, it's really not a big deal. Like it's it's, a 90 minute (laughs) movie. Calm the fuck down. Yeah. I love that. I love that scene. I, that scene is so ridiculous and I love it. And like, oh, and then she's going to go put the lid back on the sugar and then she's going to go put it back. She goes back and forth so many times. I know they were going for suspense, but yeah, they were. I think it's it's charming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just wanted to. People try to nitpick and like bring that up now. They're like, there's really not a lot that goes on in the first movie. And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, there is. It's fine. There's plenty. (laughs) And I like the characters. Like, I find people don't think the characters are memorable either, but I always enjoyed them. There's Catherine Hepburn lines. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, Zach, here we uh, do a rating for our feature presentation. We rate out of five. So um, let's kick it off to you. What do you rate Friday the 13th, 1990, 1980? Um, <laughs> one out of five, five being the best. Uh, I give it like 3.75. Can I do points? Or is it just like three, four, five? You can do whatever the hell you want. Yep, you're again. Okay, three point seven five. Just because it's it's I I enjoy it. I love it, but it, it I love other Friday the Thirteenth movies better. All right, Nikki. Uh, this is a five for me. It's one that I can 
rewatch at any time in life and still enjoy it. Um, I love the reveal of Mrs. Voorhees being the killer at the end. I love the camp slasher. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's a five. Carly. Yeah, I too would give it a five. It's honestly one of my favorite in the franchise, to be honest. So five out of five for me. Love the atmosphere, love the raininess, and just love the simplicity of it. Rebecca. Uh, five. This is probably my second favorite in the franchise, just behind part two. Um, I would still yeah, even give... Yeah, I would still even give... I, w- I would give a five to a, a very large bulk of these. But yeah, definitely one through four are like uh, just as perfect as perfect gets to me. They're all fives. All right. I'm going to um, go to Zach here again uh, because <clears throat> I want to know why you're knocking points off. Oh, um, well, I think it's just because I, I'm more, I've always been more Jason centric and it's not a Jason movie. And I mean, and that's probably just because I might've not seen them in the right order. So Jason is just more (laughs) what I'm familiar with. And I, I like other final girls better. Um, I, yeah, I, I just think, I I think it's a good movie and it, it does have good suspense and some iconic moments, but there are just other characters and other kills and stuff in other in in the other series that I like better. You were doing so well on this episode too. Yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> We no. don't really we don't really do comparison when we do our rating. It's pretty much just how do you feel about this oh, okay. you know, that kind of okay. thing. Like all right. Well, then, if that's the case, let me. Can I? Can I change? We don't. It then? We don't really do that's... ratings less than five for Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. yeah. I mean, four point five. And, and we're we're trying to give up. Like, it's very rare that we get a high five on here, which means all five of us give a movie a five. All right. Well, well, give me. Okay. All right. I'm gonna turn it around on you guys. Then give me reasons for it to be a five. No, you, 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 instead of me stating my case, you guys state your case to me. It is, uh, if you look at, okay, now, I mean, obviously it's older. A lot of things have been done since then, but this one really set off the slasher craze. I know some people say Halloween, Halloween had no blood. This one Mm -hmm. changed everything. It was definitely the first camp slasher. Um, and many would try to recreate it many would uh, fail. Um, These are kills that you did not see before. Uh, They really did push the envelope for the time. And it did, without this movie, we wouldn't have any of the other movies with Jason that you love so much. True, true, true. Also, Kevin Bacon. And he is in a Speedo whenever they're, they're fixing the dock and they just zoom right in on his penis. Um... (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah that's a good point yeah the the fucking random audrey hepburn quotes yeah yes 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 okay all right right. well you got me with the dicks all right (laughs) (laughs) he literally cowered he was like oh that is a good point Hey, you all have valid points so yeah you're right i should base it strictly on the film alone yeah yeah Lacey Lou, have you given yours yet? 
Well, I, I mean, I had to like go to Zach to make sure we're going to get a high five out of this because <laughs> anything less is uh, not acceptable. Like, so we would be here all day until he switched his fucking answer to five. <laughs> yeah, and it's already like fucking 3 a.m. for me. So I'm, oh, I'm yeah. at the end of my oh, rope. Crap. <laughs> um, well, uh, so yeah, we get a high five. Fuck it. All right. Um, uh, yeah. This has been a lot of fun. I bow down, bow down to all of you. I'm sorry. I bow down to all of you on your on your points. I Aww. agree. We bullied you like Rebecca De Mornay. Yes. <laughs> I know. I'm surprised you didn't call me, you know, a retard. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Zach. This was a fuck ton of fun. This is like a five hour long episode. Um, it's, this is the longest episode right. we've had in a while. Um, you've been a blast. Um, we definitely will have you back um, if you want to stay up till 3 a.m. again sometime. Um, <laughs> so thank you, everybody. Um, we will see you on the next one. Who knows? Maybe we'll do bad daddies. I don't know. Um, until then, uh, everybody have a very fun-filled Mother's Day. And uh, this will release after that. But uh, happy Friday the fucking 13th. Yeah. yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Killer. That old dog has changed you up all right. Give you everything you need to live inside a twisted cage. Sleep inside an empty rage. Dream I was your hero Just do good.